Oi, you lot, you listen to Garage Hammer, episode 133. On tonight's episode, the Mondlings look at the battle tome for the corn blood bound, because there's nothing better than sitting around looking at a bunch of evil gits who like nothing better than blood and bone, right? Oh boy, this is going to be fantastic. So shut it! I'm listening to me show! Welcome to the garage, you tools. For the next few hours, I'll be doing the best I can to share with you my love of tabletop wargaming and probably some of my various other fandoms. Bringing you blood for the blood god, skulls for the skull throne, and a never-ending quest for the next worthy opponent. I'm Dave Whitek, and returning tonight is the TO of the Holy Wars GT, Steve Herner. Steve, thanks for coming back. Hey, thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. Glad, glad to, be- to have you. I'm glad to be here. So uh, it was so funny. Um, we've gotten a bunch of feedback uh, from the last show. Ninety nine percent of it positive. Ninety nine, huh? Ninety nine percent of it positive. Um, and uh, well, you always get that one one odd thing here and there. And um, <laughs> and uh, but uh, it was so funny because you know a couple of people, you know, you guys are a perfect fit. There's your next co-host, and someone's like, "Oh, he can't be your co-host. His name's not Christopher." So I jokingly said to Steve, "I go, Steve, would you be willing to change your name to Chris to be the co- <laughs> if I wanted to have you as a co-host?" And so, what did you tell me, Steve? Well, my middle name is Christopher. So. Yeah. <laughs> so not not that I not that I had you know not that I was gonna you know not that this was a plan or not that we're making an announcement or anything like that. We're still just sort of playing this by ear, and not just not that I don't like you or anything like that, Steve. I just don't. You know what it is? It's that this is a commitment, and like you, and as you've noticed, like you've even said, you know, prepping for this and getting this ready is a commitment, and doing this twice a month can take its toll. And uh, right now, I've got enough people who are willing to just kind of do it when when they're needed, and um, so I think we're 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 keeping it that way for now, just so that I don't uh, I don't burn anybody out until somebody you know until you realize exactly what <laughs> you're getting into. Then uh, you know what I'm saying. Right. Oh, I do know what you're I saying. I just thought it was so funny when you're like, "Yeah, my middle name is Christopher." I was like, "Oh my goodness!" Yeah, there yeah. Go. Well, I it almost was that was almost my first name, as I told you. Yeah, you know? it was a debate between my mom and dad, and and uh, mom won as most women do, right? <laughs> yes. They, um, so I was, yeah. So kind of crazy, but yes, there's yes. the Chris, the Christopher connection does yeah. exist. You, you got positive feedback that's passed the first test. Find out the name's actually Christopher passed the second test. There you go. <laughs> I don't even know that there is a third test, but there we are. So, all right. So, um, as always, folks, we need to, uh, before we get rolling here, we need to take a moment to thank our sponsors. So, uh, Steve, you mind help me out here? Sure. Uh, the sponsors of Garage Hammer are Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois. Mercia Miniatures. That's M-I-E-R-C-E hyphen miniatures dot com. Mantic Games. For all your rank and flank needs. The TC War Room in Traverse City, Michigan. You ain't wrong. And Battle Foam, protecting your army. That's right, army. I said it, and I'll say it again. Army. <laughs> so there we go. 
Uh, hey, speaking of unique gifts and games in Gurays like Illinois, um, we had a, a, a slight snafu in our big uh, games uh, games day that we had there that we did a couple episodes ago, and um, we wound up not having uh, like really any Kings of War going on. But it seems that we are going to have our local Chicago area Kings of War uh, guys are going to start playing there like. Uh, Pretty much, I think every other Saturday in December, they're going to start coming out, it looks like. Mm. So it's either every other Saturday or every other Sunday. They're going to be coming out now. And uh, so there's going to be uh, some, uh, there's going to be a constant and steady stream of Kings of War mm. edited and going on in, uh, at Unique Gifts and Games. So that's pretty cool. Mm. So if you are interested, folks, and you're in the Chicagoland area, you know, uh, give them a call and see when the next... Uh, when the next Kings of War day is going to be going on. Hey, let me ask you something about that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if you don't mind. Go ahead. Um, so I've been going through this agonizing debate um, on Twitter and in my mind about rebasing, right? Uh-huh. So rebasing for AOS and or leave everything on square so you can play Kings of War or go back to, you know, playing 8th edition and or Ninth age and blah, 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 blah. So, I was thinking the other day for Kings of War, you've played it. So if I round based stuff and then I made like little tray inserts at the footprint size that could take the circles and did it in some kind of diorama fashion, right? I could still play Kings of War. So it wouldn't be a problem. The rule with Kings of War is because it's all diorama and footprint sized, Mm -hmm. um, the rule actually is you have to have a minimum of half plus one for the actual number of models that are supposed to be in the unit half plus one so, so if it's a so if it like let's say it's uh it's a unit like you have a like a, an elite unit so it's five models okay if you do a diorama you have to have at least three. Oh. if it's okay. 10 models you have to have at least six 20 you have to have at least 11 so that way if <laughs> you're spacing them out or you're doing something fancy with them Right. So even if your round bases are a little bit offsized, so it doesn't quite fit perfectly, yeah, yeah, you can set it up and do it however you want. Hmm. So if you do decide to round base them, and there's so many places that you can go uh, and order up the, you know, like the 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 trays with the little round slots right. to drop your models in. Yeah, well, the the guy I order from is usually uh, it's from uh, Sarissa, okay, Pre- uh, Sarissa Precision um, okay. from from the UK. And um, they do that. They have those. That's where I. That's where I kind of got inspired because I was looking for some of the MDF round bases. And um, yeah, I, I suppose I should start changing that and look for some kind of local guys and well, support the Hollow Tree. Yeah, that's yeah. They're great. I've heard them before and uh-huh. uh, Bendy Boards. I know they sent uh, me some of their uh, stuff that they do. I don't know if they do the bases, but I know they do like the tokens and things like that. They've sent me some stuff. They do really great work. Yeah, I've, and, got, I've got their tokens, Dave, and they are awesome. Oh, I know. Yeah, I've got their AOS tokens. They yeah. sent me out uh, a set. Uh, remember when Helan was showing his little uh, Bendy Boards tokens for AOS on uh, yeah. Twitter? Yeah. I sent him a message. I'm like, dudes, how do I get a set of these? Like, I, I want to buy these. And they're like, nah, just we'll send them to you. Just, you know, mention them on the show. And and honestly, they were really good. Like, Yeah. Yeah, you know, I love them. I, I was hoping to get them as a Holy War sponsor, actually. I thought, what a great way to, to like, kind of build the community with, with AOS and Holy Wars. Yeah. Um, but I I didn't get that you know, I didn't. I could hit. I could hit them up again. I, I. I haven't been. I try not to be too much of a nag when I look for my sponsors for the for the tournament. 
Right. But they they were definitely on the list, and um, I might hit them up again. I've only I've only nagged them once, so maybe I'll hit them up again because I thought they would be great to put like in the player packs because it would just you know it's just yeah. another way to because they do make the game a little bit more fun when you when you have those little those little tokens to mark stuff, and it does make the game a lot more playable and because you. You know, you know what stuff is, and and it's. And I love them. I, I, do. I, and I, I when I first started doing it, especially with AOS, because I, did, I didn't realize how much stuff had to be marked. You start marking stuff with your dice. Yep. And then you forget. Oh, like, totally. I just, I just totally forget. Totally. In fact, All the time. only stuff that I that I can see marking with dice anymore, and I got to hand it to Curry, who was really clever and did the uh, the yeah. terrain dice. Yeah. Which is a really. I I, I need to order some from him. Yeah. So, so do you think he like rolls them randomly, and that's how he does it? Like before gameplay, is that you think you think that's how he does it? Like, well, I uh, think if you're not using the special rules for the terrain, yeah, I think just when yeah. you get the piece, you just roll the this piece, you roll it, and they just slide it right over there. I think that's that's a great. Yeah, I kind of like that concept too. Yeah, it's pretty clever. Yeah, definitely. So, I'm surprised GW didn't think of that. <laughs> yeah, you know. They, you know, they come up with dice for everything. You know, oh I, yeah, I, yeah. I'm surprised they did, especially since they're six. It's like, it mm-hmm. just seemed to be perfect. So, yeah, I don't they'll, know. They'll sell you a forty dollar tape measure, but you know, is yeah. that thing is that new tape measure forty bucks? Is it really? Yeah, that's yeah. That's what wow. that's that's yeah. I'm pretty sure it's forty bucks. Uh, I got my it, black and it, decker. I'm content. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, it's it's really pretty. Um, I can't. I, I I'm pretty sure maybe it's forty pounds. Like uh, uh, no, forty pounds like sixty bucks. Nah, that ain't right. <laughs> I heard some guys mentioning it, but I think that might have been Canadian. It might uh, be, yeah, it, it might be forty dollars Canadian, which I think they're they're yeah, almost like Australia and GW land. It's like they they pay a lot more than we do in America. So, right. but that still makes like twenty five bucks for a tape measure. So, yeah, yeah, but yeah. whatever, whatever. Hey, buy what you want. I don't, you know, I right. Right. There, hey, you keep seeing people pick, pick, pictures of people walking around with the uh, the brass, uh, yeah, the, the little, thing on their on their on, on around their neck. So, what is that called again? The uh, um, oh gosh, uh, Vargas. We were playtesting Holy Wars last weekend. He was talking about it, and I was like, "You can actually get one." What are they called? I don't um, remember. There's a specific name for it. I can't remember. I can't. I'm actually on the GW site, so I don't make a fool of myself looking for it. And I, were they limited edition? And they they only no, they still got it. You take a look for it I'll, while you're doing that. I got one last <laughs> thing I want to say here, uh, and I do. I want to give an extra shout. I gave a shout out to him last episode. I want to do it again because the guy who did this was so generous, and all he asked me to do was do one thing. But uh, to the guy who sent me out all that Nurgle stuff, he's like, I don't want you to mention my name or anything like that. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he did men- ask me to mention uh, Roadside Hobbies and Games Unlimited in Spanaway, Washington. I guess that's his FLGS, and I think he's you know he's I think the owner's a listener. He said so. He said it would be cool if just gave a shout out to their 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 store. And if you're uh, anywhere near Spanaway, Washington, stop by Roadside Hobbies and Games Unlimited, and uh, and uh, stop in and say hi and. Uh, Get a, get your uh, hobby stuff over there if you're nearby. So, yeah, and Kyle, get your butt out there if you still want to remain a holy hammer. There you go. <laughs> you find uh, it yet or what? I I did. I did the gauge and the tape measure. The range finder. That's what they're calling it. Okay, is thirty three dollars. So they're both thirty three. Thirty so thirty three bones for the 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 brass uh, uh, yeah. range finder. Okay, the and gauge and the, the yeah. 
Yeah. In fact, I was telling last week when we were talking about the gauge, the combat gauge, um, we were talking about using just getting the one from Bendy Boards. Right. You know, because it doesn't like um, have the uh, the the cord on it. And like Helan on his last show was saying um, that the cord, the neck, the, you know, the neck that you can, see, right. you, you can wear it around your neck gets in the way during gameplay. Right. So, um, yeah. So, hey, check out Bendy Boards. Yeah. Let's get him as a sponsor, Dave. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, and like I said, I that's that's what I have. That's I mean, they they sent it yeah. to me, and that's that's what I've got. So sweet. All right, you know what? Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, um, we'll go over um, the or you know what? Yeah. No, you know, let's do this real quick. Let's cover all the voicemail stuff because I got one last thing. Then we'll break, and we'll come back, and we'll combine news and rumors in the toolbox before we jump into the. Uh, Corn battle tome, okay? So, uh, voicemail, 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. That's 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. Most international callers can dial 001-757-GH-SHOW-6. Although I don't get too many international calls lately, I just pretty much get guys from Wisconsin or Illinois drunk dialing. And Texas. <laughs> Texas. Hey, listen, oh. listen here. Hey, hey. Hey, what? Hey, white tech. Hey, hey. Hey, listen. Hey. A Y Tech, listen, listen. <laughs> it's got to be Cox, listen, right? You, you, I love that show. You, you keep doing what you're doing. I don't even like AOS anymore, but you do what you're doing, man. <laughs> I love you, man. You're a good guy, man. Hey, that hey. Might... It's, like... <laughs> it's gotta be. It's gotta be Mark. It's gotta be. It's gotta be when he was like, you know. I always know when it's Cox because they just call up and they sing David Allen Coe. <laughs> there you go. There and you I go. found out that I'm sparing somebody's mother because they used to call one of the guys on this uh, on the on the tournament scenes mom and sing, but now they call me instead. And so I'm like, well, then <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> so I'd rather have that anyway. That's nice. I'm sparing somebody's mom. So yeah. But uh, so we didn't get any voicemails actually this week, but we did get a few emails, and. Um, Almost all of them were about how wrong I was about the betrayal at Calf last episode. <laughs> Gee whiz. Talk about a bunch of grognards, you nerds. Gee whiz. Yeah, no Every, it's like, it's seriously, it's like comic book guy from The Simpsons jumped all up and down my backside. I got, I mean, <laughs> Mia culpa, Mia culpa, Mia maxima culpa. Seriously, guys. And I don't think people realize the tone that comes across. <laughs> On social media, and then the voice, do you have any idea what you're even talking about? Okay, apparently not. I didn't. Um, if you remember, Steve, I said I didn't know if it was compatible. I had seen something, and people were putting out, posting links to different you know, things talking about Betrayal at Calf, and I hadn't gotten it yet. I hadn't seen it, and they were complaining because uh, some of the weapons choices and things were not 30K weapons choices. And if this is the type of stuff they have, it's not going to be compatible and blah, 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 blah. So I didn't think it was compatible. I was wrong. I was so very wrong. It's totally compatible. Not only is it totally compatible, but uh, actually um, one of them showed up in the mail here from Games Workshop mm -hmm. uh, for me to review for After Olinor. A um, couple of things. First of all, these are some beautiful models. This is a gorgeous set. Uh, for 150 bucks. Um, you get enough models where it's something like $750 worth if you would have bought it from Forge World. Mm. Okay. Uh, they don't have any marks on the armor for any specific legion, mm -hmm. uh, but they do come with decals. So if you want to do them like the game, if you want to do Ultramarines and Word Bearers, you mm -hmm. can. 
but they don't have any marks. Apparently, Forge World, the same week, you can just order up shoulder pads and stuff for any of the, like, 18 legions you want. And if I'm wrong on some of this, relax. But I'm fairly certain you can order up the, like, you know, the bits and stuff mm-hmm. and shoulder so, like, pads for any legion. Okay, so, like, if you wanted Alpha Legion or something like that, you can... Yes. In. So if I'm going to do this, so if so if I'm not going to use these models to to for the game, you know, just to do it as Ultramarines and Word Bears, which I'm assuming from what I'm hearing on other podcasts and stuff that most guys who are buying this aren't. You could totally do this and and get a good starter for a 30k army at a fraction of the cost. Okay. But so can, it, it looks like actually Alpha Legion is in the box. Right? No, it's uh, Ultramarine. It's Battle for Calf, so it's uh, Ultramarines oh, okay. and Word Bearers. Oh, okay. All right. But okay. Uh, because the armor uh, and the shoulder pads and all stuff are blank, you can just you can just take what's in there and just paint on whatever Legion colors you want. But if you want the actual Legion marks and stuff, you can order up all the shoulder pads and bits from Forge World for any of the Legions. Okay. So you could basically decide, oh, I want this to be my, you know, X, Y, or Z army, and and uh, and do that that particular uh, yeah, for thirty k. Yeah. And it is a good start. I mean, basically, it's it's uh, thirty tac marines, five terminators, um, a dreadnought, a couple mm-hmm. of here. so I mean, it's it's like basically everything you need to get a really good start. It's uh, got. I'm on the Forge World site right now, and it looks like you get. And not only the shoulder pads, but you also have alternate heads too. Oh, that's yeah, that that's can, awesome. That you can order, yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. That's that's pretty cool. So, I'm actually torn because like people are like, "Oh, dude, you should totally build up a 30k army," and I'm like, "I would love to, except when am I going to play 30k? Like, yeah. seriously, nobody around here plays 30k. Like, not yeah. that that I know of. None of my friends yeah. play. Um, I, I'll tell you something, man. I mean the the 30k look. Like the face, the the helmets. Um, I absolutely love those over the forty k kind of um, stormtrooper on steroid look. <laughs> um, so I, I mean, I could really. It, it's very. I think I said this la- last time we were on. I, you know, I just love that look a lot better. The the kind of the the face plating and the 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 way the design of the helmet is. Um, a lot better than I do the um, the existing range, you know, in 40k for the Space Marines. I was never a big Space Marine guy, um, and I, I painted a ton of them for my kids. Oh, and maybe that was <laughs> what, maybe that's why I'm not a big Space Marine dude. And and I had to. I remember painting my son's Ultramarines, and he's. I'm like, so you know, showing him the book, and I'm saying, you know, what chapter do you want, and that kind of thing. And he's like, I don't want a chapter, Dad. I want custom colors. And so I had to paint them all orange with, and then like trim them in blues, and it was just like a nightmare. And so it's just like, ugh. And I powered through it. I should post some of those things on Twitter, like you know, because people people often say stuff like you know about painting and everything, and like I should say, okay, look, dude, here's where I was back in 2005. You know, here's my first model. You know, and and show people. Oh yeah, no kidding. And so you can just with you know to see where you can go. Um, so you can see one of those early models. That'd be kind of fun. I, I think I, I still have a, a model, like one of my old croup models. I think it was one of the first ones I ever did. I have it on my painting desk so I can look at it every time. But, um, yeah, so I don't well, know. I would like to see that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. post it. I'd like to see it. 
All right. All right. I'll do, <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> Maybe if I can, let's see if I can. Yeah, you should be over there. Where the hell did it go? Maybe I can find it during the show and I'll, I'll text it to you and you can start laughing your ass off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, let me see if I can find that little bug bugger. Well, you look uh, for it. We're gonna take a break, break and, and when we come back, we'll uh, we'll run through. I don't. There actually, dude. There's no news in room. We got nothing. So we'll do the toolbox, run through that real fast, and then get to this uh, corn blood bomb. So, folks, we'll be right back. That's right, folks. Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. And we are back and jumping through news and rumors because uh, we ain't got none. At least nothing that I've been looking up, man. I just don't even, yeah. This week's White Dwarf had, like, I think Blood Angels on it. And I was just like, okay, pass. I'm moving along. Not that yeah, I don't those... like Blood Angels. I was just like, hey, I I got enough stuff going on in my life. I don't need to be looking at the 40K stuff right now. Sure. So. I haven't heard anything. I've heard news and rumors on other from other games, though. So, um um, but you know, Wrath of King stuff. There's new Wrath of King stuff supposedly coming out in February. Oh jeez. So, yeah. So, oh boy, there we go. Well, my birthday's in February, so who knows? Maybe I'll pick up some more Wrath of King stuff that I can keep in boxes on the shelf. So, we'll go. <laughs> <laughs> but let's move on to the toolbox, and the toolbox, as we all know, is brought to you by Chaos Rock Superstore. Chaos Rock Superstore. Oh. Oh, and speaking of which, dude, uh, I, I just retweeted. Uh, I know um, Andrew from Kazark Superstore was literally asking if anybody has any specific brands or things that they are looking for that's not there or stuff that is there, but maybe they don't carry a specific thing that they've been looking for. Um, just to let them know, either tweet it at them, um, at, at Chaos Orc, or to uh, let them know because uh, – He's uh, trying to, you, you know, he's basically doing a, hey, what what do you guys want? So you can make sure that he's keeping the store up to date on what everybody wants and needs. So, and that was just the other day. So I thought I'd mention it. That's very cool. So you doing any reading? Any reading? <laughs> other than Battle Tome, Corn, Bloodbound? Uh, yeah. Um, let me see. Uh, no, I started a little bit into the Stormcast Eternal Tome. 
So okay. started, re- started reading that this week. Um, not reading any new books from the last time we spoke. So it's still getting Feast of Crows and I'm on audiobook. Oh, but, nice. Uh, paper books, yeah. No, that's the only one I'm sitting at right now. Well, so. I've finished up this. I'm working on the big book for Quest for Galmaraz because I had to. I, I read mm-hmm. it, but I didn't do the notes for it because okay. I was doing the notes for the Black Library book, which I just sent to Hastings. Uh, and Hastings is going to read through that and take some notes, and he and I are going to cover the, the, you know, uh, the, you know, the big book for Galmarez plus the Black Library book, the combo episode. So we're doing that, and I'm reading Seraphon as well because uh, Rotor and I are going to cover that one. So we've been cranking through those, trying to get that stuff, and I still got to get reading for. Uh, I got to work on the. Uh, uh, Tales of Heresy for uh, for dude, uh, for after Eleanor. So, I'm, dude, how do you read so much? Uh, I don't do a lot of anything else. You know, you'll notice I don't get a lot of hobby done, and I don't get a lot of games in. And plus, I got to take my kids to activities. So while they're doing that stuff, I'm reading. So is that like your main thing, dude? Like, do you really love to just read this, the read the stories? And you, is it like where your love of the whole hobby really, you know, like? You know, like you all have levels, right? There's some guys who are really into the gaming, some guys who are into, quote, the hobby, which is the painting part of it. And then there's the guys who's like, there's the fluff, right? So like, I love how, all of it, how, but yeah, I'm like, the, I'm into the story. I love the story and I love telling the stories and stuff like that, you know, and sharing them with people, you know, because a lot of times, even like when people ask about it, you know, that that's the cool part. Yeah, you know, these guys come from here and they do this, that, and the other. Right. That's the stuff that I really kind of enjoy. So cool. That's great. That's great. So that's cool. I've kind of realized that about me. I'm the guy. I like to read all the books, and that's you know. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Like, There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. I was just curious. Just curious. It's always easy for me. You know, I can throw it in my bag. Uh-huh. I, I tell you what. When we yeah. go to when we go to my family's house on Thanksgiving. In fact, you guys will all be listening. This will be released right around Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving night. You know, everyone will be sitting around after the turkey, and Heather will be heading off to Tardis Convention with Harrison and. My daughter will be sitting with grandma getting ready for Black Friday shopping, and I'll be reading Seraphon, probably. I'll be killing zombies. I hope so. In fact, I'm probably going to bring X-Wing because my brother-in-law will be there, and he'll want to play. Cool. Very cool. But uh, Mm -hmm. that's what I, you know, like I said, when there's nothing else to do, Mm -hmm. and I can't pull out gaming because, you know, that, I can always pull out a book. Yeah. 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 So that's that. So let's see. uh, Hobby. What you got, Hearn? Boy, I uh, did a lot of Holy Wars terrain this week. I'm working on a floating waterfall, avatarish looking rock thing for the Seraphon board. I saw that, man. That was insane. Yeah. So today, actually, the uh, so so yesterday. So what happened was, I figured out the engineering part of it and how I was going to get it all balanced out because it's pretty huge, and and I'm doing it in the typical. Holy Wars fashion with the these like big huge rock formation using the pine bark mulch and it's that the floating part is roughly ten inches high. Jeez. So and it's about uh, I'd say probably twelve inches at its longest width. Okay, so it's like kind of an oval odd shape. So it's a pretty big piece that needs to be able to like float and. So it needs to be stable and it, it, 
took a while to, for me to figure out the engineering of it and how I was going to get it so that it would look good. And ultimately what I had to do was I had to, I was going to only have two waterfalls coming down, but I ultimately went with three. So I had to kind of do a little bit of reconstruction on the top part. I had to cut away some of the clay creek that I put in. And then I had to figure out a way to actually mount the, the um, plexiglass that I'm using as the base, the foundation for the waterfall water effect that I'm going to be using. Okay. And so <clears throat> what I actually had to do for the plexiglass was um, I couldn't get my hands locally on so a quarter-inch thick plexiglass. So um, what I had to do was double up on what I could get, um, which I think was l- less than an eighth. I'm not exactly sure of the measurement. But anyway, I had to double up on it. So so I cut those and got that. So that part went great. And then, you know, I marked up on, and if you check out the Twitter, if you check out the Twitter feed, you can see the works in progress over the last couple of days. So it's at Holy uh, Hammer Hearn. And so, or at Holy Wars GTs, it, it was tagged in there as well. So one of the things that had to happen was that the, the waterfalls had to align in a certain position on the base that's going to sit on the table. And then, you know, as I was as I was looking at it, what I realized was that I want to have a deeper pour for the resin that I'm going to pour into the bottom of the pool. And I want it to look really, really deep. And I only had at that at that time about a I would say like less than an eighth of an inch depth. So it was going to be very shallow. And for structural integrity, I wanted the the plexiglass waterfall um, you know, base part. The, the 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 base for the waterfalls to be more secure to the base for so they could hold up to the rigors of gameplay right so i realized i needed to have a deeper pour of resin into the bottom of the pool so i wanted to build it up and so i wanted to go up to at least a half an inch um and then so what i did was i i, I re-sculpted and i put in a bunch more clay creed on the top but i went a little too heavy with the water and so I came down this morning, and the whole base warped on me um, because when oh, the clay. Oh, that's that's so. You had it on that like eight inch, eighth of an inch MDF board, right? Yep, yep. And, it, yep, and it, yep. when it glue dried, it all bent up, so you had to get something thicker. I yep, saw that this morning. Yeah. So what I had to do was kind of bend it back into place, and then and then I clamped it all up. Um, so hopefully tomorrow that should, that should work. That should be okay. But the lesson learned there for all you hobbyists out there, if you're going to use clay and you're going to use that much clay go with the quarter inch thick, um, MDF or, um, you know, watch how much water you're putting on it. You know, um, that's the other thing. Um, and then I also worked on the eye of Zinch. Um, I'm making and sculpting a custom piece that's going to sit on the Zinch table, um, at Holy Wars. And so I started working on that and I'm using magic resin for the sculpting of that. And I'm just kind of letting it, letting it happen. So wherever the, wherever the hobby spirit takes me is what's going to happen to that piece. So, uh, yeah. So that's what I was working on this week. Huh? Yeah. There you go. Well, um, I built, uh, some more of my Stormcast Eternals. Uh, I built up, okay. I don't know if I mentioned this in the last show, but I have like the three box sets now because yeah. I traded for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, if the box set comes like for the your basic, your you know, you're just your basic uh, Stormcast Eternal guy. You're right. Just, uh, but they come with like they come with ten of them, but they're two sets of five because of the champion. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, what if I want to have a unit of ten? I have two champions, right? 
Mm-hmm. Well, I also remember I bought three issues of White Dwarf when they came with the free Stormcast Eternal. There you go. And then I got three sets. So if I decided to, I could replace... I have 30 of them, but I have six champions. I could literally replace three of the champions. I could have three sets of 10 if I wanted to. So I was like freaking out going, what am I going to do? And I, I was sitting there just like cleaning up my stuff, and I just went, oh, my God, I have three exactly here. So I made those, and then I built up some of the characters because I picked up almost one of everything. I don't have the Celestine Prime, but I've picked up uh, the guy with the little hound, mm-hmm. and I picked up the guy with the lantern, and you know the guy with the with the horn. Which, mm-hmm. if you line it up properly, you can actually line it up to his mouth. That one in the picture where it looks like he's sticking in his eyeball, you know, it's yeah. silly. But uh, so Dude, do the he- do the head swap on him, man. Oh, I did. I've already built him, so I'm. Uh, so well, you can you can cut that off. It's plastic, That's dude. That's true. Cut it, cut it off and put a Space Marine on there and paint them up all, like, you know, glowing green or blue or something. That's true. It would look really sweet. The, the, the one Space Marine dude who or the Space Wolf guy who's, like, screaming out, you know, that'd be kind of cool. I'm just screwing around. I'm just trying to, you know, I, I sprayed him with that gold paint. That, that gold mm-hmm. paint is perfect. I'm going to just do some quick paint jobs, get some stuff done. Um, I'm trying to debate whether I want to take them to... Uh, Adepticon, or if I'm just going to take my undead. So, okay. you know. Yeah. yeah. Have you decided what you're going to do Adepticon wise? Um, now that Alex has, uh, it's going to be 1,500 points, and uh, both uh, the the first day he's going to have the first day is going to be done by 5:30 and not go till 8 o'clock. I think I'm going to sign up for the AOS because that'll give me time to uh, still do other stuff on Saturday night. So I'm definitely good. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to sign up for the AOS. Uh, the GT. So is he? He's doing the. Uh, he's using the SDK then. Yeah, he's using SDK. I am. I am a. I am a pool choice proponent. Um, yeah, right. But what am I going to do? Just not play AOS at all because I prefer pool choice over to SDK. I'm no, going to give it a no, try. You know what I'm saying? No. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I, 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 uh, I'm on the. Th- I have, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure which AOS event I'm going to be playing in. I think I'm playing in the team. I've kind of got a, you know, kind of an idea of playing in the team, the team tournament. Um, I'd like to play in the team. I have two issues playing in the team tournament. Okay, what are they? A, I don't have a partner. B, okay, that's a, yeah, that's a problem. B, uh, traditionally... I have to get my daughter on the bus on Friday. A lot of times that that when when uh, when Adepticon's happening that Friday, mm-hmm. uh, it's that weekday, and my wife's got to be at work usually really early on Fridays, and so I see my daughter onto the bus, and that's a ten to eight, which means I can't be in Schaumburg until like nine thirty. Yeah. So I'm I'm already like I'm, the the year that I was playing with Greg Dan, uh, I had Mikey Gerald. I had to, I mean, he came in and played the first round for me. Right. You know, right. so that I could, so, yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I just can't. I mean, it's like the best five days of of game. It starts like Wednesday night, all that stuff. People are signing up and going, but I don't even get there till late right. Friday morning. So, and right. getting there at nine thirty doesn't mean I'm playing at nine thirty. It means I'm getting my badge and that stuff. So, yeah. So I just, you know, I screw around, get to what I can do Friday, and then play an AOS Saturday and Sunday, and. See what else I can pick up uh, in the evenings, yeah. and I got yeah. I got to hook up with you so you can get me straight on playing some Wrath of Kings. So, yeah, for sure, man. Um, yeah, so registration for Acon is tomorrow. Yeah, by the time everyone hears this, it'll be open and already done. I'm 
Hopefully yeah. I get my VIG pass because I've always found that to be a good deal because it's guaranteed me my swag bag and then I get a shirt and a mug and all that stuff. Yeah, I got it last year for the first time, and, yeah. and I really dug it. So, so I have to make yeah, I have to make my decisions tomorrow. Holy hell! I know it's like it's got to be done. Yeah, another thing to do. Great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, let's see. Let me wrap up my hobby, which is I bought paint. <laughs> Well, you know what? I got all this damn terrain, and I realized I went and started pulling out all the gray off my little paint pots, mm-hmm. and they were either almost empty or getting dry because it's been a while. So I went to Hobby Lobby, and I just bought this, like, Master's Touch acrylic paint, like, in the yep. big tubes. Yeah. Because it was a big tube of gray and a big tube of white, and they were, okay. like, four ninety nine a piece, and it's something like eight ounces or nine ounces of paint, I think, or maybe more. And, okay. I mean, it's I'm painting terrain. And it's acrylic right. paint. I mean, that's right. it's perfect for it. Right. It's, it's the same thing. I'm using big, wide brushes. I uh, mm-hmm. started slapping a little bit of paint on the terrain. So I actually started slapping some paint on terrain. So we're going to have cool. boards of terrain pretty soon. I'm very excited. I'm actually doing stuff. So yeah. let's jump to other and get this done, hit another break, and then come back with this book. So what you got any other, anything you've been uh, watching, doing, seeing, something worth mentioning? Yeah, I picked up Gotham. I love show. that show. Yeah, I, I was I was denying myself Gotham. I picked it up and then starts about, off slow, but I really yeah, been picking up. Penguin's Umbrella episode was sweet. That's when it really <laughs> starts picking up. So I, I haven't gotten much further than that. Still, um, still the same stuff. I don't think. I, oh, I did download uh, the new the new dress um, uh, the new butcher. Uh, um, wait, um, the Aeronauts Windless. Yes. Have not started listening to it yet, um, but yeah. So I, I like that. it a lot. So cool. I like Look it a lot. That. Yeah. So it'd be my. Then I then I took a little bit of a dip down into the stupid Fallout realm, the 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 apocalyptic Skyrim. <laughs> yeah, I have avoided it. Although Harrison has it, and he's been playing it, and I've watched it, and I'm like, you know what it is? It looks like a lot of fun, but I also look at it and I go, I, yeah. I would just, I, you know what that, you know what that is? That's a time sink for me, dude. Totally. I've I wasted don't, seven. Yeah. I don't double. have the kind of time. Well, I, I, I literally, like last week, I was up. I, I, all of a sudden, I looked at the clock, and it's like 3 o'clock in the morning, and I still I had to get up to work in three hours. Because, like, I would do some hobby. Like, you know, I haven't – it didn't dominate my life, but I can easily see how it could. And so <laughs> Here's the one so, benefit I have. When I uh, – everything is down here in the crypt. Okay, down here yeah. in the basement. The Xbox is down here in front of the TV. In front of that TV is the coffee table that I have my hobby stuff on. Mm. So if I actually came down here to play Fallout, I'd be like, well, I could sit here and, on this video game, or I could paint those models or build models that are sitting right on the table, right in front of the Xbox. I'll yeah. never pick up the controller. Like, I'm just the worst. I'll never, you know, as yeah. much as I want to play, I'll just never pick up the controller. Right. Well, I had to force myself to put it. I was like, you know what? This is not worth the time or the effort. So I just kind of I, I I cut I cut the cord. So thankfully, because I've got plenty to do, I've got plenty of unpainted models. I'm looking at. I got one, two, three, four, five shelves of unpainted models. Yeah, I I, I should be using my time there. So yeah, and the way you do it too, with all your extra conversions and you know good quality painting, that's going to take a while. So. <laughs> But, yeah. uh, 
All right, let's see. What's my other? What have I got here? Uh, okay, I went to go see uh, the new Mockingjay movie, the Hunger Games movie. Okay, what do you think? Hey, if you like the first three, it, it's a good ending. I mean, it follows the book about as much as the other three. Um, I got to go just me and the wife, so that's always a plus. You know, it's like we got to go out without the kids. We had a good time. I'll say this much if you've been watching it. Donald Sutherland, like the last three scenes he's in in the movie, talk about a scene stealer. That was fantastic. A guy who you hate for like three and a half movies makes you almost feel sympathetic for him at the very end of the movie. <laughs> it was. It was pretty cool. Uh, I had a good time with that. Um, I will say two things I've been starting to watch on uh, Netflix. Uh, Jessica Jones came out. Yeah, dude. I I haven't jumped on it yet. My uh – Reed um has been was was FaceTime and Reed today and he's been just he just loves it. So what got, do you think? Got the first episode down. I'm enjoying it so far. All right. Um you know, it's pretty good. Cool. I've got one episode. What do I know? I mean, so far one episode I enjoyed it. Yeah. I'm throwing this out there for everyone who hasn't watched it yet though. Thirty minutes of your life you'll never get back. You'll either hate me or you'll thank me. Kung Fury. Oh yeah, I saw that. That's the Netflix show, right? It's no, no, it's not a show. It's just. I thought it was a show. No, well, no, it's a thirty-minute movie. A thirty-minute movie. That was, I guess, it was crowdsourced or something like that. This movie. Okay. Okay. It's 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 supposed to be like it's like it's sort of making fun of eighties action pictures. Okay. And it's okay. just a thirty-minute movie about this guy called Kung Fury, who is like the chosen one doing the super kung fu. <laughs> and uh, here's a brief sort of plot synopsis. It starts off, and uh, it's a video, an arcade game, like grows arms and legs and starts killing people, and Kung Fury stops it. But, oh my god! It's then, like Sharknado. Yeah, and then he gets—he's uh, supposed to get a partner, but he doesn't want a partner, and he quits. And then Hitler shows up and kills half the people in the precinct. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, and this is in like 1985. So his friend Hacker Man hacks, uh, gets on the computer and hacks time to send him back in time to go kill Hitler before he could do all these things. But accidentally sends him back too far, like 3,000 years back. <laughs> And so then he fights laser raptors and meets Barbariana <laughs> and Thor. I mean, it's just the weird. It's just okay. It's it's like if 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 like a fourteen year old nerdy guy in nineteen eighty four, just like with no storytelling ability whatsoever, just wrote uh, like like all of his fandoms into one movie, right? And just and then made it. <laughs> That's what this is. It's hysterical. It is. 30 okay. minutes it's 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 amazingly stupid don't so expect shakespeare okay so it's like not like it's it's is it like high production value or is it well no i mean it's it i mean it starts off it lo- parts of it look really like i mean gritty grainy 80s film cheap okay parts right. of it don't it's okay uh, i'm just it's 30 minutes like, if, you get, have- if you sit through this whole show, if you sit through this nonsense, <laughs> spend 30 minutes and watch Kung Fury. Uh. It's, it's, it's so, <laughs> dude, it's so funny. Harrison and I were watching it, and Harrison's like, Dad, what the hell is this? And I'm like, this is just some of the funniest nonsense I've ever seen. It's got some bad language, and it's got some violence, and it's just so stupid, but it is so funny. I'm not okay. kidding you. It's That's... 
David Hasselhoff sings the end credits. Oh my gosh, uh, you got to be kidding me! Is he like on stage singing them? Like no, in a, but he's singing it. Or? But at the end, when he's driving the car, and there's a car, yeah. and it's supposedly well, like the Kit 2000, except it's the Hoff 9000. The Hoff, and it's got I, Hoff's face on there, and it's his voice talking to him. And then um, the end credits is his voice. Come on, he rides a dinosaur. He's got a partner, a cop who's who's a so, Triceratops. His name is Triceracop. I'm so he, it's just. All in thirty minutes. Yeah. Like what? You, what you described to me doesn't seem possible. Doesn't seem possible to fit into thirty minutes. Because it's 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 completely insane. It is I'm, the dumbest. I'm going to have to watch it just to see watched. if you're if you're if you're pulling our legs or not. They, I, we're going to all have to watch it. I am so not pulling your chain on this. It makes no sense. There's the no is- way that you can fit all that crap into thirty minutes and have it even look remotely like tell a story. I mean. You you said Thor dinosaurs with lasers and I mean come yes, on man. yes it's all in there Hitler <laughs> Thor yeah Barbariana. I don't understand the Hitler connection explain the Hitler connection I How don't know he just shows Hitler up and starts killing up. the police and then he's like oh he killed the police I have to go back in time and kill I don't want to ruin all the jokes so. <laughs> I can't tell you exactly why Hitler shows up because that's one of my favorite parts. Harrison still keeps joking about that. Two days later, he's still making the joke. (laughs) Okay. I mean, no, it's it's insane. And on that note, I think we're done with the toolbox. So, (laughs) Kung Fury, trust me. You, yeah, it's even if you hate it. Come on, it was thirty minutes. You've listened to me for five years. You can give me thirty more minutes of your time. All right, man. All right, we're going to stop this nonsense. We'll be back, and then we are going to dive into the corn bloodbound. Gracchus Brassfang grinned broadly as he saw the carnage spread before him. He and Arcot's skull takers had butchered the bone chewers on the ridge, leaving rent corpses piled eight deep all around. The lumbering Nurgle warriors of Glock's fly-bloated had fought alongside them, wading through showers of flint-tipped spears without slowing. Despite himself, the slaughter priest was impressed with the strength and resilience of Glock's followers, even if their glottal chortling was irksome in the extreme. Pushing his fingers through the ribcage of a fallen shaman, Gracchus tore out the creature's heart. The hulking slaughter priest raised the organ above his face and squeezed, gulping down thick, semi-congealed gore. As he did so, Brassfang felt the blood simmer and churn in response, visions of glorious murder dancing behind his eyes. As the trance passed, the slaughter priest found himself on his knees. His and Glock's warriors gathered expectantly around him. Slowly, Gracchus rose. He hefted his axe and grinned savagely around at his warband. Well, bubbled Glock through rotten lips. What sayest thy course of God, Bloodspeaker? In response, Brassfang swung his axe, all of his monstrous strength behind a blow that sent Glock's surprised-looking head bouncing down the slope. He says you die, Rotbringer. Corn alone shall be victorious. With that, Madness and violence erupted on the ridge as the servants of Corn and Nurgle fell upon one another amid the bodies of the slain. And we're back. 
and getting ready to talk about the corn blood bound. Yes. I, uh, all right, so we picked up this battle tome, and I've picked them all up so far because, well, like I said, as we said earlier, I'm a sucker for the fluff. Mm. Um, and uh, what do you think of the book? I mean, just in general, okay. general overview, did you like this one? I, I, I like it a lot. I was surprised. Um, I, I was really, sh- I'm really shocked by how much I like this book. No, I mean, I did too. Like, I was really just expecting a lot of screaming and running and punching and blood for the blood god, and there is a lot of that. I mean, well, of it's course, corn, you know. But there was more to it than that. There was more than I expected from this book. Gave me more than I expected, and um, I really, I, I just, I really enjoyed it. I didn't think I would. Like, I figured this one would be. Just, you know, oh, okay, it's mediocre. We don't even need to cover it that much. Well, I, I think I mentioned in the last show that I've just never been a chaos dude. And then as I've been reading it, I was, you know, kind of texting you like, holy crap, some of the stuff in here was really inspiring me. The There's some things and we'll get into it. But, um, you know, I expected to be let down and bored out of my mind with it. Um, but I, I wasn't, um, well, I and really, that's it. cause like, I do like chaos, but corn has always been like sort of my least, not necessarily my least favorite, but I, I always find him the least interesting, you know, I um, love Nurgle because it's just all yeah. the, the, the idea. I love the idea of Papa Nurgle. Just, it's all sure. this grossness and weirdness, but it's like, yeah. he's not malevolent. He just like loves his little children and all his growths and his poxes. He's just so weird. Yeah. Sure. And Zinch, the magician and all that's pretty cool. I mean, the Slanesh stuff I can honestly take or leave. The weird pervert, but the hedonism is just kind of a cool concept. Mm-hmm. Once, if you if you if you leave some of the weird prevert stuff out of it, because that's just mm-hmm. not my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the hedonism is cool, and then there's corn, and it's just like smash. You know, it's like the Hulk of that. Which, hey, I like the Hulk as much as the next guy, but mm-hmm. the Hulk all by himself is pretty much just smash, smash, smash. And eventually, you're just like, okay, he's smashing something else. You know, right. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was expecting. It's like, oh, there's some really crazy cool stuff in here. Yeah, there, there, there is. I, and I think what and what impressed me was they, um, they left me wanting more. So they there was there was a lot of things in there, the in the book that I started to you know most of my notes are like, Ooh, you know, like wh- they piqued my interest. Like, where are they going to go with this? How are they going to tie these storylines together? And, and we'll get into it as we, as we dive deeper into the, into exactly. the story. So, so um, from an artwork standpoint, um, it's your typical GW book. It's, it's very stellar. I will say there are some, there are some which are obviously done without a brush, and they're done in. Uh, they were done digitally, and I'm not a fan of those um, that were done digitally. Um, there could be there could be a lot of them actually that are done. Di- you know, uh, you no, know, you can tell you can tell specifically which ones. And I'm a fan more of the traditional brushwork um, than seeing the um, the highly photoshopped looking artwork. Some of the artwork in here, I was going to say, too, there's a couple of them I really didn't like. I just thought that some of the poses are a little weird. 
Definitely. Um, and when we get to, I know like if you're looking at your book, if you're following at home, on page 21, The Rise of Cool, I call him cool. I know it's cool, <laughs> but it's like Korgos cool. Like I just, I'm Eastern European. I see K-H-U-L, I say cool. So, hey, Korgos cool. But like the way his legs are bent when he's walking and stuff, like it just doesn't kind of look natural. And yeah. there's a couple of pictures in here, and like I don't have the pages in front of me, but there's a few drawings where you've got these scenes of battle that mm-hmm. look like the old early eighties, yeah, uh, white dwarfs. Not like with the with the like the detail and stuff and the well, is here, but I, I'm talking about with like your depth. Uh, per, yeah, you know? like okay. you look at those old medieval paintings where everyone's like right on top of each other. Like there's right. no depth. Like it's just yeah. it's impossible for people to be that close and do what they're doing. Right. And some okay. of the pictures look like that. It's like they're just right on top of each other and it doesn't look normal or natural. And there's a couple of them in here I felt like that. And that mm-hmm. just kind of I, I just <clears throat> don't like that. Right. Well, there's there there's definitely they definitely kind of have that um there's there are some of them that have kind of like the I'm going to get some hate mail for this, but the 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 Jim Lee uh overabundance of muscle um <laughs> like you know jim lee from comics right um where there's just way too much muscle going on and um you know one of the one of the harsher criticisms i have of the art from an art perspective is you know pages uh, 52 and 53 um which is where they kind of give you the, the the paint schemes you know like they show you the gore tide and then all oh, right, they, right they give you a little bit more and then you go into the skull tribe i think they i think those are kind of a sellout like what I loved about the old books and, and it stop me if you want to, if you want to talk about this later, we can, that's fine, but no, go ahead. We can do this. For, I was, I was going to talk about the color schemes and the modeling as, aspects later, but if you want to talk specifically about what you thought about the way this was laid out, go ahead. Um, just because I'm a, I don't know to me, the beauty of the old, the old books, the old army books. And, I'm not, and it's the same thing with the Stormcast. was that it was like you had the heavy metal team painted those. Uh huh. They weren't they weren't illustrations. They were done in Illustrator and with flat colors and you know gradients and stuff. And they were the actual models painted up. Well, they've still uh, got the pictures of the actual models painted up yeah, later on. Uh, no, I know, but it's not the. I don't know. And it's they're just, here. In fact, Evie Metal, page seventy and seventy one. They've got a picture I, of yeah, each model painted yeah, up. True. See, I like that stuff because that's uh, in those. In fact, they only released a couple of them, but those. Uh, what is it? The colors and banners of they did one for Empire Skaven and the and the High Elves. Those right, uh, the the books, right, right. the separate books. Yeah, and they do I it mean, with I, the Space Marines too. It's like here's a quick drawing, and this is just to show you their color patterns. If you if you want to go with these particular True. tribes, okay, all right. So I that's didn't why make I that forgave connection. that one. All right, I'll take that back. I didn't make that connection. I mean, I do have that Skaven. I have the Skaven and the Empire book for the Her- heraldry. And heraldry. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I do have that. So I guess yeah. Okay. Fine. Take it back. Scratch that. That's where okay. I went with that one. So. so you got through the magic of editing. You could take that out. And nah, don't bother. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So anyway, let's go. Let's jump back. So what do you? Let's. What do you want to? Where do you want to go first? Well, let's start with the. Here's. I, I guess now these books are laid out a little weird because they kind of go with the generalized story. Uh, I'm noticing a pattern. They go with the generalized story, and then they go into. Um, like uh, summaries of the named characters and the different uh, 
unit types, like unit the types, right. like, like summaries. Right. Then you get the colors and and heraldries and stuff. Mm-hmm. Then you get uh, specific stories of different battles and things with the battle plans. You know, with yeah, your scenarios. Legion your scenarios. Yep. And then you get your war scrolls. Um, and I think that order, if you counted that as one, two, three, four, I think we're going to cover it one, three, two, four. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Do the general stories, then the sort of uh, <clears throat> specific battle plans and stories, and then go to the characters and their war scrolls. It just seems to flow better as far as okay working it goes. Uh, general story, I kind of like this. You know, they talk about, you know... Um, <laughs> even in the beginning, I start reading this, and right in the beginning, you know, chaos. This, you know, uh, Sigmar releases the Stormcast. Okay, go get them, and the Stormcast busts through all these realm gates, like we've already talked about in the Gates of Azir in the first, the first uh, uh, of the uh, of the books, and chaos starts losing all over the place to the Stormcast, and the Corn Bloodbound. Everyone else is like freaking out and running away and losing and crying and the corn blood brother like yes we finally have someone worth fighting mm-hmm. because they've just they've subjugated so much of everything that they've taken to fighting themselves to get a worthy fight right you know yeah. and um so like they're finally like they're excited that sigmar has shown up right Definitely. And, um, and I like I like how they tie in that concept like where you say that they were looking – they're not only looking and, – and we'll get into that a little bit further when, when there's like – they call it the specific characters. But there's like those events where like suddenly the character turns on um, one of the court and bloodbound standing next to them and puts an axe in his head. You know, because it, like they they want that fight. They're craving that fight. And I thought right. that, was really, that was really cool. I really love that. Yeah. concept and that, was, and that fact that particular battle was great is they're, they're like the only two left right right they're fighting and they're, they're fighting what they were fighting <laughs> off this whole army and they're the only two left at the end of the battle and they are so yeah. crazed with bloodlust right that right. the guy turns around and is like we did it the guy's like quack right. like that it's, guy did not control his blood and, and and as the guy's dying he's like well you know he's right like <laughs> yeah exactly exactly it just shows how psychotic they are and how they're on this path of complete and utter annihilation. And it's in that path of skull section, which we'll, we'll get to. But, yeah. yeah, love that part of it for sure. I, I love the fact, too, that they're just like um, the way the the story um, dived into a little bit too to the – it felt like they gave us a little taste of the psychosis once they get into – when we get into those unit types and, and how they're fighting and that – the, the concept of the slavery and then like yes. that that cool that cool stuff. So and, and we touch. It's funny because everyone, I think a lot of, especially with the other podcasts, everyone who's giving it a try picked up that little novella, The Gates of Azir, and everyone was talking about how um, the uh, the Blood Reavers. You know that one guy when he talks about how he was picked up, and they mentioned that here how they 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 you know they chose mm-hmm. people who, and but there's so many other. Every class has its own little version of that story, and they're not all cannibals and stuff like that. Yeah, and they've all got their own brand of, you know, completely, you know, crazy. Right, you know? right, and, and um, it's 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 all very cool. Uh, but if we're going through here, then we get to this section on under uh, called the Blood God in the book, and I like this. This is all about corn and his realm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like this. It talks about how of all of them, corn is ascendant the most often, 
And uh, here I was. I wanted to read this. Uh, it talks about him. And this is this is where I was reading this right in the beginning. And it, this is, you know, I'm, I'm on like about the third page of the book of actual reading. You know, it's like page nine or ten. But you know, the half of this book is full page pictures. So right. I mean, right. the book itself. I mean, even though it's like. 140 pages you got your battle scrolls you got all your artwork there's only about 40 50 pages of actual reading you know right. it's like corn's visage is the snarling muzzle of an enraged war hound uh, his eyes fiery orbs of boundless hatred the blood god sits on a monumental throne of skulls from which he bellows a never-ending call to war that rings through the realms at, at his side rests a colossal sword known variously as the ender of worlds the all slaughter and countless other equally doom-laden names a single swipe of this gigantic weapon can split reality in twain erasing whole <laughs> cities from existence or exterminating entire armies of unbelievers so does the blood god show his dis pleasure you know he's going through all this stuff you know yeah. and how he's just and he's just basically he seems to be in charge most of the time because he gets his power from killing definitely and you know every time they all go to war you know that right. I mean, you know any t and they you know they have this rule that came in in that first box set blood you know corn doesn't care from where from when the from where the blood comes Right, blood's blood. As long as you're killing it, he's becoming more powerful. Yeah, good or evil, it doesn't matter. So, you know, if it's same, you know, it doesn't matter. He's going to kill. Yeah. So he's, he's like, he's enormous. He's constantly bellowing a call to war. A sword that wipes out a whole cities. I mean, this is just this. Right. This, uh, you know, kind of like Sauron coming out of the in, the in the opening of Lord of the Rings and just with his, with his big mace just wiping out. The whole, right. like, the whole units of elves. I could just envision them. Yeah, that, that, that's the thing too. Like, um, like I love the juxtaposition of that artwork with that page on page nine of the book where we're talking right. about the blood God because it shows his fortress, you know? And, right. and so it's kind of cool to see that fortress in a painting and the, the archway that you can see there in the background as the, as his troops, foot soldiers are marching through. Yeah. Off the to war. Flying, the yeah. Flying yeah. For sure. For sure. And it, like I, I did notice though that like GW didn't illustrate skulls along the path around the whole top like they do on the model. Um, uh, no, so, when you're actually because that's actually painted and God, that right? Is, oh, like, yeah, oh I, I, I ain't bothering I, with that. You could yeah, exactly. Um, still, so so really, really, really cool. And what I what I love too is the little the little sidebar at the bottom story. Um, you know, like the towering jade trees came a horde of beastmen. Like I'm, I'm, I'm so curious about that. Like, where did that come from? What, what, what are those? And you know, like, is that the realm of beasts, or is that you know, like it's it, they're they're not like giving us every little bit of the narrative in there, no. which I kind of like. You know, like yeah, like I was comparing this to like to some of my old army books where they give you like every bit of detail, and there was so much depth in some of the like you know in the timelines and stuff and and i love these little like there's so many questions like that i just want to know more about um but i, I absolutely love that those little the, these little like tidbits and these these visions of like the single swipe of the sword going across entire cities and wiping out entire just exterminating entire armies and unbelievers i would love to actually see a painting of that like his corn yes. Like I, I, I imagine him like Galactus, you know. Yeah, exactly. 
kind of how I mean, you look at these guys with their helmets, and that's kind of what I when you see these corn lords, they do with their with their corn symbol helmets and stuff. Mm-hmm. They they do remind me of Galactus exactly. Yeah, but uh, you know what I was thinking as I was looking at this stuff is um, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, I totally blanked. Well, it can't be that important. So you said Galactus. Oh, you know what it was? It was I, I get more emails from people saying how they're not enjoying the people who don't enjoy this is like they destroyed my fluff and now where's this and where's that and where do these guys come from and the one question i get a lot is where do the beastmen fit in like how do they how are they still here like right. we know the lizard men ran and came back and the dwarves came through and these guys came but where's the beastmen's realm like what like what world did the beastmen come dude i don't know and they keep mentioning they show up darn near everywhere and mm-hmm. i'm waiting to find out too and that's I think what's interesting is they keep mentioning them. I'm waiting to see this. Like, where are they going to show up? Where are they going to explain this? It's it's actually what's keeping me interested is they keep throwing out hints at other places that I, you know, and I and I'm certain, you know, if they're mentioning them, they're laying down the foundations for this stuff to be brought up and mentioned later. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, so for sure. I find Excellent. it pretty exciting. Now, Path of Skulls. The next section, and this is where I come mention that corn cares not from where the blood falls flows. They talk about how people become corn followers, and they say, you know, some people are born into it, and a lot of people think that, but it's not everybody. Some people's cultures are just completely subsumed, and we talked about that too. You know, mm-hmm. they come in, and you know, you can either die or you could be one of us. You know, uh, if you're worth being one of us, some people don't get the option. Some people just get the die option. Right. Um, and the power hungry often just sort of get sucked into it. Like if you're a power hungry warlord and you kill enough, sometimes mm-hmm. corn comes looking for you. Right. You know, <laughs> or totally. pizza's going to send out for you. Right. You know, because if you're spilling that much blood, he's like, oh, this is someone that's worth my time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's cool. And I love how it seems easy. And they mention how. Well, sure. You know, it's like you're a warrior and they want you to worship corn. And it's like, what do you got to do to be a worship corn? Well, kill things. Sure, I'm a warrior. I can do that. And it's like, okay, and it seems easy, but corn, you know, there's no rest. It's not like, well, I killed five people for you today. All right. So yesterday I killed five people. Yeah, you haven't killed anyone since you woke up this morning. Mm -hmm. So get to work. And it's like, well, there's no war going on right now. Right. Yeah, right. there's always war. Go- you know, it's like it's yeah. you constantly have to be doing more and more. Um, they describe any worshippers of corn are violent, and they are on a it, it is a violent, selfish road for personal glory. Yeah, every one of these guys is moving towards either becoming a corn lord and eventually becoming a demon prince, or they're dead. And that's yep. just, that's your two paths, demonhood or right. death, you know, Etern- the, eternal glory or a violent, bloody death. That's exactly. What, you know, that's where it is. Uh, they mentioned that the greatest prevail becoming powerful enough to pass one of the eight archaic trials of corn and become one of the bloodbound. Yeah. You know, dude, I marked that because it was like, um, I thought, I thought that was really 
pretty cool. Like I, w- I want to know more about these eight trials. Do we do we know more about those yet? They mention a couple of them in later in the book. Well, I know that, but I mean, like, in, we don't have a no. basis for that, right? We've never had a basis for that. No, nothing that I know yeah. of. This is really yeah. cool. I kind of wish Christian was here. You know, you've listened. You know, Christian was on mm-hmm. a couple episodes ago, and he was going to do this with me because all he has ever played is corn. He plays it in forty k. He plays it in fantasy. He's right. like Joey Corn Boy, and. Like, I wanted to ask him about this because it's like, oh, my, like, this is such a neat thing. It's like, what is this? In fact, did you notice that one of the battle, uh, one of the battalions is just the. uh, Yeah. Which one was that? I think I marked that. Oh, the the Gore Chosen. Is it the Gore Chosen? It might be. No, no, that's. Yeah, one exalted death bringer and then. Like the because that's like yeah his, seven units chosen kind of aspiring and it's like because like like when they when they lay out the the formation you get the lord and he's right. got the eight guys yeah and that's and basically that's, one of the formations is the eight guys so maybe maybe it's those trials like maybe that's what but you don't have eight, eight separate listings yeah yeah so I don't I mean I don't know. And it really piques your interest. It's one of those things I, you know, my note is it piques my, it just piqued my interest because it's like, wow, what is that? Give me more. Yeah, because now they become corn blood bound. So it's like, and so you have to be, go through a trial just to become. Just to uh, become, yeah, a right. blood reaver? Because the blood reaver seemed like dime a dozen when I was reading this initially. You know, because you got 20 mm-hmm. of them in the box set mm-hmm. and they're, mm-hmm. they're not very powerful right. initially. And, but it seems like you got to do that just to become one of them. Now they can. Now these guys may up ascend to a death bringer, a blood stoker, or whatever. Um, and uh, lots of rewards for success, but failure equals hideous damnation. Right. So, oh boy, you know. <laughs> and then, well, they kind of give you the idea of like on in the book page thirty one with the bloodbound warhorde with that kind of. It almost looks like a force organization chart from forty k. Right. Where they kind of talk about that, like the. Gorge. I like that they go into these two. I love. I always love the four sword charts. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, the 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 possibility for army themes and are are really awesome. The roof. Yeah. Totally. Totally. But basically, uh-huh. you're always going to have a a corn lord. Right. And his second in command is the exalted Deathbringer. Right. And then there's seven others, and they could be any of those like character. Yeah. Guys. Exactly. 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 So, you know, and it's it's interesting, too, because, like, you talk about the eight trials, and then you've got that, you've got the eight. Well, that's Korn's number. Well, so right. You're going right, to have eight right, guys, right, eight right. trials, eight right. everything, you right, know? Right, right, right. It's like, yeah, I just want more of, like, what are the trials? That's what I want oh, to know. I know. Yeah. The few that they named are a little crazy. So, I think I just, I find this really... Uh, sort of fascinating, but you do get that story here with the two that one kills the other guy, and why not? And he's even like, "Yeah, I deserved it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I let my guard down." Mm-hmm. Um, but so the Bloodbound did so much killing in this time that Corn's power grew to the point where his brothers were afraid of him. You know, mm-hmm. um, and they're all sort of, and you get to this point called the Great Slaughter. And um, we're in the story of the br- br- brass slaughter. You're talking about during the age of chaos, 
when they're just wiping out civilization after civilization after civilization. There's a great story here about one of Korn's armies called the Brass Skulls. They show up, and um, you get the Oryks and the Seraphon. Like, the Oryx are fighting against the Brass Skulls, and the Seraphon show up, and they'll fight with anybody who's fighting against Chaos. Yeah, that seems crazy to me. That, like, that, that, that was like, whoa. It was like, it just, to me, it was like, what? Really? Um, it just didn't seem, I mean, from a fluff perspective, I thought it was really, really cool. Um, if you're game, fighting a against gameplay chaos, mechanic, that would be, like, freaking awesome, in my yeah. opinion. It'd be kind of cool. Because they are in order. They're an order unit. So normally if you're fighting, I mean, you couldn't like put them on the table normally. Like you'd have to, I mean, well, you could put anything technically. I mean, you find a reason well, if your opponent allows it. But like Oryx are destruction. Right. And Seraphon are order. So like normally, even in a tournament, you wouldn't be able to put them together. No. But here, the Oryx have been fighting for a while and doing a good job against the Brass Skulls. And the Seraphon, they're like, nah, these Brass Skulls got to be stopped. Right. So, so now they're winning the fight against the Brass Skulls. It looks like they're going to hold them back and shove them back through this gate they came through. And then something, an Arcanabulum, or an Arcanabulum, mm-hmm. comes out of the earth, spurring the Bloodbound on. Uh, what the hell's an Arcanabulum? Nobody knows. Yeah, nobody knows. It's going to be a new terrain piece from GW. Well, there was another thing that actually showed up in the uh, in the in the uh, the book, the Quest for Galmaraz. During one of the stories, they pulled something out of the ground that's a, not an Arcanabulum, but there's a there's a. Well, in that section, yeah, go ahead. There's another thing that pops up like that, and there's something they use to turn back time with it. There's all these weird right. things. That they, well, they, they they talk in that same paragraph though. At the beginning of that same paragraph, he goes amid the labyrinths, caves of the echoing rock of Gur. Like I like. I want to know more about that, like this echoing rock. Yeah. Like what, what, you know, what, what is that? What, what, you know, cause that's from the, once again, beast been saying, we're not getting any love. Uh, hey, guess what? Uh, Gur, realm of beasts. So right. it, it's like, Oh, all right. Something's coming. And you know, it kind of, well, the realm of beasts, isn't that cause it wasn't that the orcs got the, uh, beast, uh, the, the beast magic. Didn't that go to, uh, what's his name? In the end times, the, uh, who uh, the shit? Not Grimgore the Ironhide. Grimgore Ironhide. I'm not sure. I don't remember. I thought that's what he got, but um, but like I said, it, you know, part of it is you know we knew every inch of the old world until you got to Araby, and then it was like, and place was beyond. But you right. mentioned a place, we'd all be like, oh, that place. Now they're just naming places. Like everybody here knows these places, and we're like, right. wait, what's that place? That place sounds cool, and it's like. Yeah, and like, it's going to get fleshed out, and it's so. <laughs> you know what would be kind of cool to me is like I I could see this like the you know it talks about amid these labyrinth caves echoing rock and and gur is it do you say how would you say that gur 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 what, what uh, yeah I think it's gur yeah gur okay so it kind of reminds me of the idea of like the um the uh like from Greek mythology, like these lat, the labyrinth of like with the minotaurs being inside. And then, and then, so it's like, you like, you wonder if, um, if the, um, Oh my gosh, I'm having, I'm drawing a total blank here. What was the, the big, the big thing that was with the beastman, the stone, um, the the herdstone. Thank you. Like, what if like, like the, this, this like echoing rock is like the herdstone creating these like labyrinth caves or something. You know, like it in the beastman, be. in the beastman realm, in the realm of beast, right? You know, like you've got this thing that's like, like 
causing these gigantic labyrinths to be formed and these like tunnels and you know there and then they talk about these crude cave paintings through the tunnels for for leagues on end yeah um, and and they tell the time of when the oryx and the iron tusk rampage made common cause with a seraphon so you know, once again, establishing that there's been thousands and thousands of years, right? And and the beastmen are 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 writing these things out on these labyrinths, uh, in on these walls inside these labyrinths. And I think that's like just awesome stuff for me. Oh, yeah. That was like, yeah, totally. And, the, cool and they stuff. tell you there's like thousands of stories, and I love how they just name stuff here. Like they may come yeah, back to it, right. they may never come back to it, and right. you just kind of got to roll with it. It's almost funny. I'm I'm reading this paragraph, and I'm all I, I don't know whether to laugh or or think like this is I don't know whether to laugh with it or at it. But it's like, you know, wherever the bloodbound rampaged across the mortal realms, death and destruction followed. It was they who overcame the bone shard behemoth of Hollow's Reach and sacked the cities that festooned their megalithic forms. Mm-hmm. It was the bloodbound who felled the chronohedron amid the night woods, following the trail of rebirth to its cavern lair and hacking off its horned heads. They even crushed the beastclaw ogres of the Monfra Valley, along with the rotted warband of Pustus Flob, who sought to claim the ogres' lives for Nurgle. A thousand such tales abound, bellowed with pride by the dark seers of the Bloodbrown, the slaughter priests, even as they're whispered by the folk of the realms. It's like, you know... Oh, yeah. Totally cool stuff. You know, it's... It was bravely bold, Sir Robin, who nearly fought the vicious chicken of Bristol. Hey. Uh, you know, I was just, uh, they just, it's, but everybody's like, okay, there's all this stuff going on. And they just, they're just trying to hammer home. These guys kill everything. Right. And then, like, where's the, where's the city of Shimmer Guilt? I don't even have an, I, not a clue. Right. So, like, that was like, you know, the once proud stood on the slopes of the volcanic Mount um, Athenor. And, you know, so they're, you know, they kind of like I want like I would have loved to have seen some type of map. Right. Like, here's where this is. Um, but obviously we're not going to know. And I love the fact like they they, they talk about um, thousands of years of wisdom and glory were cast down upon the coming of the bloodbound. OK, well, who 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 did that? Exactly. You know, like it's like, oh, what, what is that? You know, because they they talk about behind the city's towering walls, great spires, laboratories and libraries. Empire, you know, is that like exactly? He's like, what's going on? Right, exactly. I mean, like you could see, like you know, um, great empire wizards, like like a wizard's college or something, or some great, or maybe even elves, you know, spires and laboratories and libraries. Maybe it's the elves or something. Um, And then it just totally piqued my interest. Loved it. Me too. All right, you know what? Uh, So corn, corn is pretty much ascended to this part. He's slaughtering everything. Uh, we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we're gonna see as 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 the fighting as he finds less and less to fight. We're gonna see as as his power starts to weaken, and what happens then. So we're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back, and we're gonna see what happens next. Hey folks, it's Dave, and I wanted to talk to you for a minute about Battle Foam. You've all heard me talk about it before. The foam is firm, it 
doesn't separate from the base. They custom cut, design, make any piece of foam you want to fit any model you want. Anytime a new army comes out, within days, you've got battle foam cut and designed to fit those models. This isn't a game company making cases on the side. This is a carrying case company making foam and custom carrying cases to protect your army. It's what they do. It's all they do. Check it out at battlefoam.com. Battle Foam, protecting your arm. Demolition, we can't pack emotion. Dynamite, we just might. So blow us a kiss, blow us a kiss. Blow us a kiss, we'll blow you to All right, we're back. We're back with Tides of Blood. Uh, because, of course, why, why not? <laughs> tides of Blood. And it's the Age of Chaos. Sigmar's gone. He's locked himself away. And Chaos is completely ascendant. Uh, resistance is pretty much nil. Um, and so Korn's brothers are getting stronger, you know. Uh, Zinch and Nurgle and that. Nurgle especially is growing stronger. With all the death that corn has caused, rot and decay and pestilence and plague take over. Yeah, I love the fact that, like, they never connect those dots. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, there's this, there's this whole, like, there's, like, this thing between corn and Nurgle. There are, it always seems like those two are always, the, you know, like, fighting for power. Right. And, 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 and uh, yeah, like, corn never really picks up on the fact that, hey, you know, all my slaughter is kind of helping you. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and Zinch's long-term plans start coming, you know, together. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, Corn is basically, I mean, he, there's nothing worth fighting. And without worthy competition, his guys, they're, they're not offering him worthwhile sacrifices. And his power is starting to wane. Who? Where's the last worthy foe? He's inside Azir. So they're all gathered outside the gates of Azir. And everybody's there. They've got they've got, you know, Nurgle's there, Zinch is there, Korn's there, um, Slanesh's people are there. And so they're all standing around out there and Korn's like, Well, this is BS. He's like, nah, uh uh-uh. uh. You know what? I'm I'm this is oh, even the horned rat is outside of there. Let's not forget that fool. Mm-hmm. Um Hey, 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 hey. I mean, hey. Uh, that great guy. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. Right. <laughs> and so Corn basically is like, nope, this is mine. This is mine. It's mine, and I'm not sharing it. And so basically all of his followers are standing around outside the gate, and there's a little, you know, there's always infighting with the Corn guys as they're, as they're culling the weak. Right. But suddenly as they're out there and they're fighting and they're just doing their thing and they're trying to bash in the gates, all of a sudden, they just turn around and start killing all the Nurgle followers and all the rats and all the Zine. Like, just yep. everybody. Yep. And and that's a pretty decent battle because there are other demon, you know, or demon followers, chaos followers. Um, so you get a decent-sized battle, and corn starts growing again, and partly because, A, they're getting good battle, he's growing, and partly because he's wiping out his brothers. So they're diminishing. Um, and by the time all this ends, the only people 
standing outside the gates of Azir are the corn bloodbound. They're the ones out there. Everybody else has gone away um, because you just you can't stop the blood from flowing. And this weekend's all of them. Um, there's just nothing else can happen. Um, and they and they still can't get in the gates, and that's the problem. And what I think is interesting is uh, this sort of weakens all of them. Definitely. It actually says in the book their final vic- their their final victory, sudden and inevitable, was about to be a centuries long stalemate. Yeah, there you go. Because they can't get through the gate, and corn has just kicked all their butts kicked and their weakened asses, everybody. Man. So there you go. Yeah. Um, one of the cool things, though, here I like is where they kind of even mention, even though Corn is like, you know, he's doing it with in this Tides of Blood section. They do also they also do do say that all the dark siblings, even the Blood God, had significantly weakened by their sudden and brutal civil war. Yeah. So so it kind of what they do is they kind of tie together. There's this there's this kind of there's a concept there that they they can't see it, but in a way. They should be working together. Yes. You know, because ultimately them not uniting is what's actually causing them not to take over completely. Exactly. It's their their inability to work together is the one thing that keeps saving everybody else. Exactly. Totally. Totally. Okay. Can we look at the picture here on page 18 and 19? Uh, 18, 19. Yeah. That's- and then can we go back to one? Oh, wait. Never mind. Yeah. Which oh, wait. One? Uh no, never mind, never mind. Yeah, okay, let's take a look. Yeah, okay, let's take a look at this. There's the the yeah. See, this is what yeah. I'm talking about. The guys are all right on top of each other. There's yeah. nothing dynamic about them. They're all just standing and they're like just kind of all shouting and just yeah. kind of standing there. And here, okay, and then you get the pictures with the storm cast. And this is the thing I don't like about like I don't I like the armor. I don't mind it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the masks. Just really, I, I don't even mind the masks. I get that their helmets just look like faces. Sure. But the problem is there's these blank expression faces. And so when they're in battle, like if you don't give these guys a really dynamic pose, example, this picture, they yeah. just look like they're all standing around. Right. Well, like, I think it, like seriously, doesn't this look like it's like in between photographs or in between takes? Like they're all waiting for them to set up the camera to take a picture of the battle. It does. It does. I, you know, one of the, one of the things I, you know, when you, when you, as a graphic designer who, who's in the trade, I'm sure this painting was much, much bigger, you know, and there's probably, and you can see where they laid the artwork or the text box down this on the right hand side, right. you're covering, you're covering some, some sigma, some, some storm cast there. Um, and it, you know, so, so you don't get a real feel for, what is going on there? Because you can even see on the right-hand side, there's a faint storm cast in the background, just a small guy on the right-hand side. You see him there kind of pushed way in the background. Right. He's getting ready to do battle against somebody else. And one of the things, I mean, going to your, your dynamic. The, well, the if dynamic, you look up at the top, right at the top of that text bar to the left, there's that face of a demon. Right. There could be corn up there. Yeah, and I and those lightning bolts, to me what I got out of that was that those are the storm casts coming down. Like the ones that are going up into the sky, not the ones that are kind of pouring. There's like, it's either 
lightning or lava pouring out of storm out of the castle there that looks in the background you know in the background right. it looks like that's the the it looks to me like like that part there is like just kind of like lava could coming out it could be the one fortress or something yeah maybe but um as far as their expressions and what you said in this painting like one of the things i wish that they would do is that they would put some kind of glow representation of spirit form inside their eye sockets in the helmets. Yeah. I think that would do a lot for the aesthetic. And then the other thing too, is that it seems like in this painting, they're way too clean. Like they come in and there's like no battle damage. Like in the, in the, what I would love to see more of is when you look at the, like if you were to reference your Stormcast eternal book, and you look at some of the artwork in there. There's a splash artwork of one of the he's his like armor is dented. He's he's in battle. He has a lot of character, even with his expressionless face. I wish I could find the page real fast. Um, right. But that's what I'm saying is that you get some of these pages in this particular book. And that's what I yeah. noticed, you get these fights set up where it doesn't look like anyone's actually fighting. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's a common theme actually kind of actually even in the stormcast eternal book but yeah i i understand where you're coming from with that um for sure i i had a problem i i want to know what the, the 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 this massive demon head that they're kind of traversing like yeah, exactly like what in the hell is that and where did that come from and who and what you and know there's, yeah there's the mountain of skulls behind them that they're piling up to yeah. give honor yeah. to i'm not certain it's you know i'm just right and those are some like i said that's that the beef that i had with some of the artwork was i didn't quite get this yeah but okay yeah, let's, let's stop picking on it i guess and uh, <laughs> so we got to the rise of cool uh, Korgoth's Cool is the first warrior to set foot in in uh, Ashi. Uh, so the the you know the realm of fire where where we first meet him, right? He was the first warrior as a as a as a young little uh, Deathbringer. He was an yeah, aspiring Deathbringer, right? An aspiring Deathbringer. He was the first one to set foot in this realm when when they when they attacked, and um, so they're storming the Tower of Wrath. Mm-hmm. And he's running up at the place, running ahead of everybody. And by the time they notice they're being attacked, they're trying to drop the portcullis. He's so fast that before they could actually drop the portcullis and and set their defenses, he's run and pulled an Indiana Jones and slid underneath the portcullis. <laughs> pops up and starts kill. Like and now he's trapped inside. And if you know anything about castles, like this is like the worst place to be by yourself. Yeah, is right on the other side of that portcullis, um, and he is starts killing everyone. Yeah, and he actually gets wounded, and he gets wounded pretty badly. He's still not the you know he doesn't have all the super armor and the super weapons. He's just a he's he's just a kind of a nobody still. Uh, but he's in, he runs in there, slides into the portcullis, starts slaughtering everyone around him. He's pretty badly wounded. And he realizes he's not going to take this thing by himself, but he fights his way uh, through, kills the fire monks, whatever a fire monk is, guarding the gatehouse, and raises the portcullis on his own. And the bloodbound get in and starts, and he just keeps killing the whole way through. And so Corn gifts him with extra strength because you always that's and 
that's what I think it, you see this a lot of through this book a lot is he keeps granting people extra size and bulk and strength. Right. So when you see that extra, like the ridiculous super muscly guys like you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. that's why I forgave it with this because they actually mentioned throughout the book how these guys are abnormally large and muscular. Well, I don't mind them being ab- abnormally large and muscular. I don't mind them being on the Incredible Hulk scale. What I mind is when they're not anatomically correct. Ah, okay. That's, <laughs> that's my saying. problem. Weird uh, muscles in the wrong places. Okay, that's yeah, what you're right. talking about. Right. I got you. They can go all Schwarzenegger, you know, 1980s Arnold. It's totally cool. You know, build them up as big as you want. Just keep it anatomically correct. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> corn gives him strength, chaos armor, and I like this, and the power to dominate those of weaker will. So, so that if you are weak-willed, he can come in and he's just like, "You'll do this," and be like, "Yes, we will do it, master." So, right. in exchange for all this, he's so he's so thankful. He vows to conquer the whole realm of fire, right? Which apparently is pretty large. So that's kind of a, a huge undertaking. And then he forms up his army called the Gore Tide. Uh, and he, dude, he's just kind of awesome. He really is kind of awesome. Yeah, the next page brings heartbreak for me. <laughs> Uh, so his axe can rip through reality. His yep. flesh hound shields him from sorcery, which I'm not exactly how he can shield him from sorcery, but he can. Yeah. Um, he has lived hundreds of lifetimes and only covered a fraction of Akshi's vastness. Um, I thought they said they had pretty much conquered this place when I was reading the gates of Azir. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Like, I mean, I know there's other guys there. So like, I, this this part got a little confusing for me because I thought from the other books that they had pretty much conquered most of, if not all of, Akshi. And, but he's lived hundreds of lifetimes and he's only conquered a fraction. Does he need to conquer the whole thing from the other guys as well? You know, and then it's like, you know, and now he's aspiring to demonhood and he wants to become a demon and he needs to... He's going to do this mountain of skulls. Well, the mountain of skulls, if he can get that last worthy skull, he's going to become a demon. But so wait, does then does he need to, you know. Right. So does he still got to conquer the realm as a demon or like because he made that vow? Like, I, yeah. I, I got a little confused because the story started to overlap. And when you get these overlaps in stories, I mean, maybe he's still going to conquer the realm. It's just, hey, this is demonhood. That's a conquering vow. There's different vows and different things. Well, but, you know. Going to what you were saying about the demonhood kind of thing and and all this, you know, it's some kind of interesting. Like what I find interesting about the way they on the illustration in his armor and the way he's kind of got this, um, it almost looks like a like a like a like a um, his armor has got like teeth in front, right? And then it kind of like the helmet piece kind of comes over with like looks like teeth as well. Almost like it's going to be devouring his head. No, I don't think that's his because he's got that weird skull mask. I think he's the, he's on the other page. No, 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 no. He's no. We're talking about cool, right? Yeah, page, cool. page twenty-one. Oh yeah, page twenty-one. He's got the skull cool. face mask. Yeah, right. He's got the skull face mask. What I'm oh, talking okay. about is the, the the it looks like teeth on the armor plating. You see how those spikes are coming up? Oh right, right, right. Okay, it kind of looks like a giant jowl, right? Like it's getting ready to close over his skull oh okay i see where you're pointing out yeah 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 the visual there right it it, it's almost like this it kind of kind of reminded me a little bit of the um when i first saw it the way the way it looked it was kind of like the um uh the weird head on the um 
what are they called? Oh, now I, I lost my page. The Krogerath? Yes. Yeah. I mean, they're they're like, like it's almost like it, it, it's. It, I and I know it means nothing. I'm just saying from a visual standpoint, it's almost like that. It kind of gives that feeling of devouring. And I did not notice that making that 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 movement to ascension to demonhood kind of thing. Like like, and I know that this isn't anything probably but it just feels to me like from a visual standpoint as an artist like this idea of like you know i am devouring everything like like i am not a, i'm not enough like to, you know just my skull mask and i'm going to devour everything i possibly can no matter who it is or what it is and and i don't know i just thought it was really a cool visual um and i'm, I'm starting to ramble i apologize no, no it is it's cool I, in fact i didn't notice i didn't notice that part until you pointed it out i'm like what is he talking about? i'm looking i'm like oh, okay over ab- above and around that yeah head, and then yeah. in front with the front with the chest plate the front of the chest plate right that's really cool it's like he's almost being swallowed inside it yeah like yeah exactly and i don't know it, there's like some kind of visual there for me that's making a connection um because like the other, I still it, it, don't I, like his pose. He looks like that's not a yeah. natural walking pose. It's weird. I have more of a problem with the damn. Uh, oh, I keep saying bad words. I am sorry. Um, with the flesh hound, the, the the I have a real problem with that illustration. Yeah, uh, that's like just it. like I said. It's, some of the artwork in here is awesome. Some of it's a little weird. I do like the artwork on the next page. Oh yeah, next page is beautiful. Yeah, but that's the guy. That's the Galactus look with the giant corn model thing on his head, like you were talking about. Yes, definitely. But, the, uh, the artwork, the artwork on page twenty three is my favorite in the book by far. The slaughter piece going up against the dryads. Oh, oh my yeah. Oh. oh, I love the story where he doesn't even yeah. want, he doesn't even bother to kill the dryads. He just pours bronze all over them and and totally and yep. freezes them into that position. It's like, oh, that's so harsh. <laughs> and then you get the story of Lashkar Bloodspeaker, Cool's favorite slaughter priest and one of the, his gore chosen. So. This is interesting. The slaughter priests, and you get a little intro here. Um, he slew the stone drake Shokenrock and drank her heart's blood to gain great power. So this is how slaughter pe- priests gained their sort of, and I'm going to use the word magical power loosely because corn doesn't like magic. But it's all blood sacrifice. Like, their magic is is purely blood sacrifice. He killed a stone drake, drank her heart's blood, and gained her power. I mean, it reminds you of the Wendigo, first Mm -hmm. of all, right there. You know, how you just drink, you know. Mm -hmm. And... uh, uh, these bl- now, the slaughter priests are, and you know how the model, we, people were pointing out how the slaughter priest models were huge. Yeah. Like very tall compared to the other right. ones. Right. Because they get this power, so they're bigger. The, yeah, they're can, a legendary hero, man. I mean, yeah, come on. But they grow, like their bones right. and stuff. So, so he can rip men apart with his bare hands. They have visions. Mm-hmm. The, he, this guy has boiled blood of 300 bone chewer braves, but they right. don't do magic. They just call on corn. Through the power of blood sacrifice, so is it, he's living proof that Corn's priests are a far cry from the weak holy men of other deities, terrifying war leaders in their own right, who are more than capable of slay, slaying nations. It's just, oh, this is kind of cool. Yeah, the the the, the there. I think that's one of my favorite models too. 
the blood the 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 slaughter priest model is one of my favorite models of it yeah. and I, I absolutely love the concept behind the slaughter priest the idea that like they're going to go down there and he's going to i like I, I had this great vision of him like ripping the heart out and drinking the blood and just doing that conversion and like you know it, it'd be so sweet to see them just you know going completely bonkers on the battlefield and right. modeling it up that way and the the whole concept of it the whole concept of them like feeding into this this like in the 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 idea of them like inspiring like imagine them this horde on the battlefield and they they see the blood the 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 the, the, the priest you know take the heart out take the slaughter priest just rips the heart out from the enemy and just starts drinking and devouring the blood and then suddenly starts gaining great power and seething and just Right, great, great and stuff. Having visions and all this stuff, oh, and yeah. being granted all this stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and um, I just, yeah, I, I, so I'm, I'm glad you like that too because I was pretty impressed. I'm like, this is really sort of a cool idea. Because when they first said that he had a slaughter priest, I'm like, wait, they got wizards? Like, how does that, how does that work? Like, how do you? I knew they justify it somehow, but it's like. Mm-hmm. Okay, wow. Okay, I see. It's it's pure on blood sacrifice and he's not actually doing magic. He's just killing, mm-hmm. drinking blood and calling on corn to bless him. And that's that's the way corn does it. Um they throw up one of these little age of slaughter things. Okay. Um they used to do timelines. Yeah, okay. In the army books. They've seemed to right. have done away with timelines and they do these weird little pages with the boxes pseudo somewhat connected you could follow along with little circly parts on the outside. Mm-hmm. I, I think I I kind of missed the timelines. They're a little easier to follow and read. Yeah. Um and not that there's anything wrong with this, it's just a different format. But basically this is sort of a timeline of the highlights. Mm-hmm. I was looking for something important in here, and there really isn't all that much super important in here. Well, I think okay, not for us. Well, I, I I'll disagree a little bit. Okay, okay. Here's my note. What I what I felt by this was that there's so much for GW to now explore. They've they, this to me is a foundation, a a kind of a a preview of what's to come. Is how I looked at it. Okay, let me let me sort of backtrack on what I what I meant there. It's not important as far as the story, like how it tells the whole story. There's just lots of little like two sentence, three sentence things about this guy did this or here this battle happened or this thing happens. No details, no anything. Um it's not really a comprehensive timeline per se, but if you want to write uh it, it, this is like the last thing before they start going through um, the, uh, you know, listing out how the armies break up. Uh, if you want to start, I guess, if, you, if, you're, if you're a guy who's got a fluff-driven army, like you, when you write your, when you start creating and, and building your armies, mm-hmm. this is really good for inspiration, I think. I I do. I Yes, it is. But there's there's certain things that, it really piqued. It kind of piqued my in- interest. Um, you know, like when it talks about into the void, uh, riding upon a city-sized mechanical scorpion, the Iron Horde and their and their <laughs> allies breach the sanctified stair, flowing from the flanks of the city steed. The bloodbound fought their way up into the very stars, butchering so many of Zinsu's servants that bloody rain fell upon the lands for a month. I mean. 
to me, that's right. kind of cool, right? So, so obviously that's a Zinch thing, and I'm really anxious to kind of see what this quote mechanical scorpiony looking thing might be, and and so it just it really kind of it didn't. I, I kind of I do miss the timelines. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deny that. I mean, the timelines is what got me into the Skaven for crying out loud, right? And um, so. But what I liked about what they've done here is because the fluff is starting over and they're trying to build a new fluff in this high fantasy realm, I'm 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 intrigued by the fact that they didn't do a timeline because what it does it kind of like leaves them with a blank canvas to take us in any direction. Yeah, you're hundred percent right. I mean so, I, I'm kind of backtracking here. I guess I totally I very poorly worded when I said it's not important. Um, it's just that I, I, what I have written here, it said uh, it's not super interesting story-wise due to lack of any details, but there's enough info for inspiration and scenarios and army themes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, I right. even had into the void, the blood storm and stuff, masters of uh, matter of mastery. There's all sorts of little cool stories. And like you said, they could come back mm-hmm. in any other, con- uh, you know, later books. And these stories can totally be told. But right. it's, it's, there's nothing that's there's nothing here that, that you can really sink your teeth into because it's literally just like that other page I read where I, in one paragraph I named five battles. It's the same sort yeah. of idea. Yeah. They're naming a lot of big important battles. Like what the hell were the Nexus Wars? Did I miss that? I mean is that a name for something or is that that one – is that well, the they, portal, they, the Nexus portal? Is that that one? Is that? Well, I'm assuming so. I mean, they do they do mention it a little bit, right. and I, I have a note there too, saying, you know, well, what? Give me more. Well, you know, that's what. G, hey, GW, if you're listening, um, but yeah, I, I kind of missed that. I'm surprised you didn't pick up on before the guns, like that. I Wait, want, which one did I miss? All right, so before the it's the left page, and it says before the guns. Read that one. And it's like I, I love this concept beneath the luminary spires of Dendril, 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 the Crimson Fury charged headlong through legendary cannonade of Korsh. Oh, I see. Are those your boys? It must be. You know, thousands fell gladly in bloody tribute to Korn, eventually choking the guns with their mangled bodies. So, like, just like it's like the. I mean, wonder if that's your Dewarden, you know, just kind of standing there like the 300 and there's just piles and piles and piles of the bloodbound just sitting there. Is there must be that's you know, yeah, that's crazy. You know, um, I don't know. It, it just I mean, there's cool stuff here. But like you said, there's I mean, that's the whole thing. That's literally two yeah. sentences. Well, I mean, they're kind of, they're, you know, they're two they, cool sentences, but you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There's like 20 of those. Plus, uh, there's 22 of those and then five of these circles. So, like, 27, 28 of those on four pages. And it's like, uh, to me, honestly, it gets a little frustrating because it's naming a lot of places we don't know Yeah. With, with without any detail. And, yes, they totally can, and I hope they will come back later and fill in some of these. I mean, the Mighty Clash has definitely got to be about the ogres, right? It's got to be, but the I'm, Rusk, the Ruskut tribe, right? You know, well, the, I mean, yeah, you can, you can. I mean, you can tell things. Well, I mean, who knows? Five, six years from now, yeah, this might be all as familiar as the old world was. But to I, us. I, I think what they're doing here, I think in a way, GW is outlining for us. You know, they're giving you little hints about your armies. 
about the existing armies. Yeah. The, you know, like there was all this talk when Age of Sigmar came out, like what's going to happen with all the legacy armies? You know, are, are you know, are Bretonians just going to go away? Are the widows, you know, who, you know, there was this thing and here in this in this tome we're seeing them mention they're not mentioning them directly um they're they're giving you little hints that you know okay here we've got you know like we've already discussed earlier in the show the beast men obviously are here right, right? the beast men are are in age of sigmar rest assured they're here so you know the other armies are going to be here you know beastmen Skaven and and Bretts were the three that didn't get a hard army book, a hardcover army book in eighth. Right, those are the three, and and so you know there's a there's there is mention of the Beastmen here in this book in this tome. So something are all over the place. Oh yeah, Skaven are Skaven are everywhere. So I'm not too upset about that. I mean, I got a nice Skaven book from end times, but but um. But, but all I'm saying is, is that that, that the all the doubters, I guess, uh, all the doubt that something's going to that there is going to be um, the continuation of our armies that we love, like 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 the go go just going back a page and 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 reading about how Korgos cool just just decimated the poor uh, Sylvaneth, you know. <laughs> I mean, literally, yeah. I wrote. I wrote on there in all caps, heartbreaking, because I'm a wood elf guy. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, you know, so they're all there, and I think if you if you, when you read through these, you see them. They're 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 kind of talking about them. They're giving you those little hints that hey, you know, they're there. You you know, your armies are there. You just got to find them. And and I and I kind of liked that. I was intrigued by that. I wasn't as upset about oh, yeah, it. They're totally wetting your whistle. Totally, Absolutely. you know the the Seraphon are mentioned. I mean, they're all kind of there, and so I, I. But I do, I do understand your point about missing the the concept of um, um, the, the the concept of the timeline. You know, right. so I mean, I, I, I guess you don't need it. I just as I kind of went through it, it's just it's a little harder to follow. And I, like I said, I agree with you. I get what they're doing. It yeah. leaves it far more open. Plus, right. it's not one planet. So, how do you follow a timeline? Sure. For eight different realms, like what does it matter if this happened before that on that realm when this realm's over here, and sure. that's over there? I mean, unless it's certain characters and certain things happening, so the timeline becomes less relevant when you're. I mean, it, they're in eight eight different realms in space type stuff, so you know. Yeah, you know, I'm, not not gonna, not I'm not. I'm not saying space yet, dude. <laughs> well, whatever it is, I mean, the I mean, the realms are in different. Right. I mean, no, I get you. I get you. I, I'm. I'm with you. I'm with you there. I just. I can't. I don't. I don't know what else to think of them as. I mean, if they're if they're magical realms, if they're realms of magic, which they kind of are. You know how I've envisioned it, um, in my head, and, I, and this is just the way I'm. 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 I'm imagining it. Like the the old world has exploded. Right. And the way I'm seeing it is that there's these floating shards of the planet. Kind of. You remember. Um, uh, in Star Trek, uh, um, oh my gosh, come on, undiscovered country in the beginning when the moon of Craxis explodes, right? And then they show you Craxis, right? And there's these big, huge pieces just floating in space, and and so like in my mind, the way I'm resolving it is that there are these gigantic floating, like 
places, you know, and Sigmar put these realm gates on there to allow people to, you know, and, and or well, did what he, I just thought them as pure kinda, realms of magic. Like that's they, that's why they all took on different weird right. impossible <laughs> forms because they were they were purely the stuff of magic. You know, right. that's why each right. realm is from there. And maybe they are little bubble realms where it's and, just like this I'm, is this. Yeah. So I'm kind of thinking like the the magic, like from your perspective, the way I'm resolving that in my head is that that the magic is kind of holding that atmosphere, if you will, or right. whatever. So it, what's in between right? them, though? Like, you know, and how are the lizardmen getting between them? There's, there's there's a lot of unanswered yeah, questions here. Yeah, true. Very, very true. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but you know hey, what? I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, so on that, the second page of the kind of, the um, second page of An Age of Slaughter, which is this kind of new timeline thing, what do you make of Battle at the Beast Gates? Battle at the Beast Gates. A vast Uruk Wah swept through the Crag Tusk Mountains and seized the towering beast gates. Scenting fresh skulls, Lord Kuldrak sent his bloodbound in a savage counterattack. The battle that followed would live in legend for its sheer brutality, yet finally Kuldrak hacked down the Uruk Warlord and claimed his victory. That sounds cool. Yeah. Yeah, but see, so, once again, so, it's always Oryx in the Beast Gates because that's that right. base realm where where uh, well, what's right. lived, you know? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. All right. But I like it. They right. took it back. Like apparently, apparently, chaos came through, and they went. They took it back for a while. They had to come chaos right. to fight their way. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I just picture the Oryx. Oi, that right. boy's good. Hey, they can't be taken all place. Right, exactly, We're and then like the back. the for, the fall of Gorgahal, crashing through the wilds of the Unglans, and with the uh, bloodbound charging at its he- at his heels, Sila and Amphingrim, who I, I think is it's kind of funny that you know for a model that got such bashing, he he still has a place. Yeah, um, well, because they got the model. Yeah, hunted down the Ur Hydra Gorgahal. What's a Ur Hydra? Uh, I think. It's going to be a new Hydra model, is what I'm thinking. Um, I'm hoping that'd be pretty cool. They mentioned that, but there's like the the dwar the Dwarden paying Ur gold. Mm-hmm. Like what's Ur? Like Ur? Just you are like they throw they've thrown Ur in front of a bunch of things. <laughs> Copyright. <laughs> but but it's the same. But it's but it's but, lower yeah, it's, a, it's, it's a Hydra, hyphen. right? I mean, come on, let's go. It's a Hydra, right? Uh, yeah, Ur Hydra Gorgon. Yeah, right. I think eventually the community is going to just kind of stop, like, stop trying to pronounce those things. <laughs> just kind of say, okay, Hydra Gulgal. All right, right. You know, they're just going to go go away from it. But, but my point is, is like, hey, there's a little homage to the Hydra, and like, you know. So anyway, I'm, we're just beating a dead horse now, I guess. So. <laughs> Well, I tell you what, a dead Hydra. There you go, exactly. So we finished that section. We're on the Warriors of Corn section that talks about the. uh, This is where it lays out all the different characters, and the different types, and the uh, the sort of uh, the breakdown of the of a of a corn war horde. Um, Let's take a break. Let's skip over this real quick. Uh, We'll come back to it. Let's cover. We'll come back to this after we cover uh, a couple of the quick stories and the scenarios. I'd like to cover those because those have actual stories in it. I'd like to keep going with the story portion of it before we start talking about the different characters and then get to the uh, okay that stuff. So we'll be back in a minute. And as soon as we are, we'll come back with, uh, with these stories and, uh, and we'll keep rolling. 
Carnage unending. Uh, these are the scenarios. You get three scenarios in this book. And uh, we're jumping ahead because it's basically three scenarios and you get three three extra stories where there's sort of, uh, of all these, you know, you get these stories from the history of the of the Bloodbound and you get some of those little blurbs in the, uh, the, the pseudo timeline. Here you've got uh, three stories of, of some of the more epic battles of the Bloodbound, and then you get the scenarios to play them out if you wish. Um, I kind of like these scenarios. Yeah, I do too. Um, some of it was a little vague. Yeah. Uh, uh, as far as scenarios went, they, they left it really open as to like, what you could take, mm-hmm. whereas some of them were a little more uh, secure. But that's not a bad thing because... It literally allows you to take almost any army that you want by uh, by leaving it this open. But our first story is called A Bitter Harvest. And they're at the Gulf of Regret. And why not? Uh, the <laughs> Gulf of Regret, a land of cursed entropy. And uh, the land of the dead. They're in the land of the dead. It's the Skullfiend tribe led by Vrak Brazenfist. Now, I love this. They talk about his name is Vrak brazen fist and he's an exalted death bringer which would make him like a number two mm-hmm. uh, but here he's leading this this uh this 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 group uh they call him brazen fist and of course brazen as you all know is another word for being bronzed he mm-hmm. was he was battling a duarden king in his uh in his uh in his uh realm and uh he grabbed him picked him up and basically plunged him bodily into a pit of molten bronze and held him there till he died. Um, and basically, so Vrak held him there and he held his own fists in the bronze. And Korn was so pleased by this and his willingness and his acceptance of that pain that uh, he rewarded him with brazen fists. Mm, magically so, rewarded him with brazen fists. Yeah. So <laughs> and he, living brass, too. Living yeah. brass. So he can move his fingers. So he's not just stuck with, like, you know, those giant Hulk hands toys that you can get. Where exactly. They no, they're not like, they're not like you know, yeah, fake hands that don't move around or anything like that. Uh, right. He's got mobile, usable hands made out of bronze. Mm-hmm. Um, so he comes in there and of course he vows to reap every skull from the kingdom of the dead and of course he does because they all make these you know I'll conquer the whole place I'll take every skull in the kingdom of the dead so he shows up and they're just plowing through the place they're killing skeletons they keep moving on piling up the skulls of the skeletons just they're chugging through the land of the dead a bunch of undead meandering around and these undead are like building stuff they're like building castles and things like they're doing construction they're not set up for battle yeah and so he's just plowing through them like just just 
like a sickle through wheat. There's nothing slowing him down. Yeah. And I love this because they're, they're, they're spread out pretty thin. And all of a sudden, you find out and you look, and the guy who runs this place is looking out, and he's looking at him. He's so angry. <laughs> and you find out, and it's Manfred. Oh, yeah. And he's like, I'm already stuck in this crappy place because Nagash, apparently, man, surprise, <laughs> surprise, Manfred did something to piss off Nagash again. Exactly. And so he Nagash has sent him to this area, this land of the this area in the land of the dead, and has banished him to this area and he has to stay here and mm-hmm. oversee like construction. <laughs> so he's like the foreman on some construction job and he is so pissed. And these guys show up and just start killing all the skeletons. And so they get spread out really thin and so Manfred attacks. He basically waits until they're they're pulled in so far and spread out so so thin, and then he just mobilizes everything, pulls all the dead out of the ground, and just attacks from everywhere. And Vrak rallies all those he can, like everyone, like basically no one's ready for the dead to fight back, and suddenly they're fighting back, and no one is ready, and his guys start getting wiped out. Mm-hmm. So he grabs who he can, and he rallies them up to this dragon fate Deus or Deus. And uh, Manfred's forces just keep coming. And, like, they're crap. They're crappy skeletons, but there's a bajillion of them. Mm-hmm. So they keep just whittling down his forces, whittling down his forces, whittling down his forces. And then Korn finally intervenes. And I love this. You got this part on page 79 here. And this is such typical Manfred. It cracks me up. Korn intervenes because all this death is happening. Um uh, Vrak gives a s- satisfied snarl as Korn's wrath erupted into the Gulf of Regrets. A firestorm leapt up on all sides, banished spirits screaming as they were immolated. Vrak felt the fierce heat of the inferno, the air turning as dry as parchment in his lungs. To his right, Kordrak, the slaughter priest, stood silhouetted by the flames, Korn's furious energy still pouring through him. Ahead, trapped on the dais by the storm of fire, were the Mortark and his mantra steed. Leech, growled Vrak, his words cutting through the furnace roar. Fight me, Leech! I'll rip your skull from your neck! The vampire <laughs> glanced in Vrak's direction long enough to offer him a withering sneer. Then, fast as lightning, the Mortark wheeled his steed and swept the blade across Kordrak's chest. The slaughter piece fell back with a roar, and the fires of corn guttered out as he toppled. Vrak brazen fist growled with contempt as the foe urged his steed to flight, escaping into the smoke. We're not done here, coward, Vrak roared after his fleeing foe. Wherever you run, I'll find you. Your skull belongs to Korn. So <laughs> he's sitting there, and his slaughter priest is just throwing fire everywhere, of course, because Korn is like, yeah, you got it. You're doing a good job. And, of course, now you got this Vrak, the leader's like, come on, fight me, Manfred. Manfred looks over at him. Why in the world would I fight you? Right. And so he just, <laughs> so he goes out and, you, you know, quick as lightning cuts a hole in the chest of the guy causing all the fire that drops down allows the skeletons to come in and keep killing and Vrax sitting there screaming come on and fight me and Manfred's like yeah whatever and flies away this is typical Manfred I love this story yeah I loved it it was fantastic and okay and the uh, the the battle plan is a pretty good one Oh, uh, scenario part. Yeah, the scenario is a pretty good one. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're uh, if you're the bloodbound, <laughs> um, you you basically went in there and uh, you know you're you're just you, you you realize you went too far and basically this is that whole last scene. You're up there with your 
mm-hmm. your group up there. So um, you're kind of in the middle, having to defend. Right. Your general has the command ability that uh, if he's within six inches of the central scenery piece, in the next hero phase, he can reroll failed save rolls and battle shock tests for any units that are within six inches of the central scenery piece, which is like all of them if you're smart. You just keep your guys around there. Right. Uh, the attacker's uh, ability, your general can pick three units within 12 inches of him until the next hero phase, they can reroll failed to hit rolls. Okay. And basically, they got to get in there and kill. And you basically, you you know, the the bloodbound gets the center of the board, and the attacker gets everything around that right. twelve inch radius. In as the long center. as he's twelve inches away, right? Right. Um. And so basically, uh, you bring in some of your units in the first round. You got to divide up your army in into three equal waves. Now, do you notice that the terrain piece that's on the map, like there in the middle, is the Dragon Fate Dias? Yeah, because that's in, that, in right, the story right, it says right, that's what they're right. on. You, it says you can use whatever you want, but right. they actually say in the story that's what they're standing right, on. Right, 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 right. So, so the um, um, so are the, do you assume then that that Dragon Fate? I'm I'm sorry, I'm going in a different direction here, but uh, do you, do you think that that's the only existence? That's where that particular terrain piece is from like i haven't seen the war scroll for that or i mean the scenery scroll for that do you have that i do have it i don't have the scenery scroll with me but you can get it on the app there those are free on the app yeah does it does it specifically state that it's from that realm like uh no i don't think it does and that actually shows up in um uh in the quest for galmaraz there's a couple of them Dragon Fate Yeah, I'm looking at the. I just got the scroll. In the land open. of uh, whatever the land is that they're where they find Galmaraz. I yeah, it doesn't remember. say. It doesn't say that it's specific to a certain. I don't think it's specific okay. to that realm. No. No. Yeah, okay. Cool. All right. Sorry. Uh, and then basically, you, you get a part of your units in the first round, and the third round, the second mm-hmm. wave comes in, and the fifth round, the third wave comes in, uh, and basically they can just keep, you know, bringing in the you know the extra units. And um, uh, at the uh, end of it, if the attacker's general is slain or at least half the attacker's third wave is slain or fled, the bloodbound get a major victory. If every model in the bloodbound is slain, you get a So basically it's, it's, it's one of those fight to the finish slaughter type things, you know, a standoff. Sure. But the story's pretty good. And uh, the way it works is really fun. I really lo- sort of liked that story. And mm-hmm. uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, that little battle plan, I thought it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Red Hunt is also another good one. Uh, it's got some cheesy little bits in it. Um, for one hundred years and a day, Lord Bodrax <laughs> piled a mountain of skulls. The Stormcast Eternals couldn't stop him. Corn has gifted him a Juggernaut because he's so good at at Kill uh, at Kill killing. Him. So yeah. he pledges a hunt. I will hunt something for you. Just name it, and I'll hunt it. And so Corn gives his uh, slaughter priest a vision, and so so begins the hunt for the Ogor Hunter Scargut. And then they start listing out this battle. It's so funny. They battle the troglodyte tribesmen to the realm gate 
of the Ragged Maw. They battle through the Spider Fang tribes for days. They battle for weeks through the tribes of the primitive beasts and monsters. You know, it's like they battle this, they battle that, they battle the other. <laughs> and then finally Lord Bodrex Red Butchers face off against Scargut and his tribe of ogres. And this is a pretty cool story, though, because the Bloodgound and the ogres are just killing machines. You know, the Bloodbound are killing everything. Ogres are just decapitating things left and right because they're freaking ogres. And if you've been playing with them, you know that they are just brutal. Um, so killing, 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 and more killing. So then so the skies open and it begins to rain blood. You know, because Corn is pleased with all the killing. Right. Uh, so the Red Butchers go crazy. Corn obviously favors them. It's raining blood. The Ravenous One, which is apparently the name of the Ogor God now, mm-hmm. uh, he lives inside the earth and he starts to rumble his displeasure. And um, basically, the the Ravenous One knows what's going on and knows that these two generals have to fi- face off and he wants his general to get over there and fight. So the Ravenous One causes an earthquake which starts causing all the parts of the mountain to fall apart that are keeping them anywhere apart from each other and forces them together. Mm-hmm. So, so the Ogre God basically causes an earthquake forcing him to get to the fight quicker. Uh, and this time, Korn was appeased as they basically... He, he eventually you know, wipes out the, the ogre, the ogre lord or hunter, and uh, that happens. This one's a straight battle line with some flavor added uh, in order to force the generals to fight each other. Um, I thought it was kind of a fun battle. Lots of lots of decent uh, artwork in in this uh, this section, too. Have you play-tested this scenario? Have I you have, done any, I have, have not. you played it yet? I no? have not. Okay. What about you? No, no. Um, you know, it was interesting because we, you know, we developed our scenarios for um, Holy Wars, but yeah. So um, we haven't. I haven't played this one yet. So I was just curious if you did. I what I find interesting um, about both of these is once again, it's this idea of the slaughter priest. You know, there's there, there's a mention of the slaughter piece priest. You know, a priest in your army can pray. Um, to the gods for aid in your hero phase, roll a dice, add one. If the priest is your general or is within six inches of your general, it's like there's this theme in this tome about these priests, these slaughter priests. Right. And I totally dig that. I, 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 I really enjoy kind of that concept of the slaughter priest. And then going back to what you said about the artwork, um, the artwork on page 87 um, where the you have the the ogre on the um on the right. um, uh, on the thunder tusk, and he's you know he's oh yeah the stone horn yeah or the stone horn sorry stone horn, um just really one of the things that what struck me about that was like the ogre himself like um this is a new piece of artwork and they the ogre almost has like a a very human esque look to him. He's got a full beard instead of just that little wispy Fu Manchu going on. Like, no yeah, but they mind. always seem to be more. I, I like this, is what I'm saying. Like, I, I like, I, I kind of like this look to them um, more than what they had. You know, the other it, they almost seemed more feral. Okay, you know, right. Yeah, I get in, what you're saying. In, in eighth ed, um, where here it almost looks like the almost more. Almost he does sits. still have a spike in his head. Well, you know. But I mean, yeah, no, it's it, no, it's good art. I do like it. 
Yeah. The 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 rules for this battle are kind of crazy. Your command abilities and stuff. Yeah. Um, right. If you're with the Bloodbound, um, models from the enemy army, other than the general, cannot end within a half inch of your general. However, if any uh, models from your army, other than your general, end a charge within a half inch of the enemy general, you're revealed as a coward and your ability is negated. So they can't get within a half inch of your general, but you can't go within a half inch of his either. Hmm. And the champion's command ability, uh, you can reroll fail to hit rolls against heroes and monsters. And then um, basically... You get some cool things here. The gods themselves have taken an interest in this confrontation because you remember with the with the raining of the blood and the earthquakes. Nice. If your general is further away from the enemy at the end of your move phase than it was at the start, roll a dice. On a four up, the ground trembles with the gods' wrath and fissures yawn open beneath the warrior's feet. If this happens, that. roll a die. And on the roll of a one for each <laughs> unit, roll a die for each unit. And on a one, they take D3 mortal wounds. Yeah, it's so holy wars. I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, then the priest can pray. If uh, one priest can pray, and on a five or more, you can change a single die roll to a roll of your choice during until the next hero phase. Yep. Which is cool. Dest, you know, divine favor. Yep. Uh, if your general is killed in any way other than an attack made by the enemy general, on a two up, he's just. He's not slain in any wounds no. they suffered or healed. It's a minor flesh wound. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you've got to be killed by the general. It's just right. it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting battle set up there. Yeah. If you, well, you know, it kind of it's kind of like saying, all right, the two the two generals got to go at it. You yeah, know? they're really pushing you to get yeah. to put your generals in it at each other. Yeah. The reason I the reason why I mentioned this scenario and I kind of brought up Holy Wars was we play tested our our Bugman's Brewery and Grudge Match. And it reminds me a little bit of that. Um, and ironically, we we developed that scenario before this came out, so it's kind of funny. Um, yeah, there's without giving too much away, the two generals have to face off basically, um, and right right from the very beginning of the battle. So um, nice. Yeah, and and they have to basically fight it out, and to the victor go the spoils in that in that particular scenario. So you and you know you you, you can't like you can't you can't you can't add any support. It's just the two of them fighting it out. It's a slugfest, you know. Uh-huh. So um, it was it was it was it, this really reminded me, the shield of destiny part in this scenario kind of reminded me of that a little bit. So the concept of you know you got to get your general in there to do it because let's face it, you know, on a two up, he's, you know, their, their, their general's coming back. So the only way you're really going to kill that general is getting them face to face. So it's pretty cool. I love it. Yeah. I, I thought it was pretty interesting myself. Um, now the last scenario is called the fallen King. Now this one's interesting because this one goes all the way back to the gates of Azir because it's hammer. It's Vanda's hammerhand fighting against Corgo's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, this is when they first get together and start fighting. And I don't remember this exactly happening this way in the other story. So maybe this is something I either missed or forgot about because I've been reading so much of this stuff. But Hammerhand basically is fighting with Corgus Cool and knocks Corgus Cool unconscious and is about to kill him, uh, except his Gortide shows up and they're rushing 
they're they're basically bum rushing in this attack. Like he's fighting in a place where there's not too much stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Knocks Corgo's cool unconscious, is ready to smash him, and like sort of over the crest of the hill comes all of his followers and just basically uh Hammerhand gets carried away. Like can't yeah. get to him. So now she's trying to get back to him to get to him to kill him. Yeah. I don't I don't like that. I have a problem with that. Why do you got a problem with it? It's not, it doesn't seem like the fluff. Like earlier in the book, we talk about death for death. It didn't matter who you were. It, 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 I, I would think that there would be somebody in there who would want him to die, you know, who would want to take Korgos Cool's place and be happy to see him die. Maybe, but then again, I mean, he does have a lot of followers who want him to succeed because his success is their success, and I don't think they're looking at it necessarily that way. You know what I mean? I mean, a lot of this time it looks like it doesn't look like, you know, you don't see it too often of them actually stabbing their own men in the heat of battle, like treachery-wise. It's more of a, a different thing. Uh, and it, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. But the scenario is kind of interesting. It's a diagonal deployment, okay? Mm-hmm. And you pick three spots. They have to be 12 inches apart from each other and more than 10 inches from the edge of the board. And so I'm the defender. I pick three spots. I put down three tokens. You're the attacker. You get your other half of the board diagonally. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, th- one of those three spots is your fallen leader, who you want, who you're trying to get to to rescue. But you don't know which one it is. So first of all, you wind up with your command abilities for the bloodbound. Uh, your general cries out for his warriors to push forward. Pick your uh, pick your general or one unit within twelve inches of him. In your opponent's next movement phase, the uh, any enemy units within three inches of that unit must either retreat or take D three mortal wounds. So you're you're pulling forward, and it's like you you're, you're there's such a you know a, a massive wave of the of your guys coming through. They either got to back up or they're taking taking damage. The defender has something called aggressive defense. Uh, pick up to three of your units within 18 inches of your general until your next hero phase, you can reroll charge and run rolls for that unit. So there's a lot of movement on here. And why? Because um, you've got to get the body of this guy. Yeah. And so what happens is uh, if a unit from the Bloodbound Army moves within three inches of one or more markers, you roll a, the Bloodbound player rolls a die. On a four or less, the markers are moved. If the roll is a five or more, all the other markers are removed. The last marker on the battlefield is the fallen hero. Okay? Mm-hmm. If you want, you can leave it as a token, or now that you've found him, you can replace him with the model for, the, you know, for a hero, uh, uh, the, the Lord model. Right. Uh, just remember that he's wounded and he was just unconscious, so he can't move or attack or do anything. <laughs> okay, so I like I like that little element in there that they 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 know the the, the geeks are going to be like, oh no, he's he's he, you know he's they found him, he can fight back. Exactly. <laughs> but they have but disclaimer, right? Just remember. Exactly. He, yeah. So you get five to six. You get five uh, rounds. Roll a dice. Might be six. So at the end of the battle, players roll a dice, adding one for each model within three inches of the fallen hero, and subtracting one for each enemy model which is within three inches. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, it's the Bloodbound player does it. So right. The, yeah. Blood, okay. Yeah, Bloodbound. Um, if the result is five or less, or you haven't even found him, the defender gets a major victory. If the result is six or more, the Bloodbound player wins a major victory. If a player has no models on the battlefield at any point during that, it's automatically a, a major victory to the opponent. If they, you know, if your if your opponent has no models on the table. Yeah. The one thing I'll say about this scenario, um, well, all the scenarios, all three, well, we're not some, you were about to say something, Dave. No, go ahead. Uh, Basically, there's just hints and tips here, and it basically says uh, you'll need to hurry up. Like, the the Bloodbound player has to get to these tokens quickly so that he can get his guys around there once Mm -hmm. they find it. And both players, just once that marker is there, the focus of the battle is going to shift, and you've got to be ready to move once you know where that token is, because suddenly the entire game is faced focused around that spot on the board. Right. Right. So, so you're trying to move them away from danger and get them out of there. So, yeah, the, the, the one, the one thing that it seems, and it fits because this is the corn, uh, this is the bloodbound book. So it fits. It does kind of feel like in each one of the scenarios, with the exception of maybe this, definitely the third one, it feels like, you know, kill every model on the board, right? Yeah. It, it, it kind of has that flavor to it where um, that would be my only, like it, it, it would be like you got to kind of go into it knowing that you're going to, okay, this is going to be one of those kind of just pit the two armies and see who causes the most carnage. And it, it kind of feels that way in all three scenarios. Although the third one, like you said, you know, with the hints and tips part of it, you know, get in there fast. Um, you're going to you're going to see who can really cause the most death. Right. Well, the first it, one is a hold out. You know, can you hold out long enough? It would, true, true. But still, it's the same kind of deal where you're just trying to wipe them. You're, you're definitely like the one player. I don't know. You know, I don't know if I dig that. The idea of being surrounded and it does it kind of reminds me of um um the 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 scenario there's scenarios from the general's compendium right and, and you know that that whole idea of being surrounded that kind of thing I've um, played that before with Chris you and sometimes mm-hmm. it can be fun if you've got a, a fun opponent um I can see the concern though I can see the concern yeah. only being that this game plays better with scenarios than with out and these scenarios, I, I I think anytime you get a, a a game like this, which is really great when you have objectives and scenarios and all these other things to do, mm-hmm. and when the main point is kill them all, mm-hmm. it can get boring really fast. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because the Dragon Fate. It's interesting because Dragon the Dragon Fate dais, right? Yeah. The rules for that. Um, beseech the gods. If a priest from your army is standing upon the platform of Dragon Fate Dias, you're in your hero phase, he can pray to the gods for aid. If he does so, roll a dice and refer to the chart below. So in that scenario, it'd be in, you know, because you have if you have a slaughter priest, he would qualify, I'm assuming. Absolutely. Um right? Because they have the word priest. Is that a keyword? On right. Him? I think so. Yeah. I'll check it out right now. But, yeah, let's check it out. So, uh, Slaughter Priest. I should just, re- I'm flipping through the book and I'm like, I should be looking at my PDF. Yeah, it does say Priest. 
So from a strategy standpoint, that's interesting. So on a roll of a one, the priest draws the attention of a rival god and is cursed. You must subtract one from all to hit rolls made um, for the priest for the rest of this battle. Oof. That's vicious. But uh, they, they, cannot pr- they cannot pray again during this battle. That, that's pretty potent. On two to three, the priest is ignored by the gods and nothing happens. Uh, four to five, the priest and or, or one friendly unit within 12 inches of the priest is blessed by their gods. The blessed unit can add one to all to hit rolls um, for the rest of the battle. Wow. Um, That's nice. Yeah, unit can only be blessed once per battle. The pre On a six, the priest and one friendly unit within 12 inches of the priest are blessed by their gods. The blessed units can add one to all hit rolls for the rest of the battle. A unit can only be blessed once per battle. So in that scenario, you know you're you're bringing the slaughter priest and you're putting them up there. Sure. And and, and you're you and then you've got for the scenario rules divine light. Any model standing upon the upper platform of Dragon Fate Dais is shielded by the divine light of the gods. Roll a die the dice whenever. A wound or a mortal wound is allocated to that model. On a one, add one to this roll if that model is blessed, and subtract one from the mo- from. Uh, excuse me, <laughs> I can't. I'm starting to. It's late, and we're, I'm getting tired. And subtract <laughs> one. It's just subtract one from the roll if the model is cursed, besieged by the gods. See, besieged by the gods. So you would refer back to the beseech by the gods role. So if he's cursed on a six or more, uh, on a six or or more, that wound is ignored. Um, so it really plays in actually to that scenario. That, yes, that, it does, and it really adds. Seeing that now and reading that now, like as I was doing the, are you suggesting this is well thought out? I actually am. Yeah, I'm taking Great back. Great googly moogly. Yeah, if you and then pool of sacrifice, I like that too. Um, yeah, if any of your units are within three inches of the model of this model in your hero phase, you can declare that one of them is making a sacrifice. If you do so, the unit suffers D3 mortal wounds, but you can add one to all save rolls for the unit until your next hero phase. So it's that it's kind of that idea, you know, because they're holding the ground, they're in the center, you know, they're desperate, they're being surrounded. You know, yep. I'm gonna kill. I'm gonna kill three D three of my own dudes, and you know we're gonna get. We're gonna add one to our saves to the next. Yeah, so it's yeah. Kind of, I kind of like that. I kind of like the 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 idea of that terrain piece. Um, yeah. So really, for that scenario to play out really well, you, you're gonna need that terrain piece on the board and play those rules for sure. So that's I cool. Agree. Yeah. So- that's cool. Three three scenarios, and like I said, they leave it pretty open. Like you, like you using the bloodbound is. I mean, they definitely mention them, but you can use any other army in there too. Um, so if, if yeah, you, I mean, if you're a bloodbound, I mean, people who are buying this book are probably bloodbound players, probably, or or guys like me who just want to read all the books. Mm-hmm. But if you're a bloodbound, excuse me, if you're a bloodbound <laughs> player, you've got this and you're playing. But like I said, you can. What I liked about this is you can have any other army on the other side of the table. Right. You the, know, the, and they leave the, that open enough where they're not like, well, you've got to be playing against this guy or that guy or right. that. So even though that first story was with Manfred and the undead, it doesn't have to be the undead. It could be the Seraphon. It could be yeah, the sure. Sylvan. It could be anything which, you know, so these 
I like I like that they make scenarios that anybody can use. The more the scenarios are so key to the game that the more scenarios you can get and the more open they are for everybody to be able to use them. Right. Uh makes it just that much better. And you even could I mean, yes, there's some stuff that really like you said, that 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 Dragon Fate is having the slaughter priest, having all that stuff together makes it great. Mm-hmm. But you could I mean, Empire could totally yeah, right. be in place. The Skaven. Skaven could be totally put in that place right. and, and do the scenario just the same. And that's what I like about the scenarios is even though they're a little vague, you know, like I initially pictured like eight or nine guys, like almost like maybe even like eight or nine characters, a couple of aspiring death bringers, mm-hmm. you know, and that, and just those guys, eight or nine, you know, like heroes on the thing, just fighting off waves of characters, right? you know, like some epic battle of just, you know, the big names versus just the, the name, the unwashed masses. Right. And uh, it could be cool that way, but they don't say that. They don't say it's got to be certain numbers. They're just like you got to have enough units where you can have three waves right. of attackers, and these guys just have all their stuff right here in the middle. And that's all they got. Right. And you figure it out, and it's it's open to have fun with. I just, I really, like I said, I'm, I'm, I, I really think this was well, pretty well done. I'm giving the scenarios in here a thumbs up. Yeah. I, I yeah I would I would concur with that I'd say thumbs up um you know looking through some of the other scrolls like I mean the lizards man lizard man can benefit from the um from the dais uh, um, ogres can um you know skaven obviously um so there you know th- there is that the empire um tomb kings um sure. you know I mean just yeah yeah so it's it's cool it, it works okay well you know what we'll take a break. And when we come back, we'll backtrack it up to the uh, to the Warriors of Corn, and we'll talk about the uh, how Corn's armies are formed and uh, what they're formed of. So, folks, we'll be back in a few and uh, get into that. folks, it's Dave. Are you looking for that special model to add to your army? A monstrous creature or maybe a character model? Something unusual that not everybody else is fielding on their table? Well, then you should check out Mears Miniatures at MearsMiniatures.com. Their Darklands line is full of some of the most fantastic creature models you'll ever see. And with the success of their recent Kickstarter, those models will be perfect for you to play in their forthcoming Darklands game. So whether you're looking for a new skirmish level game to play with lots of cool monstrous creatures, or you're just looking for that extra special model to add to your existing games line, Mears Miniatures is really worth your time. Check them out at Mears-Miniatures.com and seriously guys, you'll be glad you did.
And we're back. Yes, we are. A long break. With the Warriors of Corn. So, now, Corn's uh, chosen. I like the I like the beginning of this. This, this is a very the, the very opening to this uh, this chapter. To worship corn is to lose oneself forever amid a storm of indiscriminate killing. No devotee of the blood god knows loyalty to another, for when all is said and done, all mortals are merely skulls yet to be claimed in corn's name. Because of this, the greatest champions of the blood god bind their armies together, not through common cause but with the shackles of hate. So it's basically you get these guys together and find them a common enemy to fight. They're not here because they love each other. They're not a band of brothers. These guys all hate other guys more than they hate each other, and they go after each other. Mm-hmm. I thought it was, I was like, oh, okay, interesting. Yep. yep. And then they lay out sort of their, uh, and this is one of the more simple Force Org charts I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty straightforward, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah. I, it's not something you, you – I don't recall ever really seeing in, like, fantasy before. Um, But, yeah. I mean, they're starting to use them because you saw them with the Stormcast. You see them well, here. They're with yeah. the, the Seraphons is really bizarre and all over. I but, haven't seen that yet, so I can't, I can't really comment on it. But the bloodbound, it's. I mean, it look. It's. 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 The. It's okay. At the top is the Lord of Corn, and then it breaks into eight branches, which is his eight gore chosen, and then each of them it goes down one rank to the thing that they lead. That's it. Um, I do like that the gore chosen comprises an exalted Deathbringer and seven other champions. Mm-hmm. There's always eight. If one is slain, another rises from the champions to take his place. The core of the war horde is divided into eight groups. Typically, each of these will either be a bloodstorm, a brass stampede, a dark feast, a skull take. All of these are listed in the end in the different uh, battalions. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also mention how the Lord of Corn's number one guy is his exalted Deathbringer. That's like his number one guy, the guy he can count on to get the job done. It's also the guy who's looking to kill him. Right. Should he show weakness, he will kill him and take his spot. Right, which is why. Well, okay, never mind. What? Which is why what? Which is why you didn't I, like it when they rushed over? Yes, exactly. But whatever, that's cool. We're we're beyond that. Let's go. And Keep then, uh, but then <laughs> he's also got to watch out because yeah, there's six other dudes who want to or are uh, yeah, who are ready to stab him. So other two are ready to stab him. Right, exactly. And I, that's why I didn't. That's why it didn't bother bother me in that scenario because first of all, if no, he's, let's not go back to the scenario, dude. It's cool. <laughs> okay, it's okay, okay. Totally so fine. now they just start listing out a bunch of guys. Okay, and we start with the mighty Lord of Corn. Right. Um, and I kind of liked this one. Um, they not only fight for ascendancy, but to fight you know bigger foes constantly, or else Corn will take his gifts back. So right. you're not just fighting to become a demon prince. You it's you've constantly got to be killing something bigger and badder, or else Corn's like, "What have you done for me lately?" Exactly. Um, there's a great thing in here. Uh, each mighty lord of corn is a master of war, feared throughout the realms. Uh, though each possesses an ironclad will to fight and win, they are shaped by the realms in which they have fought and the foes they have faced. Where one lord might be a screaming and uncontrollable butcher, another might be a darkly courageous warrior king or a brooding executioner. Great hordes of corn worshippers will inevitably be drawn to the banner for a chance to win glory. 
and un- <laughs> he will make his way across them until oceans of gore flow at his feet and the skies ring with the approving wars of the blood god himself. And then they love they have a nice little feature on the axe of corn. Yeah, I love and, that. And how the axes are always different, but it's his favorite weapon because it is super amazing on offense. It will cut you right in half. It is almost completely useless on defense because you should not be on the defensive if you're corn's chosen. Yeah. So <laughs> it's just a great little it. thing that they're going through and how they all take a different look, a different shape. <laughs> right. And I, I love the way, too, in the, in the artwork on the other side, there's only like two little arrows in the shield. <laughs> like, 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 yeah, okay, big deal. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's not even looking in the direction of where those arrows came from. Exactly. Yeah, your arrows aren't going to punch me. They're not going to hurt me. Um, yeah, no, he's, it, 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 I love it. I, lo- I love that. I love that concept. I like the fact, too, that they, they, they kind of they did that in other places in the book, too, where they mentioned the. You know, each axe of corn, you know, contains that raging essence of a bound demon. Yeah. Really gives you that great, just good and, plot. And so that Lord of Corn, it says, yeah, he's he's got to basically fight and master that thing at all times. It's pushing to fight, and he's got to be the master of it, or else his axe will kill him. Yeah, it's kind of that, uh, an homage to the ensorcelled weapons. Yeah. Yeah. But I love the fact that if he's not killing enough and not doing hard enough, his own weapon will conspire to kill him. Yeah, right. It's like, uh, it's okay. This is a little crazy. Yeah. And of course, then they mentioned Korgos. Cool. Um, literally building a mountain of skulls. Um, you know, we've all talked about Korgos cool because he's been, he's, you know, he's, he's the guy now. This is the poster child for the, uh, the corn bloodbound. What I liked about this little bit here is they talk about how he's been doing this thing for a while and he's got a bit of a warrior's code, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't care for the uh, what the what are they the the um ugh what are those guys called the ones that you get a ton of in the in the box oh the um the blood um is it the blood, blood reavers the blood reavers he yeah. doesn't like their cannibalism he doesn't care for them at all um he doesn't care for some of the other things he's got like a code he's got a code that he fights by which is why when we were making fun of him when he was running up to the to the to the hill. With uh, Vandis Hammerhand's friend's head, and right. he could have put it there. And Hammerhand got there before, and he goes, "Wait, aren't you going to fight me first? Yeah, I thought you wanted <laughs> me." And he could have put, and he was there. He could have put it on, gotten his demonhood, and come down as a demon to fight him. But that wouldn't have been a fair fight. So he stopped and goes back. You know, it's like he's got this weird code he lives by. Um, but what's interesting is as he's been doing this for a hundred generations, he's getting closer and closer to finishing his mountain of skulls. He wants to become a demon. He starts breaking and bending his own warrior code to do it, allowing in more of those blood reavers than he would normally like, uh, doing other things. And it's he's so worried that he's, he's starting to worry that it's taking too long and he might fail, so he starts cutting corners on his own code, and it's mm-hmm. the cutting of those corners that's screwing him up. Right. And, and well they can't they can't see it. They're just too filled with lust and glory. Exactly. They, just like they just like they're gods. Oh, and you know, you can really see it on this picture on page uh thirty four. That what you were talking about about that giant thing on his uh Yeah, armor. and actually actually in that artwork too, it's slightly different. Yeah, it is different. 
But I mean, it's really it's obvious like, though because like of the way evolving. they changed it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like he's evolving. It's like at that point when they're telling you about how he's with the numbers and stuff, and it's like his. It's. It, I wonder yeah. if the armor is evolving. That would be kind of neat. Yeah, like it. Like the the first thought that I had was like it was like he was as if he was turning more demon like. Look at his hand there. Yeah, like, it's huge. Yeah, and it's only three fing- uh, thumb and two fingers. Yeah, that is what. It, yeah, it is. Isn't it? It's huh. like. It's like a demon arm. And then if you look at his other arm, his left arm, he's got three th- fingers and a thumb. Huh. You see that one that's yeah, holding, he's holding to that his... spike thing? Yeah. 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 It's crazy. It's like he's transforming. And I'm wondering if the armor is 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 somewhat changing with him. Changing with him and evolving and he's turning into that demon as his plan continues to evolve. And that's you know possible. like yeah, like if you take a look too, the way they've done the illustration, the sh- the, the right hand so- shoulder pad is more organic than the left. Mm-hmm. You see that there's like folds; of, it almost looks like folds of red flesh. Right. Um, and I'm trying to cool. reference back to his model to see if we see any of that on his model. Yeah, it's on his model. So that's what it, that's what's happening there. There's a there's an evolution that's happening in him. We're seeing a transformation of him becoming more demon-like. That's, that's really neat. That's really neat. And it's really, really cool. And you get to see it, too. When you flip back to his model, you get to see, like here in this painting, you see those, like, it looks like there's three holes in his armor um, just below the red plates, right? You know, right. You see those, like, three holes. But then if you flip back to his model, it's actually his gut. And there's, like, a transformation that's happening. Huh. In the sculpting, and yeah, some, why would that be exposed that way? That doesn't make any sense. Because I thought that on the other picture, it looked like I'm like, why does his whole midsection or just under his chest open? Yeah, I think he's. But, I think the demon's coming forth is what's happening there. That would be pretty cool. That's what I think's going on. And they even have, if you look at the way Heavy Metal painted it, they painted those teeth like they're bone. Or they're organic. They didn't paint them as metal spikes. The the teeth going around his around his face, like around his armor at the right. top. So I, th- I think it's I think he's turning. I think that's what's happening there. I think they're telling us something there in the artwork. That's cool. All right, who's next? Uh, Velkia the Bloody. Love her. <laughs> I like this story. A mortal tribal <laughs> chief so cruel, her own tribe struck her down. Mm-hmm. And Corn was just like, oh, no, no, I like her. Yeah, so right. they, they all kill her, and as they turn around after she's dead, Corn just brings her right back as a demon, right there. So she pops up as a demon, looks around, and she just kills everyone there. Yeah, I love her. And then what does she do after she kills everyone? She goes down to Corn's realm and carves out her own little kingdom in Corn's realm. Yeah. So now, whenever she dies, Corn brings her back. And then I love her special ability here that he tells ta- that they talk about. I don't know if that winds up in the story. Uh, if 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 you're fighting for Valkia and you die in the middle of the battle, she'll just bring you back, right? Until the end of the battle. Once the battle's over, then you die. Like right. she can't keep you b- like bring you back, bring you back. But you'll stay until the end of the battle. Then she's like, okay, then you got to go. Then you go, but. You go down to the realm of you don't it's apparently you don't go to the realm of the dead. You go back down to the realm of chaos and you fight for her in her in that little kingdom she's carved out in the realm of chaos in Corn's uh, realm. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I know, I know. She's pretty awesome. Yeah, she's got a pretty cool. She's got a cool model. 
and Great. she's got a cool little bit of backstory. Like nobody I, really knows, but she's just weird. Yeah, and, I, I kind of, I really dig her model. I do um, too. Yeah, I always have. Yeah, it's really cool. And they got this Scar Bloodwrath, and he was the one with the Wrathmongers. He was the Wrathmonger special character. I, I love his fluff, dude. Yes. I love how he like just constantly gets reborn from this pile of blood. Uh, or yeah. a big, it's just awesome, awesome stuff. An immortal berserker who is endlessly reborn from the spilt lifeblood of those mm-hmm. he slays. Nothing slows his killing frenzy even for a moment, and few thoughts remain within his mind that are not of death or destruction. Yeah, absolutely love him. Um, just absolutely. I mean, just the, 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 the concept, what you could do with him, like from a, from a conversion standpoint and the model mm-hmm. and just like these, like, like him coming up out of that, that pile of death. Oh, so sweet. Now his rebirth is a sign of Korn's favor. So if he shows up at the battlefield, you know, Korn likes you. Right. Now, I will say this though, this whole being reborn thing, this is two characters in a row. That they're talking about him just dying and being reborn. And there's other characters and things that have been mentioned earlier in the book mm-hmm. about dying and being reborn. And I wrote this in my notes. I go, this is getting a little tiresome, this whole corn likes me, so every time I die, he just brings me back right away. However, being as they're the bad guys, mm-hmm. story-wise, they're going to get killed a lot. I think it fits, though, Dave. Think yeah. about Korn. Think about what he wants, right? He wants, you know. Yeah. He wants he wants death. He wants destruction, um, and these are his leaders. These are the ones who these are the these are these are individuals who have succeeded for him. So if right. he's got it within his power to send you back, he's going to send you back. You but know, I'm just looking at it from story wise. You know, you tell uh, these stories. Yeah, fluff. Yeah, how many times do I have to hear about this dude being reborn? Yeah, yeah. right. Like, what I'm saying, but I'm also saying you can't just keep. Okay, you got good guys fighting bad guys. They're going to fight. Someone's got to lose, right? Right. You can't, you know, more often than not, the good guys are going to win. You can't just keep killing off the bad guy heroes and introducing new bad guy heroes constantly. So you get the really good heroes who, yes, they're docked down there, but, I mean, they're demons. I mean, we've seen the the greater demons constantly coming back. These are the greater heroes of Korn, and they're they're the ones he keeps bringing back, like you said. When you're reading it in the book and it's the second or third guy in a row that it says (laughs) Corn keeps bringing him back, you're like, oh, come on. But then it's like, okay, it works because at least narrative-wise, you have a constant character even though when you're telling individual stories, the bad guys have to lose at some point. And I know there's people who are sitting at the listing right now going, you know, who love to play Corn, like, I'm not going to lose. But narrative-wise, the bad guys... You know, are going to lose a lot, and these characters are going to die, and it's an easy way to kill them off without having to write new characters constantly because they can keep coming back. Yeah, yeah. So, and then we have Deathbringers. Um, these guys—you have aspiring uh, Deathbringers and exalted Deathbringers. I love the aspiring ones. Are like when this model came out, they said they could have two ways to be done, and they only had the one model. Mm-hmm. And it's just the uh, basically it's the uh, the the corn hero or the old old hero of uh, right the the corn hero basically and then, in fact somebody actually mentioned I go I think it's just you can use use the old corn hero model and if you look in the uh, in the in the thing here that's exactly what they did if yeah you, if you look at the aspiring mm-hmm. Deathbringer it's the old corn just holding that axe out. Yeah, that old model. Hey, that works. It is. I'm good with it. I like his. I like his. Um, yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, it's similar, I guess. You're talking about the sculpts. Is that what you're referring to? Just the sculpts of it? Yeah, the yeah. sculpt of the because that that's not a new sculpt. The uh, no, not the exalted Deathbringer. The uh, aspiring, yeah, the aspiring Deathbringer. Deathbringer. The basing yeah. is is done up, but that's that old. Yeah. That's the old sculpt. Right, right, right. Because when they came out with the new sculpt for the Exalted Deathbringer, they talked about, oh, he could have that claw hand and Mm -hmm. the axe, or he can have the axe and the other thing. And it's like, well, where's the axe and the other thing? I was like, oh, no, wait, he had that. So that's on the old model. I like that sculpt, though, the old sculpt. I do, too. I like it. It stands up. And this this whole section just talks about what we already said, how they're a great second, but they're also, they want to be first. Right. Right. You know, the, the, the fluff and the force org charts that we were talking about earlier. Right. It feels to me like if you were going to run Bloodbound, like you should be required to kind of like lay your army out that way. You know what I mean? Like you should, you should, you should have an aspiring Deathbringer on there. You should have an exalted Deathbringer. You know, it just feels like they well, should be you, there. Somewhere I think unless you're board. playing a really small army, you're going to want a Lord and an exalted at least. Yeah, I mean, you got to be playing a pretty big army to play all eight. You, to play nine, to, a lord and eight heroes is a big ass army. True, um, but you're definitely going to want at least the first couple. Yeah, it would be an awesome. It'd be awesome to see, wouldn't it? Yeah, like, somebody to go to the effort and exactly. Go for it. Yeah, it'd be really cool. I wonder how many. I got to go look at the pool choices for this stuff now and see how big it would have to be to be playing something like that. Um. Although, here, here, get to the Slaughter Priest. The power of chaos literally swells them to their giant size. They get visions. Yeah. They can boil. Okay. Yeah. The warp dust, the warp stone dust. I like that. Oh, dude, loved it. Loved it. Yeah. How do they, how do they, uh, their chance can compel the unwilling to rush heedlessly into battle, friend or foe. This comes up a couple of times with these different guys where, Mm That just corn wants that battle. Corn doesn't care from where the blood flows. And even if you're a defender on the gates, you get too much of this stuff at you, and you'll just come rushing out to fight. And that's a cool right. tactic. Well, this, that's this a cool thing that can get you. You're in a good defensive position. You're outnumbered. You're in a good defensive position, and they send in these fools, and suddenly you're rushing out to meet them in the battle. And yeah. it's not just a slaughter priest. There's other guys. I I right. like the idea behind it that they just. Well, can make you fight. Yeah, from a visual standpoint, this like um, slaughter the slaughter priest's ability to channel wrathful the wrathful might of corn. Um, this he gains through drinking the blood of the true of truly worthy foes mixed with potent tinctures of warpstone dust and demon gore. How how cool is that? And then it's like kind of it kind of fits into this idea of like okay, so why would chaos be wanting to kind of align themselves a little bit with Skaven, right? Hey, I'm going to kill myself a couple graciers who might have some warp stone because I need to grind up this dust and you know um, to, to devour some of this stuff to to um, to uh, you know to to, to, just, to to empower me or just promise them something but bully them for a little bit of that warp stone. Right, right. Well, I mean, there is that that there is that artwork in here of uh, uh, Skyla Amphigrim like killing a right. kill, killing a um, a gracier. Yep. Getting ready to chow down. I like this also how they literally grow their bones, their muscles, yeah, right, etc. All right. grow un- unless they're not unless the offering uh, the thing if the things that they just killed and mixed up and that they drank mm-hmm. was an unworthy offering, he'll turn you into a spawn. 
Right. Like, so it better be worth, like, you know, it, it, yeah. and it better be worthy by Korn's reckoning, not yours, you know? Right. Right. Exactly. I mean, the concept there from just from a, from the fluff modeling perspective, this is the, this is the guy, this is the dude that really makes me, I, I love the slaughter priest concept. I just do. I, I, I just I think it's awesome. The skull grinders. Those are the ones I like. First of all, they just remind me, they, they remind me of dwarf lords. In the look <laughs> and, and the way they the model looks, yeah. But okay. I do love the model. But since the age of chaos starts, chaos gave them anvils. He gave the bloodbound anvils. They would forge their blades on it and sacrifice captives on it, and they would carry them into war. Mm-hmm. Now I think this is interesting because that's what the that's it in the old world. That's what the dwarves used to do. And now right. you get into this new time and chaos starts doing it and gifting it to their humans to do the same sort of thing. The more skulls they smashed on these things, these these uh, these anvils, the more corn imbued their weapons with raging heat uh, from his own forge. Um, so you'd, you'd find these weapons now all of a sudden skull grinders just would appear. Like they would just walk like out of forests and out of like sort of out of the haze into these areas where the battles are about to begin. Mm-hmm. And suddenly like magically chains would just like appear out of their hands and they would just drop one end of the chains on the forge, hit it with a hammer and it would attach to the to the anvil and they would start swinging the anvil around on the end of a chain like a weapon. Right. And I was like, what? Yeah. And now every skull that they crush causes all the weapons forged on those anvils to grow hotter and hotter until they can melt armor and roast flesh. Oh, I am all about these guys. That is the right. coolest damn thing. Did you see the altar of skulls roll for them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so awesome. Yeah, this is the coolest. I just, this is, these are, these are my guys. These are the ones I really like. And I know that they're just they're heroes and they're not I would just see I love to see a unit of these things. For those of you who haven't seen it, the altar of skulls, if a hero or monster is killed by the brazen anvil, then the skull grinder and all mortal corn units <laughs> within eight inches are blood blessed for the rest of the battle. <laughs> if a hit roll for an attack made by a blood blessed model is four or higher, you make two wound rolls ma- rather than one. Um, I got so awesome. All right, let's do the bloods of craters and then take a quick break. Okay. Yeah, sounds good. All right, uh, another one with a great intro. The high priest of the blood gods creed. Bloods of craters bear huge icons of corn into battle. Not only do these artifacts inspire the warriors around them but they're able to sunder the skin of reality itself, allowing the <laughs> hateful energies of Korn's realm to spill forth like a bloody gale. So they can literally, they carry down these giant icons, they can smash it down and open up a hole in reality and let stuff through it. Yep, totally. It's just, it's, it's just great background. Um, totally just, um, the, the, I, I I mean my my mind is just going crazy with the with the concepts you could do pull off with the icon and yeah, just another thing to... they're they're another priest too the blood secretors are a priest so uh, well not really they don't have the priest keyword but they you know the way they the way they term it here high priest which I don't understand because they are high priests so I don't understand why they don't have the priest keyword because they don't want them using those special abilities because they're different 
Yeah. But I can see you not using that, I mean, even though that icon is huge and it's gorgeous on the on the model that you get with the with the box set. Yeah, I could totally see you just make you could uh, 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 you know someone like you could make up anything to put on that. Just this huge cool yeah. to corn. Uh, here's some of the things I thought was interesting though. Whereas the slaughter priest tells all the tales of battle and does all this weird all this stuff, seems very knowledgeable, like mm-hmm. uh, like you know is like a wise man. Blood secretors lose everything that make them human. They are just full of corn's range. They keep rage. They keep only the most basic ability to reason, with no thought of personal glory, just endless killing. Yeah, they're just a conduit for the frenzy. Yeah, for, just a conduit for corn. It's almost like it's almost like he's speaking through them. But could they go to corn's realm. New right. blood secretors go into corn's realm, and the survivors earn the icons to carry. Right. In fact, uh, where's it? Let's see. Uh, um, once his rampage begins, he's corns absolutely. Where is this thing? I want in the midst of the battle. Battle, yeah, the grim icons pulse. Yeah, with a reservoir for his yeah. power that they can tap. Well, plunging their icon hafts into the ground and bellowing their fury to the skies, they unleash a shockwave of cornate power that tears open the veil between worlds. The ground turns. The ground turns to blazing brass and the air to sulfurous fumes. Those of Korn's faithful caught within the temporary realm flux are driven to maddening killing frenzy, destroying all in their path. It's like, oh, huh? They don't care right. about their lives. They don't care about advancement or glory. They just want to kill. Like, these are humans who went down to Korn's realm, and Korn, like, like personally had a talking with them, which I would assume would break the brain of most normal humans. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Totally. They're drawn well, to rage and pain. I mean, this is just crazy. Right, and there, and the, the it fits well with their the, the the abilities of the portal of skulls, and the concept of like planting your it's almost like you're planting your banner, right? And and it, and, it, and it's really cool because it, it's you know you do not move until your next hero phase. You may not move the you may not move the model, um, but what you get is that both sides must re-roll successful casting rolls for wizards within eighteen inches. It's almost as if like corn is is saying, "Whoa, you know what." This is the way I fight back against magic. It's like I'm I'm gonna stop that from happening, and and you know because he's all about the blood, and um, it, it, it's it's it to me that's pretty cool. It's yeah. pretty cool the way they they resolve that concept. You know, it is pretty and, cool. Yeah, yeah, and both sides too must re-roll successful casting rolls for wizards within 18 inches of the model before any unbinding rolls are made. So it's that's an interesting concept there. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I and I, like I said, I like the model too very much. That's another one. You know, I think I'm reading this now, and I'm like sad. I keep looking at these models, and I'm sad that I traded away my corn half of this army. Like, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm glad I still have both mine. So I'm starting to get inspired by it a little bit. I'm glad I wasn't so quick. I was. I was almost going to sell it all off, but I'm still have it. What do you make of this part here? The ground turns to bla- bra- blazing brass. I don't. It's, everything corn has is made of brass. I'm not 100 percent certain. Yeah, I'm trying to figure like where where are they going with that? Like it like it's like the brat like he, you know when when um ah, his name is escaping me plunges his fists into the brat into well, the and the air turns into sulfur. So I'm wondering if that's like the I I'm wondering if when he's hitting that because it tears open the veil that's mm-hmm. like that's actually like a little bit of corn's realm you know because everything around there is all brass. 
Mm-hmm. Like even the pictures of, like that picture of the realm from the beginning of the book, look at it. Yeah. yeah. So I wonder if it just turns into like, like almost like a little bit of Korn's realm, which is what that's what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah, you could like do something all around really cool. That, that could be too. really cool. Yeah. yeah. If you want to really trick out your base just to have that where that thing oh, is yeah. touching, have that have that brass color yeah. like that would be cool totally you know the other thing that players should do is they should get some some get some uh super fine steel wool from like home depot mm-hmm. and just kind of like shred that apart so it kind of looks like um like the like the air that 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 sulfurous fumes oh, okay right you know you just stick a little bit on there and then you can just like paint that up oh dude that would look so cool that would look awesome yeah yeah because it would just have that natural sulfury look to it absolutely Hell's bells, man! You could just do that as your whole base on him, like he's planted it. Boom! And then all of a sudden, it's starting to starting to yeah, just the, all around the from grass is starting yeah. to come up. Yeah, yeah, be pretty cool, freaking awesome. All right, uh, break, and then we'll come back and finish up these guys, uh, and then get to the. We still got to get to the um, the actual scrolls. Yep. Okay. Axe is Korn's favorite weapon. Heavy, brutal, and near useless for parrying, but ideal for lopping heads, the axe suits the Blood God's warriors perfectly. Unsurprising, then, that when Korn gifts one of his followers with a weapon of power, it will nearly always be an axe of Korn. The precise nature of these fell weapons varies dependent upon the whims of the Blood God and of the demonic smiths who forge them. One axe might be a black spiked creation of living brass that screams as it devours the souls of its prey, while the next may be a bone-fanged horror that rips holes in reality, or a twisted blade that flickers with demon fire and sets its victims alight at the slightest touch. Whatever its form, an axe of corn always bears the blood god's rune and contains the bound essence of a raging demon. Such a blade must be fought and mastered at all times, for it will take the life of an unworthy wielder as easily as those of his foes. Back, 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 back. I'm back. Blood stokers. All right, can I just say I don't like the picture? I'm not even certain I like the model. Uh, like, yeah, like I like the, thought, this is, is like a, some is it, bad is it a, eighty like fat is it eighties metal guy? Okay, you think it's a guy? <laughs> I think. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> I just <laughs> this looks like something that Broska could have a lot of fun with with uh, Packa's <laughs> man, man slash woman of intrigue. Um, I don't know. It's just seriously. This is like if you had one of those '80s metal bands. This is like the guy <laughs> who doesn't like. This is uh, okay. Do you ever watch? Do you ever? Uh, do you ever watch uh, Metalocalypse? This is like the murder face. This is like the guy who just has like the bad costume, <laughs> like the bad look. This is it is. I'm sorry. I just. Yeah. And I just, don't know. The, the artwork does suck, but the model's not that. The model's not nearly as bad. The model's not. I just the helmet's weird and the teeth thing. But this, yeah. the artwork on this guy, it's this is this is like, yeah, it's pretty bad. This is like meatloaf's really <laughs> ugly it is. cousin. It looks like, 
<laughs> yeah, it's, it does kind of look like. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I mean, I don't like to make fun of it, but it just, I look at this picture and it ruins it for me. It really does. Demonic meatloaf. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and the whole the whole idea. I mean, the idea is not bad. I mean, I like the idea. Give me a give me a sword, and I'll kill a hundred people for corn. Give me the lash, and I'll kill thousands. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the whip sheds enemy blood, and it's like th- this whole thing of like, you know, um, he 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 whips the the corn. He whips the blood bound into a killing into these killing frenzies. Um, yeah, friend of full like right. Yeah. The description is interesting. He says some death death bringers diverge from brute force and try to using others as weapons. They use the lash and the torture blade uh, against the Korgoraths, the Trogoths, whatever a Trogoth does, and they spur on their followers. And that's basically what a Bloodstoker is. Um, yeah, they're like the weird indirect corn attackers. Uh, maybe that's why, because he's the big fat guy. He's not yeah. the big muscular guy. He's like, <laughs> I tell you what, <laughs> I'll stand in the back. I'll just whip this guy. I'll get right, him to right, attack. Right, right. Yeah. He's the guy at the end of Woo. bringing up the rear. Yeah. Like, oh, uh, really? Did we really have to climb that hill? Couldn't we just wait for them to come to us? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he's just got the whip. I, you guys, I'll, listen, I'll, I tell you what, you guys run. I'll make this guy get up there. I'll, I'll, but... Uh, I mean, it's a cool concept, you know, like the, sort of the beast master, you know. Um, yeah. But it's, it, I mean, that's basically all it is. He's got a very short entry, and it's just basically, okay, he's the guy who, you know, gets everybody else going to battle. So if he's your favorite, folks, I'm glad, but we're going to move along, I guess. Um, Skull Reapers. Skull Reapers are pretty cool. Um, I love this fun. They can scent out the worthiest skull, worthiest skulls like monstrous hunting hounds. Okay. Right. Um, now the most numerous uh, blood uh, of the bloodbound are the blood reavers. Blood reavers are the most numerous of the bloodbound, and that's where the skull reapers come from. Okay, and they can literally smell the best skulls, like the corns. Like the the ones corn will appreciate the most. Well, they also they also go through the, eventually they go through this like the trial of skulls, risking all for a chance to ascend to true power. This is a like, crazy trial, and it doesn't quite make sense to me. Did you quite get this? They have to offer up eight. Not quite. They have yeah. to offer up eight worthy skulls every day, and if they fail to meet the eight worthy skulls every day, they're met with crippling mutations. Right. Now, if they succeed, they get praise. But wait, how long is this? Like, every day for how long? Like, if you just forever? Like, that's yeah. it. like who signs up for that? Like, I'll do it forever <laughs> or else I'll be turned into a spawn. Like, this is the crappiest deal in the book because other people have, like, all sorts of time and forever to do stuff. And I know you're like, you're sitting, it's only eight skulls compared to how many things these other guys kill. It's only eight kills a day. But it's like, what if one day there's, you know, I mean, it just seems like this is the crappiest deal. I mean, well, it kind of kind of feels like, I mean, yeah, it is the crappiest deal, but it, it almost feels like it's those guys that kind of like, we're not worthy guys who are still trying their best so corn's like okay fine you want to try and be you you think you're good enough okay give me you got to give me eight give me give me my eight every day i don't know know. i don't know that they don't feel worthy they're they're huge warriors clad in half plate these are the guys who wear 
only on the bottom half. They only wear leg right. leg armor and stomach armor, which I still think is dumb. But whatever. Um, so they're they're driven by a hunger to claim worthy skulls. They can sniff out worthy skulls. They go to this trial. I just okay if they have to do like eight a day for eight years or eight a day for some. Well, I, I I was kind of thinking it fits into that trial thing we talked about earlier in the show. You know, like we 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 know we don't really know all the different trials. Right. Remember you were talking about that. Like we wanted more. We wanted more details of that. So, like my notes on that was kind of like, okay, well, does that? How does that tie in? Is that is that potentially you know like one of these eight? I, I mean, I don't know. But or is it a whole separate thing? And then it goes into this whole. I'm assuming you can, one of the try one of the eight trials. You know, and it's yeah, offered well, the right, eight, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So but I it mean, literally says that if they if they'll have horrible crippling mutations if they fail, and these guys will actually offer up their own head and kill themselves quick rather than suffer the mutations. <laughs> Which you would think Corn would catch on to that real quick and be like, no, 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 you know, yeah, but, right? But um, it just, the, I think it's a cool idea. I just would like to know how long you got. You have to do this, this eight skull thing. Yeah, and I, and you know, I mean, I, you know, and I'm, I'm just asking how long. I'm not going at any more deal. Like, you know, if I offer up sixty four, does that count for like eight days? I'm assuming <laughs> no, because Corn <laughs> seems like a total. What have you done for me lately? Totally. Like, like you can't do sixty four on one day and be like, okay, I'm taking a week's vacation. I'll see you, ne- you know, next Tuesday. There'd be you no know. advantage. It's got to be eight a day, man. Exactly. Day. So, but uh, I was just curious as to how long that would be. But it is a cool idea. I like that they can just smell them. Um, and uh, now, okay, the Wrathmongers, another one who the models, once again, they're just the the stomach plate. And, and, yeah, and metal they're pants. The I, they're the ones I don't like the most. They're 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 yeah, they're the ones I I that's the I one. I don't get the don't idea like. of it's like I have a full suit of armor, and I just wear the legs. You know, it's just like <laughs> you know that you think the chest part would be important, but they skip it. Now I do like this. Neither fully mortal nor truly demonic, the wrathmongers of corn walk on the cusp of reality. Infused with unnatural power, these mutant berserkers are driven on by pure rage. So fierce is their fury that it boils their very blood and surrounds the wrathmongers in a foul, coppery mist. Now I was reading that going, what? These guys have the coolest, bizarro little power. So they're surrounded by madness, like literally surrounded by this aura of madness that even the most disciplined troops are filled with battle lust. Sort of like that stuff that uh, the blood secretors can do to make people just go like totally berserk and want to fight. Right. Um, They go through the right of the brass cage. Nobody knows what this is. They just leave and do the right of the brass cage. And if they survive and they return, they're different. And then they're swollen and malformed with demonic power again. You know, that's I mean that's like corn's gift. I mean once again it's a little bit repetitive. You know they're really you know, they come back all all steroided out. Um, but I love this blood is seeping from their pores like they sweat blood. Right. And it forms this like mist of blood vapor around them, and it drives their opponents into murderous rages around them. Like the people who get caught up in the mist go mm-hmm. to a murderous rage, friend and foe. And it actually says that enemies have won battles against the bloodbound but the last few people they're killing are 
Wrathmongers, and the blood mist has gotten onto these guys who have won the battle, and it's driven them into these frenzied rages, and then they've turned around on their own people and slaughtered their own people and wound up right. losing, basically. Yeah, the Crimson Haze, right? You know, yeah. the, the, or turning a, turning a victory into a loss because those last few Wrathmongers have lived because... These, you know, they're outnumbered, you know, 20 mm-hmm. to 1, but they, these guys just turn on themselves. Like, they just kill anything near them. It's just crazy. I kind of like that idea. I like that idea, too. It's, it, it harkens back to a little bit in the uh, the War Scrolls, like, with the zombie mechanic. Right. Where, like, you know, you, you kill one of my guys, you roll you roll a 6, they'll, guess what, you get a zombie. It's like my plague monk turned into a zombie. Um, the, the total cool kind of concept there. Um and I like this concept too. I like the Crimson Haze concept of these guys. I just really d- disdain the models. I would I would totally convert these. It's not something that's my to my. Yeah, I mean, to I, my like liking. The, I like the hammers on the ends of chains. Once again, it reminds me of the uh, the my uh, my favorite uh, Slayer models. A lot of these corn uh, things remind me of certain certain dwarf models. But uh, well, they have they do some of them do kind of have that old. Kind of like pre seventh edition feel to them. Some of them do. Yeah, like but these do. They even have the cool, um, they have the cool like abilities in it. When we get to it, it's like all mm-hmm. friend or foe within three inches of Wrathmongers uh, get one extra attack, except right. for Wrathmongers themselves because of the frenzy. Now, mm-hmm. what's cool? You kill a you kill a Wrathmonger in combat. He can pick an enemy model in two inches. And immediately attack with that enemy model um, as though it was part of your army. And it yeah, can so attack, you're like getting control of it, right. Yeah, and it can attack its own unit and even itself, and you can't choose it more than <laughs> once. But, so yeah, like, but that's great if it's a single model. You can have it attack right, itself. Right, and, yeah. it, and it just says it attacks itself. So I'm assuming it gets its full complement of attacks. Absolutely. Rules. So, yeah, so you kill this thing, and the, the, the blood spray from the killing gets on you right. and you go psycho. Right. Yeah. We got five more units to run through real quick before we hit some of these scrolls. I want to talk about real quick. Okay. Uh, the skull crushers. Yeah. Okay. Um, they're basically skull crushers. They're the same thing as, as the warriors of chaos skull crushers. Um, uh, one thing that we did notice, and we'll get to that later when we get to the, uh, the scrolls is they no longer have the demon. That's right. Uh, code. Keyword. Which I mean, I guess it was because the actual Juggernaut had the demon keyword in it. Because the Juggernaut's right. a demon thing, um, they've dropped that, and I will talk about that later. Uh, I I love the fluff on this is that um, the actual Juggernauts are drawn to mass bloodshed. When there's a massive amount of bloodshed on a field with worthy opponents, the Juggernauts will break out of Corn's great brass stockade, and of course it's a brass stockade because like there's any other type of metal. <laughs> and they break through the they break out of the stockade and into the mortal realm and they rush up and they choose a worthy rider. And I like this. They smash their way out of the great brass stockade in the realm of corn and barge through the veil of reality in search of a worthy rider. The chosen warrior, confronted by this steam snorting mechanical monster, has but eight heartbeats to choose the worship of corn or death. The slightest right. hesitation causes the juggernaut to trample its prospective master into mangled offal. Yet should a warrior embrace Corn's blessings, 
he rides forth from the field as a mighty skull crusher, an elite warrior <laughs> of the blood bound. And so it's like, I love how yeah, he's, so got cool. eight, he's got eight heartbeats. If there's any hesitation, Yo. he stamps him. Really? Because I thought he just had eight heartbeats. So, I mean, there might he has seven heartbeats worth of hesitation, I thought. But whatever. I mean, I get what you're saying. <laughs> um, but I just think it's kind of cool that they break out and they choose you. It's like, you know, the yeah. pet chooses yeah. the owner here. It's right. like if you're going to call a juggernaut a pet. It's like but, Avatar when when the when the when they chooses you. What was it? The big the big flying lizards choose the Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I just I thought I mean, we all know what skull crushers are. We don't need to dwell right. on them, but I just right. love the fact that that's Was that I you know, I don't know. Was that is that fluff different from the the Warriors of Chaos book? I have my I have my book here. I could I could I, I don't know. I don't remember them breaking out and choosing you. I would just remember saying they would be gifted by corn. You know, worthy ones would be gifted a juggernaut by corn, or that they would have to you know be of a strong will to dominate the right. juggernaut. Uh, and here it's like, oh, the juggernaut chooses you, and don't yeah, mess with I, it. You know? I just love I I love that. I mean, I wish I wish I knew. I should have I should have cross referenced. I I really should have. Um, but I, I like that. The, the, that kind of that that background that concept the that whole idea that that mechanical beast is choosing you, and then um, if it's not a demon anymore though, how does it how, how does it do what it does? I don't know. <laughs> I think literally just for the sake of the game, because if you look up the um, the blood letters on Juggernauts, uh huh, those have the demon keyword because the blood letters are on it. So if you look up the D in the in the uh, yeah, Demon's right, book. on the demon in the demon list, right? And the yeah. whole reason that is is because of the keywords and the synergies. You're, it's, no, no, I get it. Yeah, I, I, yeah no, I, I why what... I don't know, but right. I, I mean, it's, I mean, fluff wise, I don't know. Game wise, I, I, I can tell ex- you can tell exactly why because they're right. pulling those demon keywords out so that way when you do mix and match, you're not overlapping and making you're not picking and choosing and making things too powerful. Right, but. Yeah. Um, so what do we got left here? We got Blood Warriors, which basically are sort of like uh, Chaos Warriors. Chaos Warriors, yeah. Called uh, Blood Warriors now. Yeah, uh, masses of killers literally soaked head to toe in blood, and uh, you know, corn blesses them. Uh, and whether they're followers or not, they may become Blood Warriors. If you are fighting in battle and you are an amazing warrior and the battle gets bloody and you wind up soaked head to toe in blood... Corn may just pick you, and then you have no choice. You go well, follow or die. Um, and these guys, it says that they literally see red, like their vision literally hazes over in red. They become completely unhappy unless they're killing. Uh, and then even mortally wounded, they will continue to strike out, hacking for long seconds afterwards until their last spark of life is gone, which again goes into the fluff because those are the guys in the box set, and if they die... Uh, they get a final pile in and attack for any model you're going to remove gets a final pile in mm-hmm. and attack, which is why you always try to attack with these guys first before they get attacked back. So they get their attacks, and then if they die, they get an extra attack. Yeah. Um, but once again, these guys we've all sort of looked at because we've seen them. Um, well, the concept, the concept of the the idea of the bloodshed, you know, d- you know, the bloodshed, um, the infusing into the armor. It yeah. conge- congeals at the moment that the blood flows, scabbing into the thick plates of the of the of blood warrior's oh, that's armor. That's right. That's right. And it becomes it's becoming more brass and iron, almost like 
making them more powerful. It's, 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 you know, you know, that it's like that, the, I love the way they kind of tie in that red baptism concept too, of the blood warrior army will continue to bleed when, when struck, um, as though we're a living part of its own body. Uh, really cool fluff possibilities there. Really great stuff. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then you get the Blood Reavers, which you've all heard about them. You know, the cannibals, the chosen mm-hmm. from other places. I dig them. Yeah. I dig them. I love them. I love the concept of it. They, okay. These guys are not the strongest of the Bloodbound, but they have the, the biggest numbers. They, you know, they're the cannibals. We've seen them before. Many of the Blood Reavers come from the ranks of the con- uh, the Conquered. I mean, we've we've covered this already. I know you love them. You just said you, you, you really like these guys. Yeah, I dig them. I dig the whole concept of them. I love the... I love the cannibalistic nature of them. Um, at first, you know, the the first the first impulse was when the box dropped was like, okay, they're just the they're just new marauders. But once once you got to read about the the Blood Reaver tribes and um, who they were, it kind of put you in there, and it kind of gave them that was the that was the, this is the unit that kind of said to me like, oh, you know, like when I when I flipped to the flipped to this page in the book because I always flip around, and it was like you know, so I went to the what I did was when I got the tomas, I went to the stuff that was in the, you know, in the starter set first, and I read that stuff, right. and and I totally dug on that. You know, the the idea that um, that they that they um, the way they 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 thirst and and I could just imagine them just wanting to be in favor and wanting to become more than they are, and um, you know, there's just this huge mass and this this whole concept of the imagine this horde of like cannibalistic blood reavers storming down the hill at you and oh my gosh just covered in head head to toe in in the enemy's blood and just wanting to wanting to 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 reap all of the glory uh it's just cool to me well and then you know you get them near the you get them near that 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 uh the giant icon bearer yep you get near the blood secretor and as long as they're near him, suddenly their one attack becomes two attacks. Yeah, they get better. And um, and then he can actually use one of his abilities during the hero phase. He can open the portal. If he, as long as the blood secretor doesn't move, he can give anyone within 18 inches an extra attack. So if they're within 12 inches, suddenly these guys are getting three attacks apiece. And if any unit is wiped out, um, well, that's not actually the rule. That's uh, if you're using that uh, the original, uh, but the War Scroll Battalion that uh, you know the one that came with the original box set. Corn, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't care where the blood comes from, whatever it's called. Where is? See, what what I like about them too, though, Dave. This is what I like about it. There's there's a couple key sentences in the fluff. It's blood reavers are terrifying and deadly blight upon the realms. Right. The right. darkest the darkest truth about the Blood Reavers is that most began their lives as mortal tribesmen. So they're they're not like dudes from the north. They're just like these they're mortals, right? They're mortal tribesmen in the different right. realms. And something, you know, something possesses them in a way, you know, they these warriors fought hard against the evils of chaos, but were com- conquered by the onslaught of the bloodbound. And then the battles end, they're surrounded, you know, by the carrion, heaps of their own brothers in arms, knowing their own death loomed near, they were given a choice. So these are mortals who are given a choice. You're going to join the dark feast, devour the torn out hearts of their own kinsmen or, die. or become or die. 
and they were too I, afraid to die, and so and yeah. they decided to do this, and they 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 chose this path, right? And, and they mean, become monsters, right? And I mean that to that like is so cool, right? I mean that yeah. that's just like a, a really great concept, and think about. From like, if you're building an army and you, if you don't dig those models, I mean, you could take like any mortal, you know, like an empire, like a Fidelance or whoever you want, and just do these really kind of crazy conversions with them. The conversion possibilities here in the in in the Bloodbound are just really stoking my hobby fire. Exactly, and it's the thing is, like I said. They're they're not they're not the greatest unit though, but there's just tons. They're of not. Them. No, not at all. Not but at all. but and the funny thing is, is as long as you've got them, like as long as they're when they first start, you know, like if you've got a bunch of them mm-hmm. and you happen to have your you know blood secretor near them and things are going well in the battle, they're brutal. As soon as things start going the other way, though, it's like they fall apart because they are they're just mortal men. Sure. Sure. Well, see, you know, as a Skaven player, you, you know, I, I You're love used that. To that. Yeah, I'm used to the idea that I'm going to have to paint a, a crap ton if I want to make this work. And that's the that's kind of the I, maybe that's the draw for me there is because it's like, wow, you know, it's like it's just this horde of 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 men instead of a horde of rats. And these men can be this mix of men from Bretonia, from Empire. Um, you know, it just would be really cool to do. Oh, I, yeah, I just, I, I, we're, we're probably spending way too much time on these crappy, on this crappy <laughs> unit. Okay. <laughs> Don't worry. And then we got the Korgoraths, which are the weirdest guys because it looks like they, totally. you can't tell what, the, I still can't make out that, where that head is. Like, I don't, I don't really think it has a head. I mean, it like vomits up skulls, right? I mean, after after, after it, it devours, it them. devours them, yeah. So I, I I think it's just a big mouth, you know. Like I is mean, there's a little because sk- in the picture is a little skull in there, but is that yeah. mouth? Is that a mouth or is that a headpiece? I can't, I mean, I, I, I don't know what to this me, is supposed I think to it's be. A part of I think it's a part of like a headpiece or something, and like I don't think it has an actual mouth. <laughs> I mean, a head. I don't think it. I think it's just a. I mean, you see skulls like popping out of its body, well, you know, yeah. and. I, and I, I think mean, that skull there is just like 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 a like a I don't know like part of that whatever that metal bit is that's running through there. That, I guess. Like, but, like, like harness or so something. These things are beasts that are somehow drawn into Corn's domain, and I'm just curious. Is like are they're just like you know like how does that just happen? It's like do 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 do. I was walking through the forest and suddenly you know it's like there's a big old you know bear and next thing you know the bear is in corn's domain like is that just that easy to wander on in well i think it's i think it's more i think it's well it says the beasts are drawn into corn's yeah. domain and then they are right. twisted and mutated and in phys- and then they, when they come out well, of corn's domain there's these mutated things that are in now this is interesting i don't they, think the corgoraths though i don't think they're actually corgoraths in like I think they mutate, they become Korgoraths. That's what they are. But I'm saying they they originally right. were just beasts, like monsters, monstrous right. little beasts okay. of the forest, big ugly, mo- you know. Right. Like I said, they could be anything that somehow wander into Corn's domain, and I'm like, oh, is, is it is that that easy to do? But okay, they just <laughs> wander into Corn's domain, you know. So I took a left. I, I was supposed to turn right on Harlem, and I turned left, and I was in Corn's domain, and. Next thing you know, Harrison, I know that happened to me too. And so um, they come out twisted and mutated, but they're in physical pain when they aren't killing. 
Yeah. Now think about that. These things are animals to begin with. They are literally animals who come out as monsters. And when they're not killing, they are in physical pain. The only time the pain stops is when they're killing. It eats skulls because e- eating skulls takes away the pain. Kind of like when zombies eat brains if you watch The Return of the Living Dead. Right. So they eat skulls and the pain goes away and they eat until you can and it says you can actually see the skulls like pressing up again like they they get bloated and you can right. see the shapes of the skulls against their skin almost bursting out of them then they go home to corn cuz they're satiated mm-hmm. and then they just vomit up all the skulls over near the skull throne so to give him the skulls but then they got no skulls so the pain starts again and they go back out to kill they are the weirdest thing in this book possibly yeah yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a real it's a macabre nightmare, really. It really oh, is a sick it, thing. It's really pretty gross. I mean, I mean it, it works for corn. I mean, you could see. I mean, yeah, in yeah. his realm, it totally would work. Like he would not care that these things are suffering as long as they're bringing him skulls. Right. You know, you know it. it it's like as I'm looking at the artwork, I'm trying to like ascertain like did they mix like bits and pieces? Like you could see what could be beastmen in that Korgorath or well, you know got these weird you know clawed three three clawed hands, but he's got those hooves. he's got hooves. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what he is or it is, um, but it's just it's a kind of sad weird tale. Yeah, um, and then Skyla Amphingrim shows up. And now <laughs> he's back. Now I'm one of those people who he's still here. certain characters I don't mind showing up in in the new world. Like they were big, like the big movers and shakers in mm-hmm. in the end times. Yeah, you know, especially the ones who were like some some of them that were actually holding the the winds of magic. They show up mm-hmm. in the new world. I get that. Or some of the guys who actually control the winds of magic, bringing a few of their number one guys across with them. Mm-hmm. You know, because they got that kind of power. I get that. That's why when some of the Seraphon came through and some of the named characters are like, well, they're dead. I'm like, okay. I, 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 you know, nobody wants their favorite named character to die. But, like, I don't expect necessarily Joseph Bugman to be showing mm-hmm. up in it. He may, but I don't expect him to be showing up with the Dwarden, you know? Yeah. Like, well, I don't expect, I don't, I, I would be, as a, I would be very disappointed if, uh, if Orion comes back you know he he died he should stay dead in my opinion exactly and skyla i thought died i remember he was fighting and uh and um he was fighting with what's his name um pretty boy um oh from uh sigvald yeah 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 um uh, from selenish right yeah Um, yeah and uh so i don't know now but skyla they at least gave a reason why he's there um, they say nobody knows what he did to be so cruelly blessed. Yeah, so I mean, if you know the old story, apparently this is the same Skyla Amphengrim. So if you know the story from the old old world, you know it, that's the story. But so nobody now knows what he did that he's like this spawn because he is basically he's a spawn still, right? But he's, he's still a, a spawn. But he's a badass spawn. Um, but when the Age of Chaos dawned, he was still trapped in the Crystal Labyrinth of Zinch. So apparently when the world was ending, somehow he got stuck in the Crystal Labyrinth. Just like, what's his name? Uh, the one that was the, 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 the two brothers, the one that had the, the, the thing growing out of his shoulder. Oh, yeah, right. Remember oh, they got caught in the Crystal yeah. Labyrinth in the story there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Skylar got trapped in the Crystal Labyrinth. 
Um, the corn, as the as the as the age of chaos is happening, all these battles are going on. Somehow, corn notices he's standing there. Corn gets pissed and realizes he's trapped. And as his power is getting stronger, he notices hey, Skyla's there. So he picks up a giant brass skull and just chucks it at the crystal labyrinth. And it just barrels like a cannonball right through the crystal labyrinth, breaking holes and knocking Skyla right out of, not only out of the crystal labyrinth, but into the mortal realms. Right. And he just, you figure, he just lands in the mortal realms, gets up, not too happy, and just starts killing everything again. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This is kind of, <laughs> I, this is kind of lame. <laughs> I'm just like, and I, well, it, I, the thing that it's like, it's like suddenly, you know, um, like this, the idea of this brass, like, like brass is not a very strong metal to begin with. But it, like it just kind of breaks through this crystal. I, I picture, I picture Sila like riding, like he's, he's got his hands gripped to the eye, eye sockets of this giant skull. And he's like, woo riding his way through as he's breaking through and and going oh, back I sort of pictured it as sort of like hitting him and just like pummeling him through and then he lands and he wakes up pissed I think it like he's right no like riding the missile like in oh, okay. uh, Dr. Strangelove Dr. Strangelove oh I just saw it as like hitting him <laughs> and just shoving him through everything okay and then as he gets up he's like argh I'm angry now but uh-huh. he's I mean he's like uh, you know but his story isn't that different from what's his name is it yeah Scar Bloodwrath where it's just like you know he just he keeps going. When he shows up, oh, corn must favor us because he's here and he kills everything. It's just like, it, it, honestly, it seems like he stayed because he had a model that you couldn't just say, oh, this is something else. Like with like with. Uh, you think so? Honestly, it seems like it. Like because Gorok is now just what he's just a a, a really awesome lizard man hero or. Yeah. Ted Echo is just a skink priest, star a skink star priest. Star priest, right. But Skyla Amphigrim is not is not just another spawn. And you got the model and you're not gonna invalidate the models. So personally to me, I mean this I mean, seriously, what purpose does Skyla serve being here? I, that's just my personal opinion. If you are a big fan of Skyla Amphigrim, you can send your hate mail to um Nobody, because I don't want to hear it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's the last of them too. And I mean, it's just—I don't know. I just didn't think it was all that awesome. Um, um, that it's probably the there. weakest of the. It's weakest of the bunch of the bunch. Yeah, for sure. I mean, of all the things to be kept, Valkia being kept is cool. You know, I mean, right. she was—you know—she was a demon to, in the old realm. I mean. You know, every time one of the demons gets killed, they go back there, and then Corn sends them back. Just because the Warhammer world blew up doesn't mean that Valky is gone. She goes back to Corn's realm, and he right. sends her wherever. You know, but yeah. Well, who who would you have wanted to see in then? I mean, who who from the Warriors of Chaos as we knew them oh, from I, a Corn side side of the house? Would you? Oh, have I don't wanted know. I just, I'm just. I just. I mean, I'm, I'm not. Does he have to be replaced with somebody? I'm just saying, Skyland. No, I mean, no, I, I, no. I'm just saying, like you know, just in general. Like, is there is there something like like for me? I I want to see, I want to see change, right? So okay. for me, I would have been fine. Like if um you know when you if he never made an appearance back, or even if um, Valkyrie didn't make an appearance back, you know, I it, it wouldn't bother me. Well, um, but I once think, again. You, if they don't come back, 
people who bought these models are gonna be pissed. Yeah, yeah I, true. I, true. I don't. I mean, you know, and hey, but you I don't want my models. I don't want See, my you know models invalidated I, I either. I don't I, want my I, models invalidated either. And they're if, not. They tell you what you can use them for. Right. I mean, but what are you going to use Skyla for? That's well, my whole point. What are you going to use him for? Use him as a. You I can don't use Tedo Echo and Gorok for other things. Yeah, they're I not suppose. here. You see what yeah. I'm saying? The guys that really can't be used for anything else, they come back. Um, and, I, and I don't. And I'm not. And I am not casting aspersions. That's you. You. It. It. it it's. Yeah, I'm uh, trying to find them. I'm okay I'm looking, with I'm, it. Okay. All right, you changed my mind. I mean, like, yeah, I'm looking on the site right now, trying to find that that particular uh, Warriors of Chaos character. Yeah. So, okay. All right. Fair enough. Because like, there really isn't one other than Sila. Um, now that I'm looking at it, I, I don't, you know, because like you've right. got you've got Wolfric the Wanderer, you've got you've got Sigvlad, you've got Village, the yeah. Cursling. Um, village is, is village. I mean, Sigvald. Uh, uh, yeah, he's, um, Wolfric he's, could but, be. But and, he's. I mean, but Sigvald is more Slanishi than right. Than, and and we'll know. see what happens with him. Wolfric could be. I mean, you could make him a generic hero too. The model. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Right, right, right. Well, it'll be interesting to see if, like, where if Wolfric, if our, you know, the theory. <laughs> my theory is is that we're going to see a different. You know, like we're not gonna. It'd like, be I think, interesting if they still hold him to his curse, even in a no, new world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not done yet, right? Or if if there's a battle tome for for Slanish, will Sligbad be in that battle tome? That'd be really cool, you know. And then if there's one for Zinch, well, will it be Village? And you know, yeah, we'll yeah. see. Yeah, I will he personally, I am a fan of Sigvald. I think Sigvald was a cool character. And I, I liked the model, and I liked the whole concept behind him. So I would, as much. Slanish you know, was my favorite, my favorite god, actually. I see. <laughs> All right. All right. You know what? Commercial break, and then we come back and let's look at some of these war, uh, war scrolls and war scroll battalions. Sounds good. Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois is the one-stop shop for all your gaming needs. They carry anything your favorite gamer may want. Board games, collectible card games, miniature-based games, and all your hobby gaming supplies are there, as well as books, charms, incense, crystals, and other unique gifts. UGG has it all. Come into the store and ask about their frequent buyers program, or check out their gaming and events calendars in-store or online. From Tuesday night War Machine and Thursday Board Game Night to Friday Night Magic, there's always something going on at Unique Gifts and Games in Gray's Lake. Check them out on the web at uniquegg.com.
Okay, we are we're back with the War Scrolls. Get close to the end here. How you doing, Herner? I'm great. All right, so um, folks, we're getting to the War Scrolls here, and as we open it up, I just noticed this. Um, the, you know, you get to the War Scrolls, and it tells you every Citadel miniature has a War Scroll, and it lays out the War Scroll. It gets under hints and tips. It talks about random values and when you use abilities, and then it says save of dash. Some models have a save of dash. This means they automatically fail all save rolls. Do not make the roll, even if modifiers apply. That is odd. Now, we just ran through the whole four-page rule book, and we don't <laughs> see that anywhere in the four pages of rules. Um, but it is here in this set, and I'm thinking, dude, this is a little weird. Um, it's literally in this. It's not in the rules, but it's here in this thing so uh i i think the only people in this entire battle tome who have a save of dash are the blood reavers that is correct it's just the blood reavers but so do not make the roll even if modifiers apply so that means that you can't cast that spell on them mystic shield because that that adds a that's a modifier it's a modifier they go into the uh, a terrain feature that's a modifier so they get no save period end of discussion End of discussion. Yep. Uh, that's just... I like it. Yeah, that's weird. That's just... Um, I, I I don't know. I don't know what to say. Like, I didn't see that. And you just looked it up in the Stormcast Eternals battle tome, and it says the same thing. And it does. And yep. the only one in that book, I think, is the Griffhound. It is. It's the Griffhounds. So yeah. no matter what, apparently, I mean, rules is written if this is a rule... The following hints and tips will help you get the most of, from your War Scrolls. Yeah, many War Scrolls include modifiers that can affect characteristics. For example, a rule might add one to the move or subtract one from the results of a to-hit roll. Modifiers are cumulative. And, then, yep, save of. Yeah. So there you go. Bam. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. Interesting to say the least here. Yeah. Yeah, it would be interesting to see. Yeah. So let's kind of roll through uh, some of the War Scrolls here. Um, I don't want to spend a ton of time with everything here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got the Lord of Corn that comes with the Flesh Hound, which is basically Korgoth, Korgoth Cool. Korgoth Cool. I mean, it's, that's what the model looks like. Yeah, it's him. Um, and we've kind of gone through some of this before. He's got, you know, he's got his little command ability: pick up to three mortal corn units. Right. Within 24 inches, and then they, when they charge, they can roll three dice instead of two and take the two highest. Mm-hmm. Um, then you've got him on a juggernaut, and he can do the same thing, except when he's on a juggernaut, add one to the to-wound rolls when you charge. Pick three units within 24, add one to wound when you charge, because he's more concerned with the smashing into things when you charge once you put him on a juggernaut. Right. Um they all seem to have chaos, mortal, corn, hero, you know, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anyone in here that really stands out or something that, that you really wanted to talk about? I mean, I don't want to say... I don't want to go talking over about the each, char- each character, you mean? Yeah, I don't want to go over each model and read every little bit of stats because that's going to... Well, what, what I do like is that, you know, the one thing I do like is that the Flesh Hound, you know, like some, some armies have no way of doing any kind of unbinding. 
Like if they don't have, um, you know, with the, the, the uh, mighty corn, the mighty lord of corn, he's got the collar of corn. So the flesh hound um, has the ability to uh, unbind spells in the same manner as a wizard. I, I, I like, I like having that. I know it seems kind of trite and silly to say, but I like it. Um, yeah. On, on him. Um, I don't know. I don't think there's anything really that stands out because we did talk a lot about those guys as we were discussing earlier in the show. Right. I mean, the exalted Deathbringers. I mean, everyone's got like cool little abilities. Um, and it really, you know, what's interesting is you've got a bunch of different heroes. Uh, if, if moving in quick, wanting to get in there and get the charge off is important to you, take yeah. the Lord on foot. If getting to re-roll those to wound rolls, you know, take the juggernaut. Yeah. Uh, what's the command ability with the exalted Deathbringer? Uh, if your general uses this ability, all mortal corn units within 12 inches of the Deathbringer can use his bravery characteristic instead of their own. If there's a unit within one inch of him, you can inflict D3 mortal wounds on that unit to They're increase its range. Really- yeah. They're all really good. I yeah. mean, they really they all have their they all have the things you're looking for. You know, they get multiple attacks. The the, the hit to wounds are just about all of them are in that. I think it, yeah, the exalted Deathbringer is the only one who's got a four three three four. Um, but Scar Bloodwrath has got a stupid amount of. He's got five attacks. Two yeah, he's two nuts. three. Right, and then he's rend. got you know, and then they got the the rend and damage. So you're always looking for you know when you're looking like I prefer. Like when I'm looking at it, like one of the things I look for is like, okay, how much damage am I going to cause? Am I causing rend, right? And, you know, rend is an important factor for me and the amount of damage I'm causing. Um, and, I, you know, and the number, obviously the number of attacks. And when you look through this, through these scrolls on the heroes side of it, they pretty much all, all meet my requirements. So really it comes down to, you know, what, you, what you're looking for with those command abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. The aspiring Deathbringer, all units within six inches of him, if he uses his ability, get plus one on their attacks. So, yeah. I mean, it's just like you're constantly. It's, it's just you can kind of go through these guys and see where do you want to, you know, what's important to you. What do you want to bolster? What do you want to use? Yeah, he he kind of to me he's a little on the weaker side. Oh, he is. Just, yes, just because he's you know three attacks, three to hit, three to four to wound, and then he's only one damage. Yeah, no, his um, bravery is lower, you know. Right, that too, yeah. Like, you know, if I was... Uh, the Skull Grinder's pretty cool. Doesn't have a lot of attacks, but he's three by twos with one rend and three damage. Right. So, well, he's also, ra- he's got range two on that, on mm-hmm. the anvil. I, I, it would have been really cool to see him having range, uh, or a range three, which... Right, and my, don't forget, with that damage three, this is the guy who, if it's a hero or yeah. monster, he kills... Then the units that the to, the to hit the to wound rolls of four or higher make two wound rolls. Yeah, right. So, yeah, yeah. He's pretty good, and he's two up to wound on two attacks, minus one run, three damage too. So, yeah. now, the slaughter priest, man. Yeah, this guy is fantastic. We should stop and give him a minute because he is the new guy on the block. Well, he's my favorite of yeah. the whole of the whole lot. I mean, he I didn't come out with the new. The new, you know, he was not the initial wave with the box set. He was like one of these last waves, mm-hmm. you know, two inch range, three attacks, fours by threes with two damage. He's mm-hmm. got a six inch move. He's only got a five up save and six wounds, but 
Let's see. Um, he can unbind spells just like a wizard. Yeah. And the hero phrase, if hero phase, he can pray to corn. Pick one of the play, one, uh, and he can either he can pick an enemy unit within 16 inches and do D6 mortal wounds. Right. Or he can pick an enemy unit within 16 inches that's not within three inches of any of our units, and then they must run as far as possible toward the nearest unit as if it was the movement phase. Right. So he can either do D6 mortal wounds or force them to run into combat, that whole thing where he can just inspire, you know, drive mm-hmm. them crazy and force yeah. them into a, a killing frenzy. So that unit that you have standing back that you don't necessarily want to attack, he can force them to run toward the nearest unit. Which isn't, you know, it's not a bad thing at all. Force yeah. that unit that you didn't want, you didn't charge with. Okay, guess what? You're going to charge anyway. Right. And I mean, and for him to, to do the prayers, you know, you're, you're rolling the dice and then you add one. And all you need is a four up um, to, to, to have one of those, to, to get one of those prayers. Add one if he killed an enemy in the previous turn. And if the four well, up. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Now, if he rolls a one. Then he suffers D3 mortal wounds. So the nice thing is if he killed someone on the previous turn, if he slew an enemy on the previous turn, he, he adds a one. He can't roll a one. Right. So as long as he's killing things, he can't. at least he won't roll a one. Well, the cool thing is, too, is, is like he's got that blood, the blood-bathed axe, so it's got a range of two inches. So depending on how you put him in your unit or where you have him on the battlefield during during the combat phase. You'd be behind um, somebody. Exactly. So you're, you're kind of getting that buff. Um, um, you know, you, you, it's a, it, it, that's one of the mechanics in age of Sigmar that I love the most is, you know, like how you position your models. And, and, yep. and, um, so if you're positioning your model, right, he should be able to get those, the, that kill in to get off those prayers. Exactly. And three attacks, four by threes with two damage. <laughs> If you're going against grunts, you should be killing something every turn. Yeah, you should. But his his really where he's where he's where he shines, in my opinion, is really in his prayers. Right, but you still want to get those kills off to make it a 50-50. You turn it from a fifty-fifty chance of getting a prayer off with a one in six chance of screwing yourself, right? To a two-thirds chance of getting a prayer off and no chance of screwing yourself. So. You yeah. got to get him into combat, and he wants to get into combat because he's got to kill. He's got to get that blood. He's got to drink that blood. He's got to oh, prove yeah. to corn. Hey, here's yeah. the blood. Let's have some power. Yep. Uh, blood secretors and blood stokers. We've seen them in the in the box set. We've already talked about them before. Mm-hmm. Um, Valky is kind of awesome, actually. Yeah, for sure. She can fly. Twelve inch move. Three up. Save. Five wounds. <sighs> Two minus rend. two, yeah. Two, I'm sorry. Two, uh, I, I just immediately saw two rend. Minus two rend. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Six attacks, three by three with two yeah. rend. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's oh, if she charged, it's not one damage. It's d three damage. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, and minus one to wound. Uh. Oh yeah. Wait a minute. Adorned with the head of a demon prince. The shield is a relic. Subtract one from any two wound rolls against her. So it's like, um, okay. Like, <laughs> yeah, she's all awesome. And then, yeah, and then let's see. Uh, units in your army under the gaze of corn while they're within 12. 
Uh, you can reroll battle shock tests, but if any models flee after the reroll, another D three are, are are lost because she gets mad at them. Well, the blood god gets yeah. mad at them and punishes them. I just love the thought of her like leading these like like she's this tough chick at the front of the line, <laughs> like leading well, all these demon. I mean all these dudes around her. Yeah, no, true. Yeah. She's a, yeah. Although she doesn't have the demon keyword. Oh, that's right. She. Oh, that's right. She doesn't. That's crazy oh. because oh. he. It literally says in her fluff that he brought her back as a demon. I mean, she's got oh. freaking wings. Right. Right. No, I know. I know. I know. That's weird. They put her because they put her in this book. She doesn't get the demon rule. It's this. It's these little things. These little. These little keyword drops in this book that's making me think bigger changes are on the way. Like I. I just think that. That is interesting. Like what? Yeah, what's up with that? What's up with that? What's up with that? <laughs> so let's see what else we got. Uh, the Blood Warriors. Um. Now these guys. I. I, I well, okay. What were you gonna say? I was gonna bitch about the model. There's the model on the left in the picture. The dude with like the the blue hair tied up in a the top ponytail. Knot. Yeah, the top knot. I hate that model. I it, it just doesn't do anything for me. It's just such a static pose compared to the rest of them. The rest of them are like all moving and, and it's, it's and, that old GW legs spread out, yeah. arms both out, sort of like ah, challenging right. people. Yeah, I just don't dig it. I mean, there there might be some way to to do something with it conversion wise. I'm I'm assuming he represents the champion. Um why he would be less armored than the rest. I don't know. <laughs> but, but these are the guys that come in the box set too, but it's like true. No, I, but so there's, that doesn't look like any of the guys that came in the box set. I'm wondering if the guys, like if you buy them separate, if there's some slightly different models, because I'll tell you what, these pictures in this book don't mm -hmm. look like the models that came in my box set. So okay. I'm wondering if if you buy them separate, like outside of the Age of Sigmar box set, if there's some different models in there. Okay. Because they still have the abilities. Reroll, if you take the gore, okay, they can choose their weapons. Right. Um, the gore axe, now this is weird. The gore axe um, hits on threes, wounds on fours, but can reroll to wound rolls of one. Mm -hmm. But it's no rend and one damage. Right. Okay, the Gore Fist wounds on threes, so one better to wound, has a rend of one and a damage two. And then uh, Blood Reavers, we already talked about that. We already talked about them plenty. Yep. Uh, they get no save, and apparently they get no save. <laughs> yep. Um, bravery die to eat flesh. And their bravery is only five. Yeah, they're like rats, dude. Mm -hmm. So you either get the... You either get... Uh, uh, the the meat ripper axe, which gives them one rend, or you can give up the rend and reroll to hit rolls of one by taking the blades. Yeah. So that's your choice. You either get a rend or reroll to hit rolls of one. Other than that, it's just there. You know, no save, bravery five, fours by fours, and but you can literally go up, have up to basically four, three attacks. Normally, if you keep them near that standard bearer mm -hmm. uh, and he uses his ability for attacks, if a unit gets wiped out before they attack. So it can get crazy. Yeah, it can. 
I, I foresee these guys. I, I don't. I'd be surprised if you see these guys really Their ever on the table. Is so low. I mean, if you, yeah. you, you, they die a lot. Yep. And their bravery is low, which means you will be taking them off the See, table a y- lot. Here's here's okay. So so these guys, these guys fit in to kind of like the pool system concept, in my opinion, right? So you get you deploy. Tw- you're going to get the you you choose. You bring you come to the table with thirty total, right? Uh-huh. Thirty total pool choices. You're only deploying twenty, um, and it's going to be based on the scenario. Like if you if you have a scenario where you want to just you need to have like a sea of bodies to try to just get in the way, um, you know, that's when I could see you maybe taking them. You know, like when when you want when you just need to like maybe block things up or or for some reason that depending on what it is, you know, um, and so like maybe that's when you'd see them in a, in certain like if you were playing in a in, in a tournament, you know, holy uh-huh. wars. You might, you might, you might have a situation where, yeah, you know what these these this this unit of blood reavers, yeah, because I think they're they, like in the pools in the pool dock, um, like in the in the pool choices for the blood reavers. What are they? Um, they might be worth it, you know. Under that, um, I can't find it real quick, and I'm slowing us down. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, blood reavers. Yeah, here they go. So, they're they're a pool choice of one for ten, right? You know that's you know dirt cheap, right? And you get ten of them. So if if you got a situation where you know you 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 have an ob, a, a um an objective where you need to capture an objective, and if that scenario is based on wounds worth of models, you know. And you okay. you could get forty of them for only four pool points. Yeah, I mean, holy hell, dude, that's pretty good. Exactly. So you're going to be able to claim an objective with forty models. That's a lot of. That's a lot for your opponent to chop through, right? Right. So your opponent might say, "Okay, you know what? I'm going to sacrifice objective A and go after objective B." You know, like when you, and that's what I mean, like with the. Right, but the only danger that you are in is if they do take a lot of wounds with a bravery of five. Well, right, right. And that's that's what happens. Once they start taking wounds, then all of a sudden you don't have many of them at all. I mean, once, once you start losing them, you really start to lose them. And that number of attacks drops significantly. I mean, it's, it's like. You have to hit with these guys hit and they hit hard and they're like a huge wave. Well, but after that first crash, well, I, I hear you. I hear you. But you're still still think about it, though. Like if if a scenario is designed in a way where where if you're playing in a tournament and the objective is based upon wounds worth of models, even even when you're taking those bravery and you're losing those models, you know, depending upon when you put them in harm's way, it still could be a lot of, it could be, it could take you a while to chew through those, oh, those sure. dudes, even with the with, with, with battle shock tests. Absolutely. So, and then, you know, what if you were playing on a table that is, um, you know, has a terrain piece on there that might ignore units get to ignore battle shock, you yeah. know? Oh, there's, yeah, there's things like that. Yeah. If you can, you know, if you can manage to ignore the battle shock test, then you're, you're right. You're you know, set. it's like if you're, if you're looking at that scenario, you go, wow. Um, okay. Yeah. Maybe, you know, they're, they're not going to be on the sideline this time. Maybe they're going to, maybe they're going to be on the board this time. So, 
Anyway. Now, the Skull Reapers, talk about a, a gee whiz. These guys have a bajillion rules. Yeah, they, this is one of those war scrolls where you like you look at it and you think to yourself, is it worth the effort? Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, no kidding. Okay, so here you get. Now, they either get gore slick blades or demon blades. Um, and it's basically they get different rules. Okay, the demon blades is a little harder to hit, but they get a bonus with that. Uh, one in five models, because it, it starts with a unit of five or more. So right. one out of every five can take a, spl- a spine cleaver or a soul terror, which is another one with slightly less attacks, but have rend and does more damage. Um, and then your uh, your skull seeker, who is your, your uh, champion. He also gets to attack with a vicious mutation. So that you got all these, you got a list of five different types of melee weapons. You got to keep track of here. Um, and although I think this is cool and it totally keeps with the fluff, this is another thing where if you're taking this unit, you have to be ready to keep track of stuff. Yeah, totally. Because you have to keep track of all the models slain by this unit. If it's greater than the number of models in the unit, you get to reroll fail to hit rolls. If it's at least double the number of models, you also get to reroll failed to wound rolls. So the more they kill, the better they get at fighting. Right. But it's kind of like Epidemius. You've got to keep a running total of how much they kill. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you've got that Demon Blade or that Soul Terror and the roll is a six or higher, then uh, the roll to hit is a six or higher. Then you go to the attack wound and they take uh, mortal wounds in addition to regular wounds if the wound is successful. So they take the regular wound plus a mortal wound uh, unless you roll a one to wound and then you take the mortal wound. It's just like there's so many damn rules with these guys. Um, Skull Reapers come in. You can reroll to hit rolls of one for certain types of the weapons. Um... And then, uh, oh, yeah, if, uh, if you kill one of the models, roll a dice, and on a four or five, the attacking unit suffers a mortal wound. So, if, yeah. So if these guys die, you roll a dice, and they might just hit you as they're dying. As they're dying, and yeah. And if you roll a six, it takes D3 mortal wounds. I know. I mean, these That's guys just are, crazy. There's a ton of rules here, but they really are vicious. They definitely are, for sure. In fact, like... One of the things, as a as a TO who's running an AOS event, mm-hmm. one of the things we're looking at doing and is putting into each player pack a tally sheet for the players, t- so that they can keep track of things like this, you know, um, like the number of wounds and like you know all that type of stuff. Um, we're, 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 we've been talking about that, like how can you help the players out to make the game more enjoyable, um, so you're not getting lost in okay, well, how many wounds was that, and how many did how many how many did we hit here? You know, um, those kind of like little, like I think TOs, when, when you're setting up, when you're thinking about playing, when you're thinking about your AOS event, think about ways of trying to help your players out a little bit. Right. Because there's just so many different, there's a lot of armies that kind of um, have those things where you're going to have to kind of tally things as you go. And you know what? If you're playing this, make sure you have this. If you've got your army list, make sure you've got something to keep this track of this. Don't totally you know, make sure you. Come prepared for your own army. You know your army. Yeah. Make sure you've got something there that is obvious and ready so that you can keep track of it. Yeah, what you see, what you get for this unit is, it, you know, WYSIWYG is going to be really important too. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This Huge. particular unit's going to be really big because yeah. the rest of this is pretty simple. Let's get through the last few of these because I want to wrap this show up because it's been going on forever. 
Uh, <laughs> heck, we've been recording over two days now, so. Uh, let's see. The Wrathmongers are in, and even though I, we've said we hate the models, once again, a two-inch range. They've got three wounds apiece, four mm-hmm. attacks, fours by threes with rend, uh, uh, ones to hit. Uh, add one to the hit roll. I mean, if they uh, if they charged, um, you can make the, you can make your opponents attack if they kill one of these th- if if they kill one of these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just it's crazy. Yeah, it is. The, the, the Wrathmongers are really cool. There's all these synergies between making your opponents attack themselves, getting extra attacks. Yeah, there's um, a lot going on. Th- uh, you know, the saves aren't awesome with a lot of these things. I mean, you know. Once you get away from the characters, which seem to have a consistent four except for her, you know, right. the Blood Warriors in the Chaos Armor have a four. Blood mm-hmm. Reavers don't get one. Skull Reapers get a four. Wrathmongers a five. The Skull Crushers, I mean, they're on Juggers. They get a four. Right. Um, no, well, they get a three. Oh, no, that's the Lord. The Lord gets the three. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Korgorath... Is here he gets a four. Skyla gets a five. That's pretty much everything. The Korgorath is is pretty good. He's got a crummy little three shot range, six inch range attack. He's got five attacks with his claws and fangs. He's got rend. Yeah. Um, if he inflicts damage, then uh, you subtract one from the bravery of all enemy units within twelve inches during the battle shock phase because they just see this thing killing stuff and everybody around it gets uh, wets their pants a little bit right <laughs> right and then you can suffer and then you heal a wound every turn that he kills something so that's yeah. just yeah. there's a lot of good stuff here and they basically all are chaos mortal and corn could you ever see taking this as more than one like it says that Korgrath unit can have any number of models do you ever would, would you see a reason to take more than one would you you know, well, it's if eight, we're doing the pool thing, when it says that, it usually yeah. you can only take one, especially because right. it's a monster. So it says it can be right. any number, but yeah. if, when we play, we play with the pool choices. Well, right, the and pool so choices tell one. you you can't. Right, it's just right. one. It's a monster. Right, right, yeah. right, right. So, but I mean, I suppose it would be kind of you know, it could be cool to take a bunch of these things and send them out. I don't think they're as awesome that you that you would want a huge ton of them. I mean, right. But still, five attacks, threes by threes with uh, with with one rend, isn't bad. So, no, eight wounds, you know. Yeah, well, and eight wounds, yeah. You know, but but then again, you know, just a four up save. So, yeah, one or two of them in the forest though becomes a three up save. So, true. And or Mystic on, Shield or on a hill for some reason. Two. Yep. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> well, you got to fit them in the forest though. Oh yeah. You know, trees don't move. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And these guys are on big bases. They're That's big true. bases, dude. You can't get them in. Can they get into the force is a good question. Uh, you know what? Let's take so. a break. Uh, we'll come back, and then we, there's – let's just quick th- – I don't want to hit all these things. There's like – wait, two, four, six. You're going to skip over Sila, huh? Sila doesn't get anything. Oh, okay. I mean, I mentioned him. What do you want to do? <laughs> no, it's fine. I, I don't care. I oh, was just joking. He's got a – he can jump. Okay, when he piles in, he can go six inches and go over enemy models, and he doesn't have to move towards the closest enemy model as long as he ends his move within two inches of yeah. more enemy models than before he piled in. You so, know what would be really cool with that, that bestial leap? I wish they would have put in a mechanic where, like, as he's leaping, he takes a strike at you. 
like the like the Wrath of Kings um, in the in the in the Gritzy line, the vampires, the uh, the Z- the Zeddies, they do this leap move, and when they do the leap, they can they can do one attack on you, like their oh, blade right. is coming down. It would have been so fluffy and cool, like as if his tail is like you know as he's leaping over, the tail's taking a chomp out of you. You know, yeah, yeah. that, that would have been pretty cool. But that uh, that's enough love for Sila. All right, we'll be back. Um, we'll just wrap this up uh, with uh, just a couple of mentions of some of these battalion scrolls because there's a few cool things in it. Check out that guy in the garage hammer shirt. Who cares about him? Look at that guy with the garage hammer hoodie. That's right, guys. Nothing tells the ladies I'm one of the gaming elite like garage wear. So hurry to garagehammer.net slash store, and soon you'll be the guy at game night that all the gamer chicks are talking about. Remember, boys, first you get your gear, then you win all your games, then you get the chicks. That's right, boys. The only gamers we notice are in Garage Gear. All right, back to wrap this up. Steve... Got any uh, any battalions that uh, you find that uh, really have caught your eye here? You know, to be honest with you, Dave, no. Um, okay. I'm not a big battalion guy. I don't dig the really in any of them. I mean, I'm not. Um, I, 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 there is a certain attraction to the idea of doing something. If I was going to do anything, I think it would be the Gore Chosen concept, um, just because um, I, I kind of feel like it. You know the slaughter priest, the the aspiring deathbringer, the blood stoker, the blood secretor. Um, yeah, I, I'd probably go that route. I think I think they could be fun, and if you, if you ask your opponent ahead of time, uh, and they yeah. do sort of fit into the fluff, like this, you know, the bloodstorm. The bloodstorm is three units of wrathmongers with their silly blood haze, right? Right. right. Um, first of all, if the to hit roll for a model from the bloodstorm is six or more, you immediately make an additional hit roll for the model against the same target hey check check out fold your book over for a second okay okay so kind of like curve your page so that you see 118 versus 123 and tell me that the models on 123 don't look way better they're the same models it's just the paint job well yeah because the the first one i thought they were like demons they're solid red just because you're supposed to be covered in blood from head to toe, yeah, doesn't. I mean, these guys look like their skin has been. Th- they're like, just covered in blood. They're they're like well, it's they don't like, look covered in blood. They look like their skin is like, red. They're well, the guys on one eighteen do, yeah. yeah. But then the guys on one twenty three look covered in blood. They look like they got blood dripping down, and they actually don't look as cheese bally as the right. ones on one eighteen. Right, and it's like they don't look as you know visually. They don't look as bad. I got to agree. Well, the problem with the ones on 118 is if they are covered in blood, then they covered all their flesh is covered in blood completely, right. giving them a red tint, and their and their clothes are completely 
clean. Yeah, right. Which is so dumb. Like, yeah, exactly. how did that happen? Whereas right. here, there's blood like in that weird mist all around their necks and stuff yeah. where they'd be I like sweating. I like the first one where he's got like the tattoos. Like he's like put the like the the battle marks. Like, right. Uh, um, it looks like on his arms. Pretty, yeah. Yeah. Much much the- themier and better. Yeah, I mean, the three units of Wrathmongers um, with the haze. Let's see, you get five or more. Um, you you start off with it starts off at five or more, and then the haze is what's how far is the haze bubble? What is eight it? In, within eight inches of a model in the bloodstorm, wow. you don't have to take battle shock tests if you're within eight inches of the bloodstorm because you don't run because you're in a frenzy. So they're they're not running. They're never running because they're just going to be around. They're going to give each other bloodstorm. They're yes, just going to constantly. If, and if you keep them. other units near them, that's, that's pretty cool. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, for corn units that are within eight inches. And it just says corn units, so also demons and other things. If it says corn within eight yeah. inches. Plus, like I said, the, the the actual, those these guys, if they roll a six, then they get to roll to hit. an So, you know, how many attacks do these fools get? They get, uh, what did uh, they say? Uh, four attacks each. Four attacks each. Yep. You got five guys in the unit, so you're already getting. That's what, your minimum, right? So yeah, you're getting 21 attacks because you get the one extra for the champion, mm-hmm. and then you're rerolling the sixes on top of that. Mm-hmm. So that's not bad. I mean, it's a nice little bonus, and then no, no, no battle shock tests. So that's you know what? That's where you keep your uh, you keep your massive uh, uh, bunch of you keep your blood reavers mm-hmm. near them. So mm-hmm. you don't worry about those battle shock tests, and then you're just charging in with all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can have a brass stampede. I mean, these things are just adding flavor. Brass stampede is a lord on a jugger with three units of skull crushers. But is it the is it, aren't these bat- battalions? I mean, you, that's what you have to bring to the table. You can't supplement them, right? I mean, aren't you sure supposed you to just because, really? Yeah, because look, it says right here, if you wish, you can organize the units into a battalion. You can either put them on the table as a complete battalion oh. or in the separate units. And so you would says, just you would just label it saying, okay, this battalion is this, and then yeah. here's my here's my other units to supplement. Right, because it says usually a unit can only belong to one battalion, and so can only <laughs> benefit from a single set of battalion abilities. However, some very large battalions includes other smaller battalions, and in this case, it's possible for a unit to benefit from the abilities of two different battalions at the same time. Mm. So, shows you shows you that I should try to uh, I, I should have better reading retention. Yeah, because if you played the Gord Chosen, you'd literally have an eight model army. Yeah, you know, because that doesn't make any sense. But that's if you want to play, you take your your Corn Lord, and then you take the Gore Chosen, right? And then you take your armies underneath that. In fact, you know, there's all sorts of cool stuff. Uh, you know, yeah. the, the Dark yeah. Feast is your slaughter priest, dude. You, you, mm-hmm. I thought you would like this. Uh, yeah. As long as he's alive, no, he had one like, of the attacks of any yeah. melee weapons used by any unit in the battalion. Right, that was Which are your three th- units of Blood Reavers. Right, totally. Oh, my God. Wait a minute, dude. <laughs> so, wait a minute. You got your three units of Blood Reavers, which already get one attack. Then you put them near the Icon Bearer, so they get two attacks. He stands still, they get three attacks, plus the battalion gives them a fourth attack. Yeah, right. Yeah, pretty crazy. And then they don't take battle shock tests. No. Because of this. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> a slaughter priest, a blood stoker, and three units of blood readers. There's your. There's your. That's your. That's your yep. unit, Herner. Yeah, it that's is. That's your army right there, the Dark Feast. <laughs> right, it is. That's your you. That's your army. It is. It totally is, isn't it? Skull yeah. tank, one blood stoker, two units of skull reapers, and a unit of Korgoraths. Yeah. Plural. <laughs> yeah, the blood stroker. Yeah, as long as he, as long as you keep him alive. Yeah. yeah. Units from yeah, units from this battalion within twelve inches of him. Yeah, do not take battle shock tests. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, and if you add. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> the Korgoraths get extra attacks when they're when they're close to the Skull Reapers because for as the Skull Reapers are taking skulls, the 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 Korgoraths are eating, so they're making extra attacks because they're hungry. You're talking about Skull Take. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. Is just... Yeah, there's some fun choices here for sure. Yeah, if the wound roll for a Skull Reaper in a frenzied fury is six <laughs> or higher, add one of the damage characters. These are cool. Yeah, they definitely are. I'm just kind of going through them now. I, I was like flipping through them really qu quickly before yeah, going, so that's ah, okay. And I it's did... like, no way, this is not yeah. bad at all. No. I could see how this could throw off the powers level a little bit. But once again, if you're playing out a scenario, mm -hmm. you know, hey, I want to take this. Like, I want to try this little bit of a story. What are you going to take against it? Because these really do, once again, play to that little fluff. Right. But where it gets crazy, you got the Goreblade Warband, which is, I mean, the Goreblade Warband is the one from the box set. This is actually the whole, the entire box set, mm -hmm. right there. But this Bloodbound Warhorde is the crazy one. That's got Corn cares not from whence the blood flows. So any units wiped out in the combat phase, you can add one of the attack characteristics of all melee weapons used by the Bloodbound Warhorde for the remainder of that combat. Holy crap! And then there is little that stirs Korn's ire as quickly as cowardice. Units in the Bloodbound Warhorde can unbind spells in the same manner as a wizard. If a mighty lord of Korn or slaughter priest attempts to unbind a spell, add two to the result of the dice roll. So units can unbind spells. But if you use the lord of Korn or a, or a slaughter priest, oh my god. Okay, and this whole Bloodbound Warhorde, here's yeah. what it is. It's the Gore Chosen. So it's the Gore Chosen Battalion. So it's those right. eight guys. The Bloodbound Warband, which was the Aspiring Deathbringer, the Blood Secrator, three units of Blood Warriors, a unit of Blood Reavers, and a unit of Skull Reapers. And then three to seven other War Scroll Battalions, including the Bloodstorm, the Breast. So it's... <laughs> and then you got to pick a Lord of Corn or a Slaughter Priest because they're not on this list. Right. So you pick, basically pick a Lord. You have the Gore Chosen. You take the Bloodbound Warband, which is two characters and five units, and then you got to pick three other. So that's just like a huge-ass army. Yeah, for sure. And then that corn rule, literally, every time a unit's wiped out, for the rest of the combat phase, every other unit on the board on your side gets an extra attack with every melee weapon. Plus, every unit can dispel magic. So as long that's as I mean, pretty good. that's pretty good. That's that's great. I mean, that's but that's a full on you got to. I mean, that's a big table. That's mm -hmm. a ton of models. And right. that's a full on corn invasion. Totally. That's <laughs> that's kind of neat. Yeah, it is. Uh, huh. You know, something that just popped into my head as we were talking about this when you pointed out the fact that 
you can take these battalions along with your, you know, and add to them. Right. You know, the other, the, those rules do not exist inside of the war scrolls for the, for the other armies. What do you mean? Uh, It doesn't say in the war scrolls that you can take the formations at the end of the war scrolls and mix them in. It doesn't say that under war scroll battalions in the other books. No, does not. I mean, I'm looking at like I'm looking at the Skaven War Scroll right now, under and, the, where it says War Scroll Battalions, and they're the intro. It's like the last paragraph. Usually, you, they can only belong to one battalion. However, some that. large battalions include other battalions. It's like the last thing it says under War Scroll Battalions before it shows you the picture of the battalion and lists out all the rules for it. No, well, I know you're reading it from the book. What I'm saying is, is in the War Scrolls. Like, oh, you mean just the online, the free ones? The the free ones. So like the Skaven. There's nothing that says that I can mix. Like if I run the formation for the uh, the clan um, Pestilence Claw, Claw Pack, mm-hmm. it says that this uh, a Pestilence Claw Pack consists of the following units. There's nothing in there that says that. Like I could, it, it doesn't say what it says here on page 122 of the Bloodbound um, Battle Tome. But I I see. But even with the other stuff before when we would run when you would run those war scrolls it. Um because they came out with them back in uh, end times, and you could—I mean, you couldn't always run legal armies without adding to them. Like you could add other stuff to that to your <laughs> army, but yeah. just that stuff was. But then that wasn't part of that battalion anymore. Like it didn't get any of the benefits from that battalion. Yeah. Okay, that's what I just always thought. Maybe I got it totally wrong. What do I know? I don't play very well. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because like a formation, like these formations are pretty powerful, right? So we we just talked about it. Like, you know, I'm looking at the pool choices right now. And let's see. So the, I don't know if it's been updated yet. Uh, 1.2. So they got the 4.9. See, that's the, the Goreblade Warband is the one from the, no, wait, here we go. Goreblade Warband. Um. Gosh, it's only a pool choice of 0.5. Huh. Yeah, but now that's the one that comes with the box set, and then it's uh, uh, okay. re-roll, uh, re-roll charge rolls. Right, so they're just not in there yet. Revengers if any other units made a successful charge, Yeah. and if any yeah. units are wiped out during the combat phase, ask one to the attacks for the remainder <laughs> of that combat phase. So that's, I mean, that one, you're not getting a lot of benefits, and it's only if other things have already happened. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see if when they come out with version one point three on the pool choices, what these are pointed pointed at. Right. I mean, I know, are, I know for Adepticon whew. there are no there are no battalion war scroll battalions allowed because they yeah. they can be unbalancing. Yeah, totally, totally. But Incurred. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's everything. It only took us two days. Had to stop the uh, you know three quarters well, of the way through last night. It was late. We had to stop. Come back today and finish. We Although, talked a lot it, of junk too, though. Interestingly <laughs> enough, interestingly enough, uh, today they've leaked pictures of uh, Archaon. Yes, they have, and an expansion too, as well. Yeah, you know, for both. Now, now they're talking about an expansion, but is this really an expansion? This doesn't look like. I don't well, know. How do you, yeah, I guess it's like how do you define expansion, right? Um, it doesn't look like an expansion. It just looks like they're packaging a bunch of models together, and, and I don't see anything on these Facebook pictures that tell you if you're getting a price break or not. 
Right, but I mean, there's nothing in here in this picture that I can't buy as individual as unit. individual models. That's all. I'm I'm looking at this. The corn bloodbound. Yeah. This is all stuff that you can buy already. They're just giving it to you in a prepackaged box set. It's like you know what this is. This is an army box. It is. It's yeah, an that's army what it box. feels like. Yeah, that's what it feels you can like. Call it an expansion set, you know, be, but it's an army box. Yeah. Are there any any real special characters in that bloodbound? I don't see any. I don't. Uh, I can't tell the pictures on my phone. It's a little small, but uh. so listen. I did ask people to write, and we got three whopping whole questions. I'm going to try to answer it as best I can. Um, we got one. Uh, I think this one was from uh, Ryan Nickel. He asked, are there any synergies with corn demons, and are the war scrolls for normal warrior units included? Corn marked. Uh, obviously, in this book, we just gave you everything. Uh, the normal corn warrior stuff is not included, although they are chaos, so you can obviously just include them. And... Um, they are listed as mortal, and for some of them, if you take the mark of corn, they would be mortal in corn. So, and there are some synergies with the corn demons for sure. Right. Yeah, uh, some of the stuff only affects for mortal corn, so you can yes. take corn warrior things then and give them the corn mark, and they right. would be mortal corn. Um. Well, for yeah, but with corn um, demons, I mean the the synergies would be a little bit less because it's not mortal and corn, you know. Yes, for sure. Um, yeah, I didn't see anything that jumped out at me that said, "Oh my gosh, you know, look at that, look at that, and how that would work with corn demons." Right. Because because the keyword mortal is on every is on everything in this exactly. book. Every one of it, it's chaos, mortal, chaos, mortal corn. corn, and then whatever their name is. Yeah. Um, the next one is, what impact do you see this book having on the standard Warriors book and army? I have no idea. In fact, um, Archeon goes up for sale next week, and I have a feeling you're going to see the, the you know, probably some, you know, th there might be some. He needs an army, and so you're, uh, you, you, I'm guessing you might see some... Uh, I don't think so. I think I think what I think my what might happen with that, Dave, is I think Archeon's going to be one of those. He's going to have every keyword, and he'll be able to be used wherever because he's the ever chosen. That well, that is true. And so you'll be able to use him if you you know if you. My 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 feeling is is I I think I think Warriors Chaos as we know it are all going to be broken into each individual god. I think we're going to get a. I think we're going to get a battle tome for each one. I think we'll get a Nurgle. I think we'll get a Zinch. I don't know if we'll get a Slanish uh, until he's discovered. Um, but and I think I think Archeon will plug into any of those because he'll have the keywords for all. So you all don't think there will be just a Warriors of Chaos, Mortal Warriors of Chaos? I don't think so. I, I don't. I, I just. I don't. I, it doesn't. I don't. Yeah, I don't think so. You know, remember when the Warriors book was released, everybody was upset because the Warriors infantry units didn't get an, a new sculpt. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. And there was all these, and there was all this complaints about the Marauders too, because they didn't get anything new. You know, there wasn't, right. the, you know, well, and, and the I Marauders, think you could pretty much use them as the blood, uh, as the, what we but know? here we go here, here. I think the reason we didn't get them is because they're here now. That's that. That's what I'm thinking is happening. So because they're I, the blood reavers and yep. the blood warriors are the are, are the, the warriors of chaos. Yeah, and then you'll have a version of those for Nurgle and a version of those for. Oh, that's possible. That's what I'm thinking. 
That's, that's, that's how I'm seeing it. I, I just, you know, I could be, I'll prob- I'm probably 100% wrong. but Or, uh, or you're 100% right. Yeah. <laughs> Think of it that way. Think of it that way. Yeah, yeah. So- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I. Yeah, I don't. I. I mean, who knows? All I know is that there's Archeon's coming out, um, at, at a at a rather ludicrous price tag. I, you know, let's, I got to say it at a hundred sixty five dollars. I think he might be the most expensive model out there at this point. You mean within within uh, GW within within. Uh, well, Age the Hobbit, yeah, right. I mean, Smaug was like four hundred bones. Wasn't he Forge World though? No. Oh, he no. wasn't. No. Oh, well, that's just dumb. Anyway, um, insane. But yeah. uh, as far as Age of Sigmar goes, I think he's. I mean, is there a is there a forty k like non Forge World model that's more than that's that's one hundred and sixty five. I mean, hey, you know what? I'm and I'm sitting here and I, I try not to bitch about prices because hey it, it's toy soldiers if you can't afford them don't buy them i can afford them that's why i play sure. um it, you know and that's what it is it's my hobby if i can't afford it i won't buy it but uh you know it's it's a it's it's hey, a it's it's way up there for sure it is I mean, uh, but and i was saying this today though the um what do you call them uh those gargantuan well for, the, okay uh, yeah War machine, those are well, the gargantuans for war machine are are a, are a buck and a half well, the Imperial Knight Warden in 40K is is, is 157. Yeah. I mean, so, but I'm saying outside of GW, there are other companies oh, that have yeah. big models that are sure. in the buck and a half range. Sure. So, yeah. it's, I mean, it's not unheard of. I'm not saying it's right. <laughs> I'm not saying, I, you know, uh, I don't play Warriors of Chaos, so I, I don't see myself running out to buy, uh, you know, uh, Arcan. I'm certain people will. Oh yeah, you know? you'll, you'll see them. Um, see them on the table. I just I'm I, I'm waiting to see what they do when you see the elves come out. The uh, well, his, the Malarian now because it won't be Malekith. You know, I know they're calling him Malarian, and I keep thinking of malaria. Like I just <laughs> I don't know why, but right. But, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. know. I, that, I'm real nervous about that. <clears throat> he's gonna be on a big ass dragon. He's gonna be he's gonna be up there. He's gonna be a, you know another. I'm just nervous with what they're going to do with them. We'll see. Like, like are they going to, are they, I, I yeah, would, I'm excited. If it's anything like what I've been seeing from this book, uh, you know, I'm, like I said, I, I like what I'm seeing so far. I'm, I'm yeah. and now that I'm done with this, I could pick up that Seraphon and start reading about all the memories and the magics. So yeah. um, I'm excited. Let's get this last question on and get the heck out of here. Cause I got stuff to do. Thanksgiving is coming, and I got to do stuff. Uh, let's see. Are you concerned that these book means that armies won't get the frequent updates as they're basically army books? Uh, dude, I don't know. Um, I really don't. Uh, like you said, I think Archeon could probably be used with this. I think he's going to be able to be used with anything. Um, honestly, I, I don't I, I don't care, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not like, I mean, they can put out stuff anytime they want, and they can update with the free with the PDFs, and they can make changes and adjustments as necessary. Um, you well, know, no, nobody promised me, you know, updates for. Uh, I mean, everybody else was saying, well, if they're doing it this way, they could update all the armies at once with new stuff. But that was that was what everybody was saying they could do. That was never what they said they would do. So. 
I don't feel mm-hmm. like I was told they would do something, and now they're not. Well, and I've always looked at it with, with this is um, the concept of them making changes frequently or updating the rules frequently. Um, I never, I never even thought they would do that, even with when they were giving us the rule set for free uh, and when they were or the war scrolls for free. I because maybe they might do that with the core mechanic, but not necessarily with the armies because they haven't pointed pointed out they haven't given us a point system. So what in from their perspective, why would they be making updates? Why should they be making updates? They might make updates to the core rules, the four pages of rules. I think what you, they're talking about just would they you know now that they've listed this with all the models in it, would they be will they be updating you know because they could throw out you know with with models coming out every week. Sure. If you've got 12 armies, I could put out, you know, every month I could put out something for a different army. So I could have at least a a couple of new models every year for each army as opposed to waiting a couple of years and getting a whole reboot. I can get a couple of new things every year. But would they do that if they just put out a book and suddenly that model's not in the book? I don't see why they I don't I don't see why they couldn't, but I'm not certain why they would. I don't think they would. They haven't done it in the past. I I mean, yeah, I don't know why they would. I I mean, I, I think you're done with. They're done with the 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 corn bloodbound. Yeah, you know? I think and that's it, it for at least a while. Right. I mean, and then they're done with the lizards. And there's so. but and, there, and the thing is, because of the overlap, because of all of chaos, when they come out with more stuff for chaos, your corn bloodbound are part of a much larger possible force. So really. Potentially, yeah. You see what I'm saying? So it, yes, I mean, th- yes, this is it for the corn bloodbound, but that's not it for chaos. No, I mean, so there's chaos her- will yes be getting lots of updates throughout yeah. throughout the next few months and, and next year. Right. So right. I mean, it, you almost got to. It, it, it's a different mindset. It's not like I have this army book and I'm playing this army. Right. Um, now, granted, if you're playing death or destruction, you've only got two forces. So right. that's a little bit of a smaller, you know, thing. But if you're playing chaos or order, you've got five, five to seven different forces to to mix and match with. So your updates literally can come a couple times a year, book or no book, because you can you can you can ally in from other places. Right. So. Strategy wise, from a business standpoint, why do you think they what do you what do you think their rationale was for breaking it out that way? I mean, mean, well, you know, like you've got basically death is just you know tomb kings and and VC, right? So, and then you've got destruction, which is orcs and well, I should use the proper term, right? Orcs and ogres, and, o- ogres. Um, and it it just seems like you're you're kind of boxing those players in, you know those those two facts, those four armies are kind of like. They're, they're they're stuck, right? I mean, they, you know, they're but like maybe 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 the two things. One, we haven't seen them yet. I have a feeling that the forces of destruction, especially because orcs will fight against or with just about anybody. We've already seen them fighting with the Seraphon in this book in the stories, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, to use an example from Kings of War, they have good, evil, and neutral. Mm-hmm. And neutral can fight with either. Remember, mm-hmm. or like in Eighth Edition, when you had the team things, you could fight. They had chaos, mm-hmm. and they had uh, or forces of order, forces of destruction, and neutral. And neutral could fight, kind of sort of either. 
Right. I have a feeling that um, some of these guys might be able to team up with either because we did see the the vampire counts teaming up with the empire in the end times. Yeah. So I have, we, a, I have a feeling that destruction might be able to <clears throat> align up with sort of whoever they can be more mercenary. They might, they might, they might wind up. We did see in this book, we did see that the, the keyword demon was dropped. Uh huh. So you, you might see an additional keyword put in there like neutral and, and meaning that they can ally with other forces or there might be something along those lines that show that. Um, right. Because GW doesn't, I mean, it's, they, I mean, they've shown that they want you to buy whatever you think is cool and play it together. Right. So to to limit those particular, to take four of 15 armies and say, okay, there's these two, and then there's these two, and then the 11 remaining split five and six. You know, okay, right. wait, what? Right, right, <laughs> you know? right. So I think the twos and two are going to be able to kind of go wherever they want because I, I could do- totally see... I could totally see death fighting on either side of that equation whenever they need to. Yeah, I would love to be able to throw some some death into into my elves because holy hell. Oh yeah. <laughs> During playtesting, they're they're really awesome. I mean, two kings are just so good. Right. In AOS. And like just, I said, you're the one who brought it up, that that idea of what's that story? Why are the why are the Uruks fighting with the Seraphon? Well, right. Right, yeah. you know they've already said it it's there it's it's in it's in one of the books that it's happened so i'm waiting to see it right we'll see and, how it shakes out yeah 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 all right this well thanks like for having me on five man. hours hey thank you for coming on man this was uh this was a ton of fun yeah, it was um, great. and i'm glad that uh, i'm glad we both really enjoyed this uh book i i kind of promised myself not to sit around and spend five hours on a on a, a what is essentially an army book, a battle tome, um, you know, I, I I wanted to more hit the important parts and move on, but there was just so many little cool things that we were having fun with. Yeah, for sure. They're just, I mean, from I could have kept going. <laughs> so it's a yeah. good thing. <laughs> I know. Good thing. There's just so many fluff. Like it was. It, there's just so much you could do. There's a lot you can do in there. And um, anybody who's a who's a who's a lover of corn and warriors. I think the book is a definite um, is definitely worth worth your time if you if you're interested in in the background in this new in this new realm in this new age of Warhammer. Agreed. I think one of the things I like best about it is uh, if you're a collector, you could totally pick it up. Like I said, uh, I used to buy every army book because I wanted to keep on top of everything. Now, outside of the battalions, which, as you've pointed out, some of them you know are not necessarily balanced and you don't necessarily you don't need the battalions to play the war scrolls are free if you're not interested if you're not interested in the fluff of the corn bloodbound uh there's three scenario all you're really losing in this is three scenarios the battalions you know Mm -hmm. they're they're flavor they're not necessary i mean there's there's nine of them in this book there are nine battalions in this book one of them is from the age of sigmar box set so there's eight extra battalions in three scenarios um but if you're not into corn you don't need you're not going to use the battalions you don't need the fluff you want to see what the rules are like the rules are free online so this is a 50 dollars book that you totally don't have to feel any need to buy 
if you're not into it. Now, if you're curious about them, if you're interested, if you like to read the stories and like to read the fluff and like all that stuff, I'd say it's definitely worth picking up. I mean, if you play them, yeah, get it. If you're interested, if you're interested, you know, it's that's up to you. To me, it's worth the money because I I I think we've shown that I love to read these things. I love to read the stories and and get all that background information because that's that's what I love from Games Workshop are the 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 stories they're telling with this stuff. Cool. All right, that's it. We is done. We got to go, folks. Happy Thanksgiving, uh, unless you're not American, and then it's such a shame. You're missing Thanksgiving. Um, <laughs> like, seriously, like over half our audience is not American, and I, I am. I'm, folks, I am the ugly American. I really am. So uh, we'll be back with episode 134. Um, either... It's either going to be Seraphon or the quest for Galaraz. It depends what I finish reading and whether Rotor or Hastings is available. So um, thank you again, Herner, for coming uh, on. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dave. I uh, had fun. Don't forget, <laughs> folks, Holy Wars. It's booked, but go to Holy War. Is it HolyWars.com? Uh, HolyWarsGT.com. Um, Get on no. the waiting list. Wait list. A couple guys made it in already, so um, go ahead and get on that wait list. Um, you never know. Uh, and, thanks uh, again, and thanks again, Dave. It was a blast. So. All right, peace out, brother. You've been listening to Garage Hammer. If you like the show, we invite you to join the Garage Hammer community by joining our forums at garagehammer.net/forum or our Facebook page, Garage Hammer Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter. Follow David at Garage Hammer and follow Chris at Topher Chris U. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach David through David at GarageHammer.net. You can reach me, that's Chris, through Chris U at GarageHammer.net. And you can reach both of us through GarageHammer at Live.com. If you want to help support Garage Hammer, check the support page or the show store on our website or leave us a positive review on iTunes. Until next time, thanks for listening.